The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Subhan Yes, that's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, so sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO!
superstar is in AEW. Adam Copeland has arrived. On this day. Unforgettable moment. Thank you for joining us tonight for Wrestle Dream. We will see you Wednesday when we celebrate four years of dynamite.
Shivani, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Christopher Ames. Wrestle Dream post game show. I am your host Jimmy T, and my co host, he's back at it once again. He's Chris Motherfucking Ams. What the hell cracking, man? Yo, yo, what's up? Uh, my name is Christopher Ams. That's AMBS, like Lambs with No Valor bullshit first thing in the morning. Uh, don't worry, folks, if you're listening in and you're thinking to yourself, how am I going to remember how to spell this guy's last name? You don't have to worry. I'll remind you at the beginning of every show. Uh, yeah, bro, I'm, you know what? I was not not pumped about doing this show at all after watching fucking Wrestle Dream, but you fucking gave us an intro with Nas. I'm in a good fucking mood already, brother. I'm in a good mood. I heard Nas, and I'm just like, ah, fucking life's good. <laughs> I thought of you while doing that intro, bro. No shit, I, I really did. I'm like, you know what? It's a dream, apparently. Street dreams. Nas, my boy's fucking favorite rapper. Why not, man? So I thought I'd surprise you, bro. <laughs> number one bro number one forever with a bullet forever forever and ever and ever i fucking love nas dude. <laughs> forever ever forever ever <laughs> ever ever no man yeah remember that but uh no man i love nas too but not as much as you love him but still i've got all these albums bro and they're all fucking bangers but well not the newest shit but oh actually one of them is all right yeah. one of them's all right i'll say that but anyway, we're not here to talk Nas. We're here to talk about another dream, and it's uh, Wrestle Dream. And um, look, before we do get into Wrestle Dream, um, man, the hoopla and the bullshit surrounding the internet after Adam Copeland, the the rated R super, superstar, has made his debut for AEW. Um, I don't understand, man. There's even WWE fans, bro. I couldn't believe this, saying. I can't believe Edge fucking turned his back on WWE like he's a Judas, bro. Like, what the fuck, man? What am I reading, dude? I'm even getting involved in these stupid crap on the internet. Don't, don't, don't get into fights with people on the internet. You know why? Because most of them are 14. You don't want to fucking get in an argument with a 14-year-old well, online. Funny enough, they got nothing they just think of fucking say, bro. Um, <laughs> Yeah, listen, it's weird. It's definitely weird to see some of the buzz on it. Like, first of all, like the buzz before the fucking show was, you know, TK obviously and completely as usually over delivering or under delivering and over promising, right? This is going to change the face of professional wrestling. And what exactly happened? You signed another almost 50 year old with neck problems. <laughs> I mean, cool, but you've already got six of those. Did you say almost 50 year old? Well, get this, bro. He turns 50 this month. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He almost 50. I mean, 
It's a new era in AEW, and it's called the old people's home. <laughs> Bro, and it's like, you know, they just lost Jade Cargill. It looks pretty clearly like they're going to lose Wardlow and Starks and a few other. Like, the young people are all moving along to WWE, and all the old motherfuckers are retiring, you know, in AEW. It's like, did you not understand how this, like... Do, did you do you guys not understand how WWE started gaining traction again in the Monday Night Wars? It's exactly it's this shit. It's playing all over. It's playing all over again, dude. We've gone full circle. Yeah. You want to you want to sign Randy Savage? Okay, we're going <laughs> to sign Chris Jericho. You, you want to sign the Ultimate Warrior? Okay, we're going <laughs> to sign the Radicals. <laughs> you want to sign Hollywood Hogan? We sign Stone Cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come Cheers. on, bro. Oh, man. The only ones that they did sign that were pretty much, um, uh, you know, sort of young were Hall and Nash, really. When you think about it, go out there prime. And, and, look, and look at the difference they were able to make because they finally signed some young guys. But like <laughs> like you said, man, that was, that, was the, that was the exception to the rule with WCW at the time. And it looks like that's where it's headed with AEW, too. Because the young guys are looking at that place and going, eh, nah. Wow, dude. And that's the thing. Don't they learn their lesson? I mean, WWE is not doing anything differently, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? They're doing the exact same thing. It's it's, it's exactly what... It, they play into WWE's hands while Tony Khan thinks he's rubbing his fucking hands and thinking, God, look what I poached off WWE. But guess what, Tony? You just took... I'm not saying Edge is a scrap because he's one of the best ever, right? He's a great... But you he's, took, he's absolutely fantastic and he's, he's going over there. He's going to spend some... He's going to do something with Christian. They're going to knock it out of the park. It's going to be great. But the principle... Absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah, go Please ahead. continue. No, no, you, no you, you, say, you say. Yeah, the, the, the principle of the, of the matter is like you keep signing people who are well north of 45 years old. And I'm not saying everybody at 45 years old isn't good at wrestling anymore, but the injuries start to get easier, right? Like you start to get injured more easily. It's like, um, you know, my old man, he never really got injured when he was younger, right? He He's, right. he's always worked his ass off. Like, a, I mean, he's a, he's a lumberjack. Same right? with my so, dad. Right, yeah. All right, so my dad works in a in a business where like dangerous stuff is around. People get hurt sometimes, right? My dad would get hurt, but he didn't used to get injured, right? Right. And then a difference there. <laughs> and then right around, you know, mid forties, right, started getting to the point where, like, at one point he blew out his ACL, right? Oh, and then shit. He, and then because he just kept fucking working because he's my dad. He wasn't going to stop. He wasn't going to fucking right. take time off or are, anything, dude. right? So he blew right. out his ACL. Then he blew out his MCL right shit and, so acl then mcl yeah and then he did it on the other oh. leg so now he's basically got two legs that are just like just like ready to fucking wobble off kilter like they <laughs> you know what i mean like he oh. he i mean don't get it twisted it's all healed up and everything now right well, it's been you, years it's since the then, same. but it's never the same and i've i've seen him i've watched him do it before where he's literally just stepping off a machine steps wrong acl gone and and he's got a limp for, that? and he's gonna limp for the next three months. That's just that's just how God. it is, you know. And it's fine if you're running equipment, but if you've got to run the ropes and do a double down, it's not. You're not gonna be able to do that with a blown ACL, bro. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. And not just to that. Think about that. That's just at least that's knees. We've got someone that's got severe neck issues. 
yeah, you know what I'm neck saying, issues. Bro. Christian had concussion problems, and and yeah. and 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 uh, uh, Soraya has neck issues, uh-huh. and, and you I'm know what I mean. Uh, Brian <laughs> has neck issues, and and concussion it, issues. Like I don't know, man. They keep they keep doing this where they're signing people who the WWE is. I think rightly wary to use. They're rightly looking at some of these guys and going, ah, no, I don't want to put them in dangerous situations. And these guys, I mean, if you if you watch the latest or that that uh, the band Stevie Richards, what went wrong oh, episode, yeah, right. right? Great episode, by the way. Shout out to Stevie and everything he's doing over Absolutely. there. He's killing it. He deserves it. Stevie is not only incredibly intelligent when it comes to professional wrestling he's also genuinely one of the nicest people in professional wrestling he's 100 great dude man. um but i mean he was saying you know you have to protect wrestlers from themselves because they'll go out and kill themselves they'll, they'll go out and do it right you know um and you have to not let them do it. So the WWE is basically, you know, they're being probably a little extra cautious with people. And AEW is going, yeah, we'll we'll let you do a senton off the top of a cage through the through the announce table. Why not? Fuck yeah, go for it, bro. <laughs> and you know what? And I hate to say this, right? But facts are facts, right? The fact is, Tony, you think you poached someone big, and you did. Don't don't get me wrong, you have. But the, the truth is, you took WWE scraps that did, that they didn't want to re-sign. I'm just saying, right? It's yeah. no fucking revolutionary signing. WWE were done with Edge, unfortunately, right? They were just done with him, dude. They didn't want him anymore. They weren't going to re-sign him. He wanted to continue wrestling on a full-time schedule. And guess what, Chris? That's exactly what he's gotten. He's come out and said he's going to be wrestling full-time, not he part-time. He wants to be there every week. Full-time. Right. I mean, call me fucking nuts, but I mean, is he all right? I get it, man. It's still look up here. He's he's still motivated to be to be wrestling and doing what Super he loves motivated. doing. He's probably motivated. more motivated now than he was even in his peak because he had all that time off and everything. I don't care. He's 50 yeah. years old. His body's going to break it. down. It's, that's it. It's going to happen. And that's what worries me, Chris. You know what I mean? Because his issues are very, you know, very severe. And I don't want to see this guy, like, kill himself in this ring. But TK has no care in the world for his fucking wrestlers. I don't care what anybody says. If he gave a fucking shit, he wouldn't be dancing like a dickhead after what happened to, was it Moxley? When he was knocked out three fucking times in one match. Yep. I mean, come on, bro. I mean, seriously. Anyway, facts are facts. It is what it is. And also, it seems like Jade Cargill will be debuting on Raw. I mean, she pretty much confirmed it on her Twitter account, if you go and check that out. Where she's like, who do you want me to face? Hashtag WWE Raw. So expect... Yeah, she did, yeah. So yeah, expect no, I, I saw um, it. I actually debut. answered. I actually answered her. Oh, who'd you say? Who'd you say? Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. Fuck, fuck Taylor Swift. But anyway... <laughs> Shout outs to the chat because we got Chris Willand in the house. We got our crab cats in <laughs> Lab Rat. What up, my crab cats? <laughs> and he also says, was this a dream or a nightmare? Or is it, it's the new retro era, Chris? That it is. That it is. Yeah. I, and you know what? I have a question, actually, before we get in, before we get like right into the show or whatever. I, I want to ask you something. Yeah, so please. My personal opinion on this might be 
shaded a little differently because Edge's whole like main event run was when I wasn't watching wrestling. Like I loved Edge and Christian as a tag team. I think Edge was just starting to to go for like Intercontinental Championship type gold when, when I stopped left. watching. When I, I just, and right. I dropped wrestling for like 15 years, dude. Like I didn't watch it at I, all. I know that's crazy when you right. tell me that, right? But um, but so I didn't see his main event run, and I have a question because I think of myself still as like this weird kind of in between, right? Where I'm a pretty hardcore fan, right? Like when I watch Ooh, wrestling, yeah. I'm fucking watching, right? Like and I Absolutely. love good pro wrestling. Dude, your right? analysis is second to none, bro. <laughs> Thanks, bro. And, but now that's for real, right? But but I I also still kind of see myself as like a casual fan, right? Because I know what that's like. So. You know, like I'm in that weird, like in that weird in between spot. So I see this as being a big signing for them talent wise, but I don't see this moving the needle in terms of viewership much. You know, like CM Punk, I saw saw as like, that's going to make a difference. When they signed CM Punk, I was like, that's going to, you're going to have over a million people. For sure you are. No question you're going to get up over a million with Punk, right? Who? So I, I don't see that. I don't see this being that, right? I, I just don't. It's not. It won't be. <laughs> Who could AEW sign potentially? Let's say everybody's contract in WWE is up. Who could they sign? Like, how many guys out there who they actually could sign that would really make a difference in viewership? I think there's other maybe, than the obvious. I no. I want the obvious. I think there's okay. maybe three or four. Oh, uh, in total, that would make that, that would that would actually make the needle move well come on yeah. if you brought cena imagine AEW brought in john cena just say yeah so they he's telling me four. that wouldn't right he's exactly. one of my four yep john cena would make roman reigns. the needle yes roman reigns would be one the other one 100 percent would move the needle like it'd be a shocker i mean that's a big deal right um uh, now number three that would move the needle la knight right now it would have to be another one because okay. he's just over like rover and i'm I willing that's to debatable, accept though. that I'm willing that's to accept that, though, although right. that's, yeah, that's, he's not, he's not exactly in my list. And believe right? me, that just came up to the, on top of my head. That's not someone I was actually originally thinking of, but it just popped into my head because it gets a little cloudy now for me to think of even number four or even a number five, just say five, the right? Rock. Oh, yeah, with The Rock, are we going to include, like, part-time and say? Yeah, oh, and Brock Lesnar is the other one. Those are my four people. Those, to, to me, right. there are four people who AEW could ever sign, who could ever hope to sign, that would actually move the needle in terms of viewership. Because Edge, as that. big a signing as they think he is, you know, Labrat makes a good point in the chat. He said, Edge is huge in the wrestling community, but not to casual viewers. Right, 100%. I mean, he just isn't. He's he's a big big deal for professional wrestlers and for people who love professional wrestling. It's it would be like if the WWE had signed Diamond Dallas Page during the Monday Night Wars, right? That's it would have been huge at the time. It would have been big for us, right? But casual oh, viewers would have went, "Who's Diamond Dallas Page? Is that the dude that does the thing?" That's cool. Do you yeah, think I like so? that. Because DDP was pretty over in WCW, bro. Like during that late '90s run. I don't think he was Stone Cold, Goldberg, Hulk Hogan, The Rock level. Look, that 1997 to 98 DDP, and that's a short fucking run. That's about a year. He was right up there. I mean, he was the people's champ 
before the people I think he's pretty equatable to LA Knight. Like, I think that's pretty equal. Mm. And I think, I think them signing Edge is pretty equal to signing LA Knight. It'll create a little bit of buzz, right? But it really isn't going to... It really isn't going to reach casual viewers. It's like casual viewers are going to go. They signed who? Edge. Sledge. Huh? <laughs> What's an edge? <laughs> I'm just fucking around. I'm I'm being a cunt now. That, but look, that but but really though that is that is what casual viewers are going to think. Is well, well yeah. Look, no no you're right. We we got to go by the mainstream here, right? The casual fan base because that's what you're going to bring in the casual fan base. You're not going to bring in that disenfranchised wrestling fan that was, you know, left over from the WCW days over a signing like Edge. That's no, not happening. No, not with Edge, you're not. You know what no. I mean? So at this point, you're right. I mean, and I said LA Knight from the top of my head because I'm just thinking of current right now, right? But yeah. the real factor is, like you said, it was The Rock, Brock Lesnar, Cena, and Reigns. That's it. They're, they're your four. They're your four mega stars that transcend professional wrestling in many ways. So. Yeah, I mean, you're right, dude. It, it, I mean, yeah. And see, Labrat says something interesting. Diddy P was even ready to rumble Big Star. <laughs> I know you're being sarcastic there, but... Uh, <laughs> hey, that movie, I like that movie. I'm not going to lie. It's not as bad as people think, man. That movie is funny if you watch it as a spoof. Like, if you if yeah, you watch it you as, like, you're trying to... Yeah, if, if you watch it as if, like, they're trying to be a serious comedy, they're not. It's a, it's meant to be stupid. Like, it's supposed yeah. to be comedy. Oh. No, no, for sure, man. But you're right, Chris. I mean, it, it comes down to that, man. And uh, uh, and you know what? That's sad, too, because it's only four guys that will really move the needle <laughs> right now in all of professional wrestling. But WWE has a hold on all four. And if WWE didn't want Edge to go anywhere, I promise you they would have locked him down. Now, keep in mind, do you remember when Edge's contract first went up and there was the rumors swirling around? He was talking to Tony Khan. I'm not talking about recently. I'm talking about a year ago or two years ago. When there was talk of him jumping to AEW the first time, he used AEW to get a better contract with WWE, right? Well, I'm sure he was trying to do the same thing this time, right? But it backfired. And don't get me, don't get me wrong, I'm sure he wants to end his career with Christian. There's no doubt about it. But I think he was expecting Christian to maybe come back to WWE. That hasn't happened yet. And unfortunately for, for Edge, his current circumstance, he didn't get the deal that he wanted. Because WWE were telling him, no, Adam, no, you're 50 years old. We don't want you wrestling full time. Hey, we'll send, we'll give you a great send off. You know what I mean? You'll win your match. Not many people get to do that. Usually you're losing, uh-huh. right? But no, that wasn't good enough. And um, the rated R superstar has debuted in AEW. And I can't get the image out of my head when, you know, when his music hits, right? And he runs to one end and runs to the other side. Did you notice when he ran to the hard camera side? <laughs> he runs to the hard camera side, looks around. It was like, like, oh, oh shit. there's nobody there. Okay. <laughs> and then runs to the other side. And he's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. I was like, ooh, shit. Welcome to yeah. AW Edge. <laughs> he's like, all right, make some noise. All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, make even more noise. <laughs> Uh, but look, man, it sounds like we're giving him shit. We're big fans of Edge, man. It's love not Edge. Bad. It's just, love Edge. Absolutely. Love Edge. And I think he's going to do great in AEW. And, I, and, I'm, he and I, don't have, I don't have any problems with Edge saying, listen, I want to do more. Cool. That's it. That's his choice. And we respect his choice. But we're just stating the facts. That's all. You know what I mean? That's all we're doing. And we're not going to be biased, you know, here at the PWC Network. We don't 
do bias. We talk facts. And we're not trying to be AW haters. The point is, like you said earlier, CM Punk is the biggest signing, period, for AEW, and they fucked that up. And unfortunately, Edge is Edge, and it's a huge signing, but he ain't no CM Punk in terms of he wasn't gone for seven years and then got him out of retirement. Yeah, he was gone for nine years, whatever it was, right? But he already debuted again in WWE and was already back, so there goes that aura. Anyway, it's just, oh, and look, CM Punk looks like he's definitely going to WWE. I don't know if you caught Raw or not, but um, on Raw... That would drop in fucking hints once again, bro. Really? Anna- oh my god, dude. I mean... The answer is no, I didn't word. watch Raw. I can't watch Raw. <laughs> I didn't watch Raw either, to be honest, yet. But I saw just one clip. Because I was noticing Punk was trending. I'm like, why is he trending number one right now? I clicked on it. And it was a segment between Seth Rollins and Michael Cole. Now, I don't know why Cole was the one talking shit to Seth Rollins. But he used all of CM Punk's fucking words from one of his pipe bombs in the Ring of Honor days. Yeah. I mean, you don't do that shit, right? You know, it's I, I, I get it. The casual fan won't understand this, right? The hardcore fan will see it straight away. So the point is, why would you do that? Like, I mean, for me, I think they're going to check mate, AEW with the Edge signing, and they're going to go, pow, with the CM Punk thing, and then we're off to the races again. Yeah, I mean, if they do that, like again, that's that's just WWE swinging their dick around in multiple and, ways. And as they should, like, let them swing their dick around. I love it when they swing their dick around. I'm not gonna lie. I I agree with you. I agree. It's better. It's better for the wrestling business when there's competition. That's sure. one thing that I will say about this whole situation. It's good for wrestling in general that they have Absolutely. this competition. If 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 you know AEW is constantly trying to one up WWE and WWE is constantly trying to build new stars so that they can compete with AEW and you know they're 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 both building things and creating more opportunities for more people fucking spot on bro awesome and it's and it's better for us fans too man i mean this is exciting times i'm not going to lie you know what i mean it is what it is but AEW bro, my 6 year old called me bro today i was i was like what Wait, your, yeah, my your six-year-old girl. Yeah, was she just she just casually dropped it? We were watching. I <laughs> so I've been trying to watch the Harry Potter series with them, and I fucking hate the Harry right. Potter's movie. I'm sorry, everybody who's a huge Harry Potter fan. I can't. That stand makes two that of us shit. just quietly. I can't stand <laughs> that fucking shit. I love Lord of the Rings, right? Love it. I I reread the book every year. I watch the movies like twice a year. I love Lord of the Rings. I do not like Harry Potter. But I'm trying to watch it with the girls because it's like, you know, they're, they're little kids and they're going to like it, right? So I'm watching it today and my little six-year-old's like, she didn't she didn't even say bro. She was like, she was like, brew. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm your dad. I'm like, you call me dad or daddy. <laughs> <laughs> or else. Nah. <laughs> like she was just like. Probably- and she was just like, like settle it- down, brew. I was like, I'm serious. And she was like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry. That would piss oh, me off as dad sucker. too, bro. No, no, no offense. But um, maybe she learned it from school, clearly. I'm or sure she, she learned it from school. It's fine. It's just I said bro there, and I was like, maybe she's getting it from me. That's terrible. I was going to say, or she's hearing <laughs> us, dude. Like, you know, we do say bro quite frequently. I mean, I say it a lot. Not because I've been through, so I've always said fucking bro all my no, life. No, I say it all the time, too. Yeah. yeah, so it could be that, or it could be school. But I'm gonna lean towards dude. school. I say dude a yeah, lot. Yeah, me too. too. And, and man and bro. Yeah, I, I use yeah, I use man, bro, time. and dude yeah. are three of my fucking words in my vocabulary every time. I think that's about it out of those type of words. 
but yeah. um but anyway um there was one more thing oh yeah before we get into wrestle dream chris willen said in the chat this seemed like a nightmare more so than a dream sex and hardwood is all elite tough yes boy nothing builds a company more than hiring all the competition's leftovers nothing it's true now look yeah. what you're saying he also says hey fellas can either of you tell me the last time anyone has won a match <laughs> via sleeper hold seriously never expected gunther to pull the maneuver off especially to jumper well, Roddy Piper defeating Hulk Hogan won by Sleeper at Starcade 96. That was a long time ago. <laughs> um, long, I remember that fondly, that's why. You know what? It depends on what you call a sleeper. I mean, I I still think that the Coquina Clutch is a sleeper hold. Like, It is a sleeper hold. Fucking, it's just on the floor. I mean, so, I mean yeah. You're sleeping on the bed, on a bed, basically. So, yeah. Exactly I don't know. Every, time, every single time Samoa yeah. Joe wins a match... And it's not with the muscle buster. Yeah, I know, man. No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's a modified sleeper. That's what they would call it. I mean, if it wasn't a chicken wing, like they would call it, or the coquina clutch, or the kazamaja, the, the katsemaja, hey, whatever the fuck it's called. I forgot how to pronounce it. <laughs> the katsehajame, sorry, the from Taz. Jesus uh, Christ, it's a bit of a tongue twister. The sleeper. The red rum, in other words. Yeah, the sleeper. The sleeper, exactly. So, yeah, I mean... That was the last time. I mean, good on Gunther. I haven't watched Raw yet, but thanks for telling me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've been meaning to watch Raw, but there's all these pay-per-views, man. You know how it is. Um, but anyway, let's get into fucking Wrestle Nightmare or Wrestle Dream, uh, shall we? I mean, now look, Chris, me and you were both watching it at the same time. And um, don't get me wrong, great show per se, but you and I were both fucking pulling our hair out. And... Um, well, simply that it was just too long, man. Yep. We we didn't watch the pre-show, by the way, right? Like, no, there was a whole no, we pre -show. didn't. Nope. How long is the pre-show? Isn't it like two hours? Uh, <laughs> are you being sarcastic now? Or? No, well, seriously. Actually, isn't it two hours? Because the last well, time I watched the pre-show, it was two hours. You're probably There were 14 because... fucking matches on the pre-show the yeah. last time I watched. <laughs> 14 matches. There was one, two, three... Four fucking matches on the pre. I bet you it was an hour. Show, I bro. bet you it was. I bet you it was an hour and Four. a half to two hours. That, that's ridiculous. That's two hours. That's two hours, guaranteed, bro. One, two, three, four matches. There's never four matches on a pre-show. That's an hour. It's it just it's impossible. Yeah, right. So we watched just the main show, and it took four hours and change. If you watched yeah. everything on this night, you would have been sitting there watching wrestling for six fucking hours plus. Man, uh, I yeah. don't know. No, no, That's no. You're too right. Much. I was getting angry. And what's funny, peeps, you know, Chris and I were gonna review it right after the show, but by the end of the show, I'm like, I'm like, you know what, Chris? Fuck this. I can't fucking talk about it right now because I'm just gonna be angry and spiteful towards it, as would Chris. Fuck this, let's just do it in a couple of hours' time because I want to be as fair as possible after two hours. And I'm still pissed because it was just way too long. And they need to do something. Because the thing is, it takes oh, it takes you away from the from the matches, man. I don't want to hate matches that are good, right? It's not the wrestler's fault. Like I said, this all goes down to the fucking TK and him and the way he books things, right? Yep. And that's my issue, man. I can't like I don't want to hate on things. For the sake of hating because of shit being too long. So we took a two-hour breather, and then here we are right now to review it right now. To be as fair as possible, 
but I won't lie. The thing is, when it's this long, I, I start daydreaming, dude. No pun intended. Yep. I literally start playing with my phone. I'm doing anything but watching the, the damn screen because I'm just gassed. Yep. No, I, I, I really, like, you just, you just wind up being, like, you can't, I don't know, man. I Like, I know there are some people who can just sit there and fucking watch and just, they want a pay-per-view every weekend or whatever. I can't do it man and after about (laughs) after about after about two fucking hours of wrestling i start to just like drift and i can't pay attention anymore and i have to keep like snapping myself back and be like yeah oh yeah right okay let's try to pay attention to this and i don't know man it's just too much it's too much i can you know i can sit down with a good book and i can sit there and fucking read all day and i mean all day i've spent 12 hours in a fucking lazy I spent twelve hours in a lazy boy reading books before. I I, I fucking I love that shit. Easily, bro. I can do that. No problem, man. As long as I'm interested, hell yeah. Wrestling's different. I just I can't <laughs> I I can't do six hours of wrestling. That's fucking bro, nuts, bro. It, it never used to be like this. It would only be one pay per view out of the whole year that was longer than three hours, and that was always WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Other than that, it was always three plus hours from WCW. To WWE, it was always yeah. no more than three fucking hours. So now, shit. WWE have learned a lesson other than Raw, but that's for money, so I'll, I'll let that slide. Mm. At least they're making money from that third hour. Whereas mm. their pay-per-views, they've cut down perfectly nice. As in, like, for example... Um, no, no Mercy, Mercy was event. great. Yeah. You know why it was great? Because it wasn't fucking 10 hours. You know what I'm saying as well? No, the there were, what, great. five matches? Six? Yeah, about that. If that. Not even six. Yeah. So there were, there were probably pretty, five matches. Five matches, right. right? And we had four matches on the pre-show of Wrestle Dream. <laughs> Unbelievable, bro. And you know what? More it's... is more. More is not better. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, man. But um, let's get into these pre-show matches. Look, n- neither of us watched it, so we can't really give our opinions. But I'll just go through... Who won and who didn't, obviously. Right. But the first match was Athena, Billy Starks, Keith Lee, uh, and Satoshi Kojima. That's a weird bunch. Defeating Mercedes Martinez, Diamante, uh, Shane Taylor, and Lee Moriarty. Do I, I clearly wouldn't have given a fuck about this match. But I just want to point out, how low has Keith Lee gone? Yeah. If what I'm hearing is true, poor Keith Lee. <laughs> Oh, man, are those words going to bite him in the fucking ass, in his fat ass, mind you? Yeah, exactly. Poor Keith Lee, bro. Not. That's karma. Is that karma or what, bro? I mean, seriously. Poor Walter. God damn it, poor Walter. What's Walter doing right now? Oh, yeah, never mind. (laughs) Oh, what is he doing? (laughs) What is he doing? Yeah. You damn big fat idiot. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, that's that. Clearly, that would have been a great match. And this is one is ridiculous, bro. Claudio Costagnoli defeating Josh Barnett. Um, Why? I have no idea. I don't know. And if you would have told me beforehand that this match was happening, I would have been really interested to watch it. But they didn't tell me beforehand. They told me literally like three days before this pay-per-view went live that this match was happening. We're both surprised, dude. How did we find this out? I think it was the vet. 
that told no, us, wasn't it? No, it was a fucking video. Oh, collision, package. collision, collision. It was a right, fucking right. video package. Yeah, on collision. Yeah, yeah, it was you're like, right, you're it was right, like right. oh, yeah. It was like all of a sudden there's Josh Barnett and he's talking about Claudio yeah. Castagnoli. And it's like, there's the there's the video package. And I was like, what the fuck is this company doing, man? You're going to tell wow. me the day before that Josh Barnett's going to have a fucking match. <laughs> I love Josh Barnett. And uh... I would have been interested in this match for real, right? But again, no build, no care. Why should I care? So, like, you know what I'm saying? And that's a pretty big match to give away for free. I'll say that. That's kind of weird. But cool, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Um, but can't just say before I move on to the next match. Did you see what Tony Khan was fucking wearing, dude? No. Did you see him with these little fucking red scarf by any chance? I did not. You no. didn't? Oh, you no. God, man! Watch the press conference, right? And watch what wanna, he's wearing. I don't want to watch right, any more. Well, well, that Khan. damn red scarf. When I saw that, I wanted to throw up. You know what that red scarf symbolizes, bro? Huh. Antonio Inoki. This oh, is what he's Antonio the new Inoki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the new Inoki, bro. The new fucking Inoki. He even yeah. wore the same color suit. All the way fucked, Tony. <laughs> Get all guy. the way fucked. Was wearing his damn scarf, bro. I was like, nah, that's it. I'm done. Like, no, no, no. You really gonna copy that man who was fucking? First of all, he's one of the pioneers of professional wrestling. Period legitly like he's revered in the world of pro wrestling not just like from you know new japan fans he was the founding father of new japan but also in wwe and worldwide dude i mean but the, the trademark of his though when he retired and when he's walking around in his suit like a yakuza like a big boss because you know he was legitly a yakuza bro he was wearing the red scarf that was his trademark when i saw tk and that little pipsqueak wearing the same colored fucking suit plus that scarf oh, oh i was just like he'd be rolling in his fucking grave right now man and want to kill you literally <laughs> i mean come on bro i mean seriously like you don't have to be that much of a mark tub, do you bro just dress up like one of the wrestlers next time okay just, oh yeah just, please just wear your canadian tuxedo yeah bro, please just wear your fucking bro bro <laughs> Seriously, just fucking take your hit while you're on screen. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> you never know, bro. There we go. This fucking guy. <laughs> now, you know what it is, dude? Just in case my parents or some shit fucking come across the video. Your parents you don't know, know I don't you smoke weed? They do, they do, but like... Hey, Jimmy's parents, if you're listening, Jimmy <laughs> smokes weed. You? Why, you little... <laughs> Nah, but you know what, man? Hey, my parents, they're wog parents, bro, if you know what I mean by that. Oh, yeah. You know, the ethnic parents, they, they'll, they'll fucking have a heart attack. It's one thing if they know, it's another thing if they see it. Right, they'll beat you with a shoe. Yeah, and the fucking spoon, a wooden one. All right, so what happened after Claudio defeated uh, former UFC heavyweight champion, the baby-faced assassin, Josh Barnett? <laughs> well, after that, Luchasaurus defeats little boy Nick Wayne okay yeah big matchup but then we had the main event of the pre-event it is your aw world trios championship matchup 
And it is the acclaimed your champions defeating TMDK, my boys from down under, to retain the titles. Like they had a fucking chance of winning. And why were they even number one contenders? I have no idea because this was their debut in AEW. It's another match that was set up on Saturday. So. Right, but why are they number one contenders? Like, that's what I want to know. That's what I fucking want to know. When did they fucking get the right to become number one? Who the fuck are the contenders to any of these of, of these things, man? So they're the they're the AEW trios champions, right? That's what we. But so also tonight we're we're in we we got to see matches where um the Ring of Honor six man champions uh-huh. who weren't yes. together weren't wrestling and two of them won but one of them lost. But <laughs> we got to see a bunch we got to see a bunch of six man matches where they were clearly trying to. Learn, you know, work their way up the ranks and figure out who was going to oh, be yeah. the next contender for the ROH six. Oh no, that didn't happen. Nothing like that no. ever happens. Okay. Actually, weren't we second guessing those damn belts? We're like, where the fuck are those belts? When we were watching it, and then they popped up as soon as we said it. And we're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> there they are. But yeah. we'll get to that anyway. So yeah, that's that big deal. Who cares? That was your two hours of fucking pre-show. So now we move on to the main card. And it is your Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship match in a two versus one match, which is not exactly a tag team, but hey, it's yeah. a tag team championship match. It is what it is. MJF defeating the Righteous <laughs> in a fucking squad. I mean, he just killed the Righteous to retain his titles, bro. I sure hope I never have to see these fucking guys again after this. It was they uh, they became the the number one contenders because because right um, because. Right, and then between and then between them knowing that they were going to face the tag team champs, they defeated the team of. Uh, who they defeat? A couple jobber teams. Was it jobber teams? See, I don't even remember anymore, bro. All I know is like, one of those guys by the name of Vinny was this. Look yeah, at this. Good for him. Look at this. He was Jeff Hardy sucking his own dick, like literally. And then he was this. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. And then we got Vincent of today. Now you tell me. And big boy. What what do we say about the big boys? Uh, Big boys always lose. They're here to be. They're here to be failures. Take the pin. He a big boys fucking lost. And uh, MJF did come out. You know, with a little promo, pretty much saying he's going to body slam the the big boy and uh, they're just nothing but pieces of shit, essentially. So, yeah, um, MJF retains the tag team championships on behalf of himself and uh, Adam Cole, baby, to retain the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships, not the AEW ones. Because clearly on a pay-per-view, we've got no AEW World Championship on the line. We've got no AEW World Tag. Oh, no, we did get that. Don't worry. Forget, forget I even said that. Point is, your world champion hasn't had a title match in two pay-per-views. I'm just saying, is that pretty fucking dumb? Is that how you book your fucking champion? Shouldn't be. Yeah, well, is that how you sell pay-per-views? That's what I want to know, but that's right. That's okay, because I'm sure Tico would have said, yeah, this was... Actually, you, you should say it, but he's going to say we got over 100,000 buys, Chris. Yeah, we definitely got over a hundred thousand um, pay-per-view buys, <laughs> which is a real uh, success for us. Don't pay yeah. any attention to the fact that uh, Collision actually lost to Rampage this week. 
Um, we we, <laughs> oh, yes, we expected that. And, um, you know, we're still very happy with, uh, with the viewership numbers for sure. Yeah. We Dude. don't feel like getting rid of, we don't feel like getting rid of CM Punk had any impact on our business whatsoever. <laughs> None. Oh yeah. He brought a fucking an extra hundred thousand or 200,000. Hey, even 300,000. <laughs> uh, uh, all I'm saying is 300,000 bro going up against NXT PLE in no mercy. And I hate to say it, Chris. But next week on Total Tuesday, we're going head-to-head with NXT again. And I'm going to say this, bro. NXT is starting to come back up again, bro. I'm talking about they're starting to put out a good product, dude. It's booked a lot better. Yep. Suddenly, Shawn Michaels has got the grip of things and starting to know what's going on. And you know what? I'm actually starting to like it again. And I think, fuck, I'm going to start watching it week in, week out and start covering it again because I think it's worth it, man. Right now, I'm telling you, it is the better product then aw it's weird you're gonna have to find somebody else to do that show that's all right i've got someone it's all good bro don't worry i wouldn't just do that but no seriously like by the way speaking of somebody else shout out to chris winland for uh filling in for me on the uh no mercy uh recap this week uh he did a really good job obviously you know you expect people to have some nerves on their first shows or whatever but shout out to chris winland for for joining and uh you know hey if you're a longtime listener of the pwc and you want to try your hand at this let us know we'll give you a shot we'll give you a shot yeah, man. You know? we give chances but yeah you know if you suck that's it you're done <laughs> that's right yeah if you're terrible we'll be really nice to you but we're not letting you back on the show <laughs> no but look like, i'm glad you brought up chris Willen because you know he got a lot of fucking great feedback heck even big ray hernandez was a huge fan of his and um yeah man like thank you chris bro as and like I said, man, we'll do this again 100%. Probably on the weekend, like you were saying to me earlier. I just saw your message. I just haven't had a chance to respond. But uh, anyway, let's move on. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, um, before we do move on, you brought up about the ratings. I forgot to mention. Now, does this spell trouble for Collision, dude? The fact that oh, Rampage God, come is going to beat it. Does it? I mean, does it? <sighs> does it spell? Does it spell? Of course it fucking does, man. But, These but guys no shit, are dude, under 400,000. Like, yeah, it, I know. It's pretty sad. If, man, once you get closer to the fucking NFL playoffs and stuff, Oof. this is going to be closer to impact numbers. You're going to be down to oh, no, 100,000 oh, fans sooner than, sooner than later. They, they, they're going to oh. fucking collapse. They're going to crater. Well then, what happens, dude, for the future? Do we do they keep at it with collision? They're paying for the they... time slot. It doesn't fucking matter. But I mean, I guess. And I don't want it to fucking suffer because you know what? It was an exciting time when we started wreckage because you know we were saying it. It was the number one fucking show. It wasn't not yep. the way it was booked. It was the better show by a long shot over Dynamite. And in yep. many ways, it kind of still is. Last week sucked. The week before was great again, but yep. the few weeks before that sucked also yep i mean shockingly all they had to do is just keep certain people off the fucking show and the show was instantly better and then as soon as they started letting those people back on the show the show (laughs) suffers and it's not as good again so i mean (laughs) who knew (laughs) i know it's kind of weird right but then they'll point out who knew every single time every single time you try to bake a cake and you and you add and you add uh lice to it it, it's not good (laughs) it's weird lice yeah. It's weird. And ticks. They added ticks too, bro. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> this, we blood we only added, but listen, this time we only added half the amount of ticks. Doesn't matter. Cake still sucks. 
But then those ticks will point out, but but on Wednesday nights we get over eight hundred thousand week in week out. I mean, you know, uh, and you well, should be you're getting a... over a million. You should be right. getting over a million. Spot on, man. It's it's a it fuck. Is. I can't believe where we're at right now, and the fact that Rampage has been in it twice in recent times now worries me because Rampage consistently is booked Sucks. like yeah. And consistently, it's got no substance. There's no reason for anything to be happening. Sure, you get some big names, and you do, right? Mm -hmm. But again, they're there for no reason. There's no reason. It just, it's just yep. matches. It's just. I'll put it this way, man. As long as the Golden Elite or whatever the fuck they're calling themselves, the Golden Club, yeah, the yeah, Golden, the, the Golden Elite, Bullet, Bullet, oh, Club, the Gold. Bullet Club Gold. <laughs> the as bang, long bang as game. Bullet Club Gold um are on saturdays i'll keep watching and i'll keep reviewing and i'll keep being happy that i get to see those guys and as long as we've got miro and a few other guys like that happening Who? on saturdays yeah um Who? yeah Who's that? Uh, hey you know what his wife was on uh this week actually she was shown watching the, some match i don't know it was yeah big f yeah um but uh I'll keep watching it as long as they have like talent who I really want to see on there. But well, man, how about they start doing this? No more fucking tag matches, man. You don't turn fucking collision into the tagorama because yes. you have one or two single matches and the rest is just, you know, eight man matches. Those eight man shits are pretty frequent now on Saturday nights and tag matches galore, bro. Like why? Yeah, well, it's it's and it's weird because it's not like they're doing that and then leading up to the pay per views where they no. pay it off. It's like no, they it's don't. like I was complaining the whole Kenny Omega Takeshita thing, right? Every single time they have like a big pay per view show, those guys aren't having singles matches. They had one singles match and that was at All Out, right? All Out. Wait, you talking about with uh, Kenny and shit? Kenny and Takeshita. Yeah, yeah, All Out. That was a singles right. match. You're right. Yep. Right, so the week after the biggest pay per view they've ever they've ever put on, you know, the week after, which means that a shit ton of people weren't going to watch it. I was one of them. I still haven't watched All Out. I'm not fucking watching All Out. I'm not going to fucking watch that. Than All Out, it actually was. Wrestle Dream's a lot better. All right, so then we get to Wrestle Dream, and uh, are they gonna are they gonna pay off the feud? No, no, of course not. And no. yes, Labrat, we do need more Card Blade. More multi-man <laughs> matches. Yeah, card Where blade. Where the fuck was Jay White anyway? Why the fuck wasn't he on the pay-per-view? What's wrong with these guys? Jay White's not having a single match. Kenny's not having a singles match. Samoa Joe just had a world title shot. Oh, he doesn't yeah. have a singles match. Oh, my God. Samoa Joe. Hey, you, this motherfucker does not put the best possible card out, dude, that actually wants to. That's what I mean. I, I, I'm confused, bro. Like, yeah, but we got, but he had to make room for, sorry, Jimmy, I, I can't finish my joke. Can you, can you tell me what the opening match on the pre-show was again? What we had to make room for? Uh, it was Athena, Billy Starks, Keith Lee, and Satoshi Kojima, and Mercedes Martinez, Diamante, Shane Taylor, and fucking Moriarty. Right. Yeah. Mm. We had to make room for that. We had no room for Samoa Joe or Jay White or... <laughs> Yo, that's shocking. Well, anyway, let's fucking move on. This is a joke already. It is your. There's a lot of Ring of Honor going on here, dude. I just realized that. I wasn't realizing it while we were watching it, but I'm realizing it, looking at it. And uh -huh. it is your Ring of Honor World Championship and New Japan Strong 
overweight championship, as you like saying. I like yeah. that. I'm like saying. <laughs> in your overweight champion and world champion, in Eddie Kingston defeating Katsuri Shibata to retain his overweight championships. And you know what? Look, we're talking about it while we're watching it. It was an aggressive match, right? I won't, I won't lie. It was pretty aggressive. It felt like Shibata was whooping this motherfucker's ass, and in the end, he lost anyway. So there was a bunch of fucking bullshit in this match where people just weren't selling. Like they would hit a oh. move and then just stand up and hit their move before I drop before I double <laughs> down. And it's like <sighs> fucking yeah. idiots. Like one guy would hit a fucking fisherman suplex, and then they would both stand up, right and the up. other guy, yep. and then the the other guy would hit a DDT, and then they would fall down. And it's like. <laughs> no, <laughs> DDT. No, and then they pulled down. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck me. This is ridiculous. Uh, also, the pre-match hype video before this was just—it was hilarious. I, I, I asked you. I was like, "What the fuck is wait. up with?" Wait, wait. What? <laughs> yeah, I can't speak. No, not even that. It was the the fucking <laughs> essence of the promo. What did he say? I, I, I respect you. But I'm going to try to win. And I was like, why does everybody keep cutting these promos where they're saying, I'm going to try to win? Isn't that <sighs> like you're supposed to do that anyway? Like, why is that a thing you're telling me? You're gonna try to win. Can you imagine watching the fucking pre the like a pre-fight hype for like a UFC main event and you see Israel Adesanya being like, why why, why should people be interested in this fight? Why should people be interested in this matchup between me and my rival? Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to try to win. Try. He. Try. What? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? No, motherfucker. He's going to win. That's what you should be saying. Not try. <laughs> but um, whatever. It is what it is. And like Labrat says, I forgot to bring this up, actually. And I'm sure you've heard about this. Mega <laughs> is too busy being a cameraman. Did you see that shit? Oh, what an idiot. At this point, you've... What a you've, fucking idiot. There's a reason why kayfabe matters, okay? At this point, yeah. you've fucked the whole thing. At this point, you have to rewrite it. You're going to have to make it so that Kenny Omega was behind it all along or something, which is going to suck. Don't don't get me wrong. But you guys fucked it. Like, <laughs> fucked it by having Kenny Omega be your cameraman in a public place and get his picture taken being <laughs> the cameraman. Are you telling me, Chris, they couldn't find some other jackass to fucking do that? Are you telling me? Not one fucking person, bro. Uh, like, not one person. I mean, come on, man. Are they still paying Brandon Cutler? Where was he? Oh, yeah. Where the fuck? Look, man. He's what about knock it, the, knock, it to not, knock it the fuck off? Whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, knock it not to get the fuck off Azawa. Yeah, that guy. They could have yeah. gotten him. They could have gotten any fucking uh, Akunawa fucking off the street to fucking record. All right? Sorry, no offense. I just It's just how I feel right now. They could have gotten anyone, okay? Heck, Will Ospreay asked me to take a picture for him and his fan once before. I've told you this, right? Yeah. He asked me, who am I? No, no one. He didn't know yeah. me. We just met right there. That's my point, right? If right. he asked me, they could have asked any fucking Tom, Dick, or Harry off the street. Not a Kenny. I mean, for fuck's sake. And even the Japanese fans, the Japanese fans are smart enough to see 
what's this bullshit, whatever it is in Japanese, and took mm-hmm. a picture and, and put it on the internet, right? And I bet you they couldn't even speak it in English. They didn't have to. They just posted it on the net and said, not kefeb, not kefebi. Yeah. I'm like, not sure why on, your man. Japanese people sound like they're Turkish, but it's funny. Oh, yeah, I know. No kefeb. <laughs> there you go. Is that better? better? Is that better? better? Fucking yeah. Hell. I'm not sure why I did that, to be honest. But I'm angry now. Anyway, <laughs> let's fucking move on from that fucking bullshit because uh, it next is your TBS championship. Your champion, Chris Downer, defeating Julia Hart to, rain, to retain the title. Now, this match had it all, right? We're laughing most of the time, but this, I'll say this. All right, I'm going to be honest here. This was probably the best Statlander heart match I've seen in my life. These two actually were a lot better than usual in this match. Weird, I know. Yeah, the the match wasn't terrible, to be honest with you. Like, in terms of them just going through the motions, doing the moves, uh, it, it nobody, like, flopped in a weird way nobody got stepped on it it looked like everybody you know it looked like they had really gone over this match with a fine tooth comb and they seemed to like you know pretty much pull it off i'll say that they pretty well pulled it off yeah no they did even though you and i were absolutely shitting on the match but the truth be told yeah yeah, no the the match sucks don't get me fucking wrong i'm just saying like (laughs) there wasn't egregious fuck-ups in this match um but one thing actually stood out to me and it's something that i i was thinking about today like in between the show like when we when we watched it and now i was thinking a lot about this moment and it was the moment where um (laughs) julia hart stands up on the corner and she's about to do the moonsault right yeah and the crowd pops for it, right? They all stand up, <laughs> right? And they're and they're clapping. Yay! And you oh, asked yeah, me. I remember. I remember you that. You asked yeah, me yeah, while yeah. we were watching. You were like, what are these right. fucking idiots cheering for? <laughs> yeah. Right? I think <laughs> you might have said, what are these fucking dumb cunts cheering for? <laughs> well, that's a serious question. Why are they fucking cheering? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, and it's one of the reasons why AEW is going to struggle as much as they are and why they have to change something, okay? <laughs> when you and I were kids, people were fans yeah. of pro wrestling, right? right? We liked the stories. We liked the gimmicks. We liked the, We bought Absolutely. into the kayfabe of it, right? We loved that shit, right? Like, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was what we were really into. We really loved pro wrestling. Then, I think in the late 90s, when ECW first started to become a thing, people started becoming wrestling fans who weren't fans of professional wrestling. They were fans of professional wrestling moves, right? So you started seeing people who wanted to see the crazy matches, right? And they wanted to see the double flips and the the power bomb through the table. And that's what they showed up for. That's what they wanted to see. They weren't fans of professional wrestling anymore. They were fans of professional wrestling moves, right? Damn it, pal. Yeah, you're right. What we have now, what I saw last night, where the evil heel who's been misting people in the face and is a cult member and is like this evil, wicked witch kind of character <laughs> and not in a cool way. Like she's, she's portrayed as a bad thing, right? She is a heel. She is, she is an out and out bad person. She went right. up to hit the moonsault 
And the crowd all went, yay, good job, honey. Because they're not fans of professional wrestling. They're not fans of professional wrestling moves. What they are is fans of professional wrestlers. I don't even mean the characters. (laughs) I don't even mean the characters, okay? Because I was a fan of The Rock. The Rock was fun, right? I loved I loved The Rock. That that was a character, right? Absolutely. These people are not fans of the character. They are fans of Julia Hart. And I don't mean Julia Hart, the wicked witch <laughs> in the you. in the fucking stable in she's in. They're looks. fans of Julia Hart. They oh Julia Hart, you're so wonderful. Oh my gosh, you're about to hit that moonsault, and you've gotten so much better at in the ring, and <laughs> we're all just so proud of you, Julia. Way to go. Uh, Hooray. Oh boy. To all those fucktards out there, eat a dick. Every single one of y'all. Like seriously. He's that's it. who's watching it. AEW. That's who's watching this fucking show. That's that's why like they chant this is awesome when it matches with no story in in situations where people are fucking tripping on each other. Where oh god. Oh my god, it's a dream match. It's <laughs> it's Chris Jericho versus Kamushin <laughs> from Japan. You're like, I don't who the fuck is this? Right? Uh, it but it's Can Chris Jericho. And look at how happy Chris looks that he's in there. Oh, yay. yay. Good job, yay. Chris. Arigato. Arigato. <laughs> yeah. I man. It, it's a bizarre time to be a wrestling fan. I'm not gonna lie. It's weird, bro. That's why and that was a serious question. I legitimately was like, why are they cheering, dude? Like, why? Like that yeah. was not I wasn't being an idiot. I was literally wondering yep. why yeah, the like, fuck what, are you why are motherfuckers dumb cunts, why are these dumb cunts cheering and i was like well wow. here's your fucking answer jimmy these people aren't professional wrestling fans they're fans oh, of people man. who are professional wrestlers well they're the fucking problem man and why they feed into the tony khan's bullshit and in turn he feeds into their bullshit and this is what we get yep. so yeah whatever anyway the point is I know we just shat on this shit, but considering how bad these two really are, I thought this was a decent match considering who was in the ring. And when I say decent, Julia Hart really is by their standards. She is. Yeah, Julia Hart really is improving in the ring. Yeah, and good for her. Absolutely. She's got about about a thousand steps to go before she's really TV ready, (laughs) but I mean, legitimately, she's on her way. She's, She's not regressing. Like, no, 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 no. She's definitely not regressing. And like, yeah. yeah, that's legit. She's not regressing. She's actually improving, but still far, far and away from being a decent worker in the ring. But he's getting better. And that's, yep. you know, that's legit. I'm trying not to be completely, you know, you know, I don't want to bash it completely. It wasn't really their fault. <laughs> Again, it was the fan base that was really annoying me in this match. It's the but... booking. It's the fan base. It's it's who TK is is writing the show for. Which again, right. like that is not who you write the fucking show for, man. Like the the, the people who he's money. writing the show for are gonna show up anyway. Okay, it's like right. um, it, it's like have you ever seen like a movie? You know, it's probably like a made for they're they're like made for TV type movies, right? Where you see like there's a whole bunch of like really big name actors in a movie, but 
you didn't hear about the movie and it didn't make any money and nobody gave a shit about it, but there's like a bunch of big name actors in it. And you're like, man, the fucking budget for this must have been out of this world just based on the cast, but it made no money and wasn't popular at all. You know what I'm talking about with those kinds of movies, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Those movies don't work because they are just movies for stars with the mega stars right like like the like the what's it called um the one with fucking sylvester alone fucking controls the movie yeah the expendables what's it called? yeah the expendables you think that makes money <laughs> no the expendables 4 made no money no, none that's exactly whatsoever. the that's exactly the movie and it doesn't even need to be four fucking parts to that fucking film really yeah. the movie sucked they're just I, and a I don't... mark todd's dream I don't even really mean that. I, I mean, like, there are some that are like, the, the, you know, you'll see like Brad. There's like, there's literally like Brad Pitt and like a hundred other fucking actors in it who are like big name actors. And the movie makes no money because the people <sighs> making the movie just made a movie to be like, how can we get Brad Pitt in a movie with Tom Hanks and uh, Chris Rock and a few <laughs> other like big name stars? How can we do that? Oh, okay. All right. Let's. Let's write something, I guess, based on what I don't care what. Just they're all at a hotel. They're all they're all guests at a hotel. I don't care. Just make just make a fucking story for me that I can produce where it's a bunch of stars that we can that we can sell the, the movie on, right? Those movies right. almost never make money, right? Never. Movies that make money are movies where um you're telling an interesting story. Right. Or you're in an interesting setting or you're make you're doing something interesting. Right. You're 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 bringing in the people. Right. And then if you want to maximize, you know, you want to maximize on that, you bring in a star. Right. To help you. To, they, they can help you make money. Right. But you can't just write the fucking movie based on the star who is acting in it. Right. That's not a successful business plan in Hollywood. No. It's the it's same not. thing with professional wrestling. You cannot write a show that's based around, oh, look, we have people you like. We have, we, Julia Hart's such a sweetheart. Come watch her do, <laughs> come watch her have her play. Come watch her pretend to be a, to, to be, <sighs> pretend to be a witch. It'll be fun. We promise everyone's having fun out there, guys. <laughs> fun. Uh, yeah, but it's not about fucking fun, is it, TK, you goose? Anyway, it's, that's not I, that's not the way that you write professional wrestling. It's not the way that you write stories. You write an interesting no. story, and then if you believe that there is a star who can help you with it, you add the star later. Okay, Jurassic Park no. had no stars in it, right? Nobody no. in Jurassic Park was a megastar, but Jurassic Park made a shit ton of money. Why? Because Jurassic Park is the star. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The actual movie, right. the title. That's like, right. You know? The story right. is the star. Holy shit. There's fucking <laughs> right. dinosaurs. There's fucking real life dinosaurs <laughs> running around. How the fuck did that happen? That's fucking cool, oh, man. Right. I want to fucking see that. Right. So right. then in the sequel, you can go and you can get like a, you know, a bigger, you know, a bigger fucking superstar in it. Right. And then, and then you add to it and then you can add to the franchise that way. Pretty soon <laughs> you can hard. bring Chris Pratt. <laughs> Right. you know along right it's because smart hey, business we've right? already made billions of dollars with fucking exactly. actors who nobody's who nobody's heard of before we even helped launch a couple of fucking careers with this shit right okay because bro. it was done properly story first stars second okay you don't <laughs> just write wrestling to be like come look at everyone have fun and learn how to wrestle <laughs> it'll be look fun guys <laughs> because the people who uh, are likely to come God. to a show because, oh, 
I've seen Julia Hart on Instagram. She's so nice. Oh, okay. I want to go see that. They're going to be there anyway. Okay. But the people who right. actually want a cool story are going to go, why the fuck am I going to go to this show? Julia Hart's on it. Who the fuck is Julia Hart? Well, she's a witch. You don't know Julia Hart? Okay. No. <laughs> I ain't going. Well, you're not an AEW fan then, Chris. I'm yeah. not an AEW fan. I'm a wrestling fan. And right. AEW is a exactly. company which is supposed to produce professional wrestling for me to enjoy. I am not supposed to be a fan of AEW. <laughs> well, not in 2023. You, you are supposed to be a fan of AEW. Pick yeah. a side, Chris. God damn it. No. Hey, you know what's even better? Challenge Look at what nothing. NXT is doing this Tuesday going head-to-head. -head, or next Tuesday, sorry. Going head-to-head -head against AEW. Check this out. Oh, wait. See how we got Edge? That's Edge and shit, right? Why does it look yeah, funny, yeah. the colors? Okay, yeah. yeah. Right. Edge and Luchasaurus or whatever the fuck, yeah. It's Why's really, it really taking a while. Yeah, uh, no anyway, way. basically, we got Asuka, Cody Rhodes, John Cena, and Paul Heyman all appearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, appearing that's going to be on fucking um, NXT next week, not this week, on USA, going head-to-head -head with um, Dynamite once again in a good old skirmish. Literally, we're back. The Tuesday night skirmish, Chris. Well. <laughs> I love how is doing that. If You know what? Say, fuck them. Let's just pull out all the stops and bring them all in the developmental show. Yep. That's uh, that's pretty much that. Um, <laughs> that's fucking brilliant, dude. I love that they do that because they're so conniving. I fucking love it, dude. Like it, like that's what makes me want to just give shit to AEW and continuously give shit to AEW because WWE can just swing their cock out and just put it on the table, bro. Like just boom, right in, right there, and just what? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. It's not oh, good. Yeah, good luck. It's not good for AEW. It certainly is not. Um, and they've got, like I said, they need to start figuring out how to write the show properly. And <laughs> Tony Khan, I'm sorry, Tony. the The people who, the people who say that you're the Booker of the Year, oh, they're boy. gonna keep saying you're the Booker of the Year. Okay. When you fuck up, they're gonna say that what you've done is brilliant. So. Try not listening to the people who are always going to tell you what you want to hear because you won't be successful that way. Anyway, let's move on. What was the next match? Yeah, let's. I'm just laughing. This is just fucking too good. It gets better for you, though, Chris, because next we have that triple threat tag team match where the Young Bucks defeat Lucha, the Lucha Brothers, the yeah. Guns, and Orange Cassidy and Hook Daddy. This wasn't a wrestling um, match. Yeah. This was just a fucking no. mess. I zoned. I was zoning out at this point until the end. I'm not going to lie. We're talking about it. Like, where was the trios, whatever the fuck, championships were? They were here. They were there. They, I, I could have sworn they didn't come out with them, but they somehow popped up. They had them at the end. Um, again, so this was a match to determine number one contenders for the tag team championships. I, so I don't know. Is it? I don't think so, bro. It doesn't say any stipulation here. I'm pretty sure that's what they said on commentary. Um, oh, well, yeah, because they were saying the young bucks. You know, if they, you know, um, I'm pretty sure they were saying that they would want to face FTR instead of 
Aussie Open was what they were saying is after they won. So um, I'm pretty sure it's for number one contenders for the tag team titles. So not only are they the, they the ROH six-man champions, they're also now the <laughs> yes. number one contenders for the other titles. So you're going to have one of these situations where both teams are coming in with belts, even though one of them can't defend they can't it can't be for all the belts because that team isn't actually a tag team champion they're a six man tag team champion so FTR can't win those belts cuz then they would have to defend the belts with alongside Adam Page or something which would be which would be crazy it's almost like this is way too fucking complicated and they shouldn't book this kind of shit yeah that's right it's true facts but no instead also also, yeah. the guns basically fucking sent FTR packing for a while, right? FTR got right. their win back. Where's my fucking rubber match for that? <laughs> Why didn't Weird. this set that up? Uh, Instead, we're no going to get bro. FTR versus the Bucks number six. Great. <laughs> number six. Are you sure it's not 6,006 at this point? No, you're right. It's about number six, something like that. Yeah, that's right. They're spamming it now, dude. That's what's happening. You know, to think that they only had two matches for a long time. Oh, and also Phoenix just... dipped after like five minutes. Oh, yes. I'm pretty sure he injured himself. So. Did he? Oh, surprise, surprise. Again. Right? And we'll talk about injuries that happened. I mean, this always happens in this company, but whatever. That's why I worry for Edge. But yeah, the Bucks win in a fucking silly-ass match. I don't even want to say anymore. Let's just forget it. It was a lot of fucking bullshit and bullshit and bullshit. Yeah, just a bunch of nonsense. So we move on to possibly maybe the match of the night, but it was stiff competition to say that, but because we'll get to that match too. I'm not sure which was better, but it was Swerve defeating Hangman Adam Page. I'm so happy because I went with Swerve on this. I was glad it happened. So far, I'm 100% on the pick, surprisingly. And Swerve defeats Hangman in a great match, man. Except, like well, you and I were both saying while watching it, great match, just over-fucking-booked. Just a little bit. We're nitpicking, though, when saying that. It was a little overbooked. And, you know, it is what it is. But um, still, nevertheless, it was a, a superb match. Solid match. Really, really good. Um, and uh, the crowd was completely on Swerve's uh, Loves the team bro. here because they're in his As hometown, you know, so they're chanting, fuck you, Hangman. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, um, fuck you, Hangman. And uh, to, to his credit, to his credit, he, uh, you know, he played into it. It was like, you know, he really wasn't used to being the bad guy. Right. And he, right, he right. was. You know, his character was clearly thrown off by the fact, right? Which allowed Swerve to sort of take advantage at different at different times too. So props to them for either knowing that that's what was going to happen and planning, oh, they knew, planning bro, a match 100%. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, if they didn't know and, you know, Hangman actually works wow. well enough that he could play like that. Either way, good for them. Uh, the match was... <clears throat> Really, really good. Um, this was one of the two. This was one of two matches that were actually stellar standout matches on the night. There were, there were two of them. And the rest of them were mid to get the fuck off my television. Um, <laughs> but uh, but this was one of two really good matches on the night. Um, if you're going to go back and watch a couple of things, this is one of them that you need to watch. And uh, the right guy won. I'm glad with the booking, too. Um, obviously. 
we need to start making some younger stars. And the fact that AEW was able to sign Swerve, right? That's an example of them signing a younger talent away from WWE. Right. And they need that as much as they can possibly get. So when they do it, they need to elevate those talent so that the younger people in WWE can look over at AEW if they're disgruntled, if they feel like, man, I'm stuck in the mid card here in NXT and I don't feel like they're going to really use me properly. If they look over and see, well, there was a guy here that was on the mid card that seemed to be stuck in NXT named Swerve Strickland. He got signed and look at what he's doing over in AEW. He's having main event style matches against big marquee opponents. Maybe that's an option for me too. So they've got to do that and they should be pushing Swerve. They really should. Yeah, but they should be. But what worries me, are they going to, you know, they continue this or we're just going to forget this ever happened? I I mean, that's literally my number one complaint since we started the PWC has been consistency. Where's the consistency with this company? So they better be consistent with Swerve's push because it's going to make a big difference for them if they don't. It'll it'll really take the air out of the fucking company's sails if for the next three weeks we don't see Swerve. And then the next time we see him, he's challenging for the international championship or some shit like on a random Friday. It'll be it'll be really bad for the company if they do that. Um, welcome Dude, to the chat, like Todd, by the automa- way, uh, and also oh, yes. Facebook user. Oh, yes, Facebook user, whoever that is, actually brings up a good point. Uh, Facebook user says, those same fans that keep calling TK Booker of the Year will call him the best EPL football chief strategy officer of the year, Fulham FC. They are a bunch of tools. I agree, 100%. 100%. Whoever that is, um, Facebook user, tell us who you are, man. Todd says, good for Swerve. Hopefully they keep his push going. Exactly what we're saying. Because he's got potential. And he also says, FYI, when Swerve was in Lucha Underground, there were plans on putting the title on him when before the show stopped. Right? He was awesome as Kill Shot, bro. Absolutely yeah. awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> really? Barrett and Swerve. Interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Man, I'm frustrated after that. Let's see what happens. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but my hopes aren't really high for what they do with Swerve. But he's earned to be a number one contender at this point. But we'll see. Anyway, next we get Ricky Starks defeating Rilla Yuta in a real quick match. And But Moxley, though, was the star of this match. He took absolutely all the heat away from this match. And I feel bad for the both of them. But, uh, yeah. What the fuck, bro? What? I mean, what was going on? Dude, I look away, I look back, and it's over. Like, what, what was going on? I don't know. It was pretty quick. Um, again, I'm surprised that you you weren't uh, you don't have more to say about uh, competing in this match. Yeah, I know it was but... I know it was quick, but come on, Jimmy, you were I didn't there for expect a it to be that quick. <laughs> I mean, no, really, I was expecting it to be a lot more competitive. Really, uh, this but was good just... though. This is what they should do because Wheeler Yuta isn't a star. No, no matter how many times right, Jim Ross but the says Wheeler Yuta is a star, him, though. Ricky Starks is somebody who they actually need to elevate. Like, even if he but they don't know what they're doing. his contract is done, they've got to elevate him. Look at the poor guy, what he's gone through, dude. Start, stop, start, stop. Getting thrown into fucking programs that has no business in him being involved in. 
No reason. Let's just fucking throw him there. Because again, I know the punk thing really fucks shit up for him. Yep. But they don't know what to go and what, where to go with him from this point. They just don't know. Yeah, no, they have no idea. It's like Wardlow. Somebody asked, I saw Who? somebody ask Wardlow at a convention if he's injured. He's yeah. like, no, I'm ready to go. Exactly. And he was <laughs> giving him shit. He was giving shit because, no, I'm not, I'm not injured. I've been ready to go for months. That's what he said. I have no idea why I'm kept off television. Brutal. Brutal. And, brutal. This is, and this is after you've built this guy to be an absolute killer. They did a great job of building him at first, dude. I'll take my hat off. They fucking built him into a killer. Everyone was behind him, dude. They were doing the fucking Goldberg chance for him. Whoa, no. Well, he beat MJF in fucking two seconds, bro. Yep. Keep that in mind. Your world champion got buried by fucking Wardlow. And what happened after that? Also, he had a match. He had a match with uh, CM Punk where he basically had Punk beat and lost by disqualification because MJF insisted he put him through a table or whatever but like yeah that's how that's how well pushed wardlow was at one point and they just completely dropped the ball like how do you drop the ball that's what i mean how do you drop the ball i i just don't get it man i don't fucking get it i'm puzzled i'm confused I, i'm angry like i need a muffin i think the vet's doing the right thing i honestly <laughs> yeah reviewing this pay-per-view makes me want a muffin <laughs> Yeah, it does. I'm hungry now. But anyway, let's move on because I, I, I suppose we won't be eating too many muffins during this match because I'm still stuck at what was better, this match or the Swerve and Hangman Page uh, match. It is Danielson in Brian Danielson defeating Zack Sabre Jr. in a wrestling clinic, bro. This was... Man, I got to be honest with you. I kind of want to rewatch this match without the fucking commentary. So do I. Because it was so just I, so yeah. much haha and so much bullshit from fucking Nigel and like Nigel, Nigel and fucking <laughs> and Mox just kept going back and forth, oh my. Like, arguing my. about shit and like bickering about stupid stuff. It's like, guys, you have a clinic happening happening in front of you. Call the action, <sighs> Mox. I'll give one thing to Mox. I think he got sucked in a little too much. Because this motherfucker's dropping F-bombs. I mean, he was just jumping up and down like a clown. I don't know. I mean, was he legitimately into this match or has the concussion got to his head a little bit, you think? <laughs> I mean... I don't know. Maybe he was drunk. I really have no idea oh, what the dude, fuck's going on with Mox. Tell me he didn't sound drunk. I'm sorry, man. But he really sounded a little incoherent, man. In he really book, did. Um, and again, man, like... This was a situation where, like, really good commentary would have taken this from being, like, an excellent clinical matchup to being, like, a classic. This could have been a classic if if the fucking soundtrack would have been right. But the soundtrack was jokes and silliness and ha-ha and then, you know, Moxley, wow, this is a good fucking match, guys. (laughs) Fuck. And, And... while he's while he's giving that brilliant assessment of the wrestling that we're watching, you've got Excalibur <laughs> going, uh, swear jar, swear jar, <laughs> like a fucking jar. Geek, bro. Shut the fuck up and call the match, you fucking idiots! Oh my <laughs> god, 
How could you have something that good happening in front of you and instead choose to focus on jokes and how many times Moxley could swear tonight? My God. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Moxley wasn't kind of entertaining. He was. But he took away from this match. But exactly. That's the problem. Yeah, he was entertaining. If I didn't give a fuck about the match, absolutely he was entertaining. I would have been laughing, but you didn't hear us laugh. Nope. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, because like you said. I yes, really like Bo Burnham. Do you know who Bo Burnham is? Bo Burnham is I a comedian. No he does like he does like musical comedy and stuff like that. He plays the piano okay. and he does jokes and stuff like that. And he's like he, all of his songs are like silly like comedy songs, right? I think he's great. Okay. And I also really like um Who's who's like a, a really good class? A premiere. I really love Premier's beats. We'll put it that way, okay. right? DJ Premier. Okay. I love Premier. DJ Premier beats. Premier. He's fucking <laughs> yeah. incredible, right? One of my one of my all time favorite DJs, right? I, I love Premier, right? I wouldn't Absolutely. like if Premier made like a really fucking awesome beat, like something <laughs> that like really fucking slapped, and then you heard Bo Burnham telling jokes over <laughs> it. I'd be like, Bo, get. <laughs> Come the on. fuck out. Somebody call Nas or Royce or yeah. fucking Joel Ortiz or like somebody, right? And somebody call somebody in here to murder this beat, right? This this little white guy needs to get the fuck out of here and tell jokes over his piano and not over my fucking DJ premiere beat. And you hear in the background. So so that was sort of my my way of looking at this right yes moxley uh, was entertaining on commentary but it was completely misused in this match because it needed to be focused on this match and what they were what they were competing for oh man like it should have meant something for? well it they were competing <laughs> for who's the best technical wrestler in the world right right right, right? i guess i guess so right if you're having a match where the two guys are competing over who is the most, who is the best technical wrestler in the world? Call the fucking match. Uh, I'm lost, dude. And like the comment king says, why was Moxie doing commentary in the first place? I have no fucking clue. They I'm had sure Chris doesn't either. They had to pay him, but his brain still rattled. So this was the only thing they could think of. Ah, fucking AW man! It's a fucking really. It truly is the the inmates running the asylum, man. I mean, come on. And I'm hearing that Moxie could be getting fined for what he said and whatnot. Whatever. It's only a little slap on the fucking wrist. Even he knew, like he was overdoing his stay. I don't know if you noticed, right? He, he was sort of staying longer than usual, even after the match. And then he's like, someone must have fed some sort of information to his fucking headset because he's like yeah. uh i think i'm overstaying my stay like <laughs> i better go now and they're like yeah, yeah fuck off you know what i mean like piss off mm-hmm. you uh but anyway whatever like I said, this, to me this was the match of the night right but this is a match that a i would have match i would have really really liked to to have heard you know jim ross you know he actually was there. calling this match yeah but he i would have liked there, to have heard he him calling shit. the match yeah right. he was because how the fuck is he going to get in there when Moxley's doing his fucking 600th joke about swearing? Like, I don't know, man. This this really could have been a classic. As it was, it was still one of the two best 
you know, two best matches of the night. Again, if you're only going to go through and if you're only going to go and look for the highlights of this, it's basically edge showing up at the end. Obviously that's, that's a moment, right? <laughs> and then the two He's matches the main event yet. Right. I know. But then, but then also swerve, uh, winning and this match between Danielson and, uh, um, Zack Sabre Jr. Good match. I love ZSJ, man. It took me a while to get it, but I get it. And once I got it, I was like, I'm all in with this guy. He's a, he's, he's the biggest, he's an English douchebag, which I love, bro. Cause he's like, I'll oh, get the fuck out of here. Like the way he talks and he's yeah. always dropping F-bombs and just being a cunt, bro. He's just, he's just a cocky prick British motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I'll, I'll kick your head in, Brian. You know, he talks like that. I love that about him, but um, even Nigel McGuinness was being a clown all throughout this pay-per-view, bro. I don't know if you too, noticed too, that. A bit too much. Yep, a bit too much. I don't blame and him. And I normally like off. Nigel. I normally like Me Nigel. Me too. But, yeah, he he hammed it up a bit too much for a couple of He hammed it up, dude. For a couple really of different did. matches. This one was bad. Um, This 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 was definitely the worst one. Like I said, he and Mox basically overshadowed the wrestling match. So wow, no good. Yeah, it's weird, bro. They were getting overexcited. Uh, Todd says in the chat would have been better if Kevin Kelly and Audrey McGuinness were calling the match instead. It would have been because then someone could have yeah. grounded him a little bit. But no one's fucking grounding anybody in this company, unfortunately, Todd. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is. Look, it's a hard one to pick. I like, like you said, I wouldn't mind watching it again because the commentary did take it away, take away from the match a little bit. Yeah, but um, yeah. Look, this was probably the match of the night. The Swerve and Hangman Page match was you can easily make the argument, but they were both very different types of matches. So I guess it's whatever your preference was. Yeah, this was my of match of the you night because like. I like right. technical wrestling, but right. not everybody's that's... gonna, not everybody's gonna prefer something that's this pure like this purely mat based but like it was like counter after counter after counter after counter after counter after counter at some points and yeah. i love that shit because that looks like they're competing like it looks like two people who are trying to win a match which that's the point of wrestling folks um, right absolutely yeah. you know what yeah. bothers me though chris the fact that, that we really didn't get a great build or any sort of real build for this match. Again, this is AEW and they're fucking, even though their fan base legitimately think they're telling long-term storytelling, but I laugh because where's the real story? I know I get it. You don't really need a story with this match because they just want to fucking prove, you know, who the better technical wrestler is, right? And then yeah, but imagine, but us. imagine if they right. would have spent time building this, right? Like, imagine if so over the last, imagine if over the last like month and a half or so, we were seeing on Wednesday night, you know, Brian Danielson would have a match against, you know, nobody basically, and he he would come out and not just win with a Busaiko knee, right? But actually right. have like a mat based wrestling thing where he was tying a person up in knots, and then you know, uh, you know ties him up in like a real technical hold gets the submission right and then you see right. on the same night zach saber jr comes out and he's like i saw you know as he's coming to the ring he's talking to the camera he's like i saw what you did today brian you think that was impressive watch this and then you see zach saber jr get in there with some fucking again you have him 
beat a jobber, right? Yeah. But but exactly. he ties him up in knots, and it's instead w- of tying him up in crease, instead of right. tying him up in knots for a submission, he ties him up in knots in one of those fucking pin combinations that nobody could possibly get out of, right? Just and pin him one, two, three, right? right? And he's like, ah, how do you like that technical wrestling? How do you like that, right? And then the next week, you have Brian Danielson Why being, not you know, man? coming out, not saying anything yet, right? But you can you can sort of see like he's he's taking himself a little more seriously, right? And this time he's got a match against somebody who's a lower a lower card guy, but who's a an, an actual That's name, right? Uh, uh, right? Lee Moriarty, right? Is a good example. Right. Would probably yeah. have a good match actually. Um, yeah. And you have Danielson come out and again, right? It's a technical masterpiece. It looks really good. And you build that way, right? And over the course of a month and a half, it goes from anything you can do, I can do better to no, you can't. Yes, I can. Right? Yeah. Now let's get in got... the fucking ring and, and, make, and, and figure out who's the best technical wrestler. Well, Danielson's also saying, I'll kick your fucking head in, Zach, and blah, blah, blah. Right, right you know? None of that, bro. And it's simple booking, man. It's simple. And it doesn't take away from the match, right? And whatnot. I get why the match was happening. And I know this match was meant to happen a long time ago, right? Because of Danielson breaking his arm. It didn't happen, right? But it's, it's lazy, man. Uh-huh. Just give us a little build. Give us something to... Look, I, we were already looking forward to this match. I knew what to expect when it came to this match. But yep. the thing is... It'll just make it so much better if you, like you said, it's that simple. One-upmanship. If you can't be fucked telling a story, then tell a story. Let these guys tell a story in the fucking ring. Simple. Yep. By doing that. That's it. It's mm-hmm. that easy. But for whatever reason, they probably say, oh, no, nah, we don't need that. We don't yeah. need it. Everyone's already hyped for this shit. That's fine, TK. But make yep. it even more hype. So then rather than having a month and a half worth of matches where you're watching right. and What's as an audience member and as an audience member, you're seeing the, the buildup, not just between these two, right? But you're seeing the buildup in the move sets, right? right? And you're going, oh man, I can't wait to see these two guys get in the ring against each other because they both are like these masterful tacticians in the ring and they're doing these things that just like, you're like, man, this is fucking good, right? Like, um... I remember a similar build to a uh, Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit, like a couple Great of times. Point because, like Todd said, uh, Todd said, like Kurt Angle used to do when he'd work indie talent, they would build from the hometown they were working in that fucking night. Right. Spot on. Yeah. Continue, Chris. Yeah. So I remember builds for for Angle versus Benoit, and that's how they built it. Right. It was you know uh, which one of these guys is the better you know technical wrestler, and you'd see. Right. Leading up to the pay-per-view, Chris Benoit would tie some fucking dude in a knot, right? And he'd win with a crossface in the end. And the announcers would put it over as, wow, Chris Benoit, like, that was one of the better technical, you know, displays we've seen in a really long time. But this is what we've gotten used to from Chris Benoit. He's so great. And then Kurt Angle would come out and he'd have a similar kind of match. And you'd go, wow, can you imagine what this match is going to be like in three weeks' time at the pay-per-view when Kurt Angle and his technical ability get in the ring against Chris Benoit and his technical ability? They're just going to have they're going to have this incredible moment in the ring. Just imagine how this is going to be. And then you have weeks and weeks and weeks where as a fan, you're anticipating it. And you're like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. So that when you finally get it, you're, you're already like it already – what happens, like, here's a thing that people don't understand about um, getting things, right? So drug addiction, for instance, right? 
people don't actually receive the the mental um, release from from the drug that they're addicted to when it hits their bloodstream. They right. receive the release a second before they put it in their arm. That's when their it's, brain releases the chemical of knowing. Right. Yeah. <sighs> exactly. I got my now fucking you're, hit. You're right. Okay. Exactly. You can tap into that with professional wrestling <laughs> and with storytelling. Right. And I know that that sounds gross to people, but you can tap no. into that part of the brain with storytelling, because when you've built something up to the point where people are really looking forward to a match and then you see the first lockup or you see them circling each other after the bells rang, you're already releasing that fucking adrenaline. And it's like, yeah, I yeah. got the fucking match I wanted. Instead, what we got was. Uh, a video from Brian and a video from Zack Sabre Jr. And then uh, they looked at each other a little bit in a multi-man match. <laughs> God damn it. That was a good analogy, by the way. And Todd, with what he said in the chat, that's what made NXT No Mercy such a good pay-per-view. It was videos they did to build up the top matches and videos building up other talent that weren't even working the show. Exactly. And you're missing one more point. It was under fucking three hours. There's that too. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a huge difference, also, man. But yeah, I feel like NXT is really getting hot right now. It is sort of catching steam like it did. I mean, this NXT hasn't been as good right now since the black and gold era. And we're getting yep. sort of back to that, which I'm happy about. But anyway, if you want to check out our review for that, check it out, man, on the PWC network. But anyway, let's move on, Chris. Because we can go on and on about why that match should have been and what it could have been, but unfortunately it wasn't. But it's was still the match of the still night more than match. likely. Yeah, right. Still, absolutely. still the match of the night for me. Still a great match. Still something I want to go back and watch again. Absolutely. Which is nitpicking and how it could have been done better. We're not saying the match sucked because it didn't by all means. It but um, it is and it isn't. Like this is this is a nit that I would be picking. Well, yeah. Anyway, it's a bit more. Right. Come on, it's man. True. Come on. Yeah, I, I this agree. could have been a classic. This could have been a five-star classic, but you have to build up uh, people's expectations in order to right. actually have a five-star match. You're spot on. And like Todd says, and we alluded to this earlier, it's going to get even hotter come next week. Stay tuned. It's facts. Look at the big guns they're pulling out, bro, just for that head-to-head -head against fucking <laughs> against fucking Dynamite, dude. I love how WWE is just, like I said before, pulling their cock out. And literally slapping it on the table and saying, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? AEW like, is like, look, we signed Edge. <laughs> Meanwhile, over on NXT. It's unbelievable. And not just bum, 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 but um, yeah. also fucking, um, what do you call it? <laughs> we even, why does it keep fucking, are you pressing a button, by the way? No. Can you see Todd's no. comment still up? Yeah, I keep trying to turn it off, and it keeps coming here. back. There we go. See, oh, that's tried, weird. you okay. tried to touch it. Now. I'm not. I'm okay. not. That was weird. Anyway, yeah. God damn it, Todd. <laughs> nah, joking, man. I don't know what happened there. Todd's comments yeah, are so love fucking it. good that the show just automatically highlights <laughs> them and doesn't want to turn them <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> He's hacking us right now. But not just even Cena, but we got Cody as well, dude, and Paul Heyman, and uh, there was one more, but I forgot right now. That's not the point. The point is. They're throwing out the guns for NXT, which is fucking funny, man. I love it. Uh, Todd Wilson, speaking of hot, I've got a world title match in the HMG Pick'em Challenge to get ready for. Uh, congratulations. 
Um, but guess what? I got a hundred percent in this fucking event, Todd. Just saying. Um, but anyway, let's move on because next we go from that match to Takeshita, Guevara, and Osprey defeating Omega, Jericho, and Ibushi. Um, I guess Don Callis was the heat magnet getting a lot of fuck you chants or fuck you Callis. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, after that match, it's I know these guys can top it off, but again, I don't know, man. Maybe this match was a lot better than I thought, but I just couldn't. I don't know, man. I just couldn't get into it, man. I d- I didn't care about this match at all. By this point, it was like it was like when's the main event? Because I don't want to fucking watch any more matches. And it was this one, one more than the main event. Finally, wait, it was like oh shit, you're right, man. Damn. And I thought here we are, we're gonna be up to the main event right now. But you're fucking right. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Um. Whatever, man. I. I I don't know what to say because, again, I was getting angry by this point because it was still going. I forgot all about this match. Yeah, it was. Fu- I'm sure it was fine, right? It was It was decent considering who was in the match. But, again, there was a whole bunch of no-selling. Takeshita was doing suplexes on motherfuckers' heads. Two in a row, dude. One on Omega, and then right after that, right on Ibushi, dude. They both got dropped on their fucking heads. Like, yeah. This was this was just you know, uh, this was guys you know who mean? this was guys who are used to stealing the show, being put in multi man matches and thereby Again. not being allowed to try to steal the show. Right? You've got what a waste, things man. that you might be able to pay off at a pay per view, right? Like Jericho that didn't need a six man um, match. Guevara. But instead, it's just we're gonna put all these guys in the in the ring together, and they're all gonna bring out all of the worst of each other. This was, <clears throat> yeah, no more, no more throwaway six mans on pay per views. I just, I don't, I don't want to pay for that. I don't want to pay for that. And you know what's stupid? I know what's gonna happen, right? I'm assuming by the next pay per view, we're gonna have all these guys in their singles matches to get their wins back right yeah and then that should be the blow off (laughs) but really that could have been done right now because this story actually has been going for quite a while actually they have been building a story with this it didn't need to be another tag match that we already had a tag match at all in a six man other than replace jericho like jericho was in the match right i can't remember who the other person was instead but there was someone else oh hangman right yeah this Replace is the Jericho feud with that hangman. never yeah. ends yes it goes on it and on, on and on my friend <laughs> some people started sing- anyway you get the drift it just yeah. kept going on and on and on and yes lamb chops did play along it just it wasn't playing with us but anyway like i said to team callus the callus family whatever you want to call it one cool i don't care whatever this could have been done so much better. But next, let's move on because there was more. But wait, there's more. And by this point, Chris, you and I were getting pretty fucking frustrated that there was more. <laughs> we thought it was done. We wanted it to be done, but it wasn't fucking done because we had your AEW World Tag Team Championship matchup. FTR, your champions, defeating Aussie Open to retain the titles. In a great 
match for what it was. Great tag match. But again, we we're saying to each other, why is this match going as long as it is? And why is it as competitive as it is when we both know that Aussie Open have no fucking chance, period, in winning this match? It was never going to happen. So why book it like they had a chance when we all knew it, there was no chance? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a, a good question. Um, listen, as long as I never have to hear the skinny dude from Aussie Open say championship again, I'm okay. <laughs> championship. I don't, I don't know why he says that, bro. And and speaking of, the, the big yowie guy, the the big hips guy, whatever, oh, the, my the growler. Oh, God, man, that guy. <laughs> he it looked like he broke his arm. 100% surely that guy's got a broken arm, right? He he almost unquestionably broke his arm, and also before he broke his arm, he was a fucking cartoon character, bro. He's walking by the camera, and not just like mean mugging the camera, but like to the camera. On behalf like, of all Australians, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, dude, stop, stop. Uh... Oh man, does he think we're back in the 80s or 70s at this point? I mean. Like, bro, chill the fuck out. Anyway, yeah. Um, fuck this match. I love <laughs> FTR, but this was garbage. And at this point in the in the show, too, I was just ready to be done. I don't care. Right. And that's the problem. Again, that's why I, I don't know if I dare to watch it again because I can't really do it. I'll be frustrated once again. I'm just going to yeah. watch the matches I wanted to watch properly. But again, you know, they call them five-star FTR. At this point, I was saying five-hour FTR. And it's not their fault, but again, I don't want to hate fucking this company. I really don't. But I'm getting close, Chris. I'm getting close, bro. I'm starting to really get frustrated, man. Anyway, man. Man, this company is starting to get really, really hard to cheer for. Anyway, like as a company, retained. it's yeah, it's getting hard. It's getting very hard, but this we finally made it to the main event, Chris. Unlike them, we're not going to be here for five hours. <laughs> we're at the main event, and hey, you know what, man? I fucking love this match for different reasons. It wasn't a fucking Zack Sabre Jr. Brian Danielson match. It wasn't a Swerve or Hangman Adam Page match, but this was your old school beat down <laughs> this is Kristen uh, Christian being disrespectful in the best place possible just I mean, throwing Darby Allen on top of stairs like ah fuck it dude <laughs> what the fuck bro I was saying to you again I'm like dude he's gonna kill the kid and you know what I don't blame him because like I was saying off the air when we were watching the match I was saying I could have, I bet you any money, Christian would have been like, oh, no, nah, we don't need to do all this type of shit, right? And then W would be like, yeah, man, just fucking do that shit. Throw me like a piece of shit onto the steps. You know, even on the sharp edge bit, we're on literally on the steps. Trust me. He'd be like, you sure? He'd be like, yeah, don't worry about it. Just fucking throw me on there. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to a good time. All right, so kid. fucking, he fucking did. But before he was doing all that, the dumb cunt kid hurt himself on the way to the ring. Tell them why, Chris. What's that? Sorry. I missed that. I was reading. You missed Todd's that? Comment. I, I missed oh, what sorry. you said. Oh, I'm talking about the dumb cunt kid in Darby Allen 
before all that, before Christian was absolutely punishing him, ah, he was yes. punishing him himself. <laughs> this fucking idiot. <laughs> so, okay, first of all, I have to question like the the legitimacy of anybody who brings a skateboard out to the ramp in order to skate like twenty feet down the ramp. I don't like. <laughs> why bring it out? So, mind you, he was he wearing a it beach out. fucking jacket too, just quietly. He brought it out with a big furry jacket that looked really, really <laughs> pink, poofy. Um, <laughs> uh, get it? Because it, yeah, it it's was poofy. poofy as well. Like, it was, it was, it was poofy. poofy. That's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was poofy. That's what, what. What are you saying, Jimmy? Are you saying uh, something? No, I was saying it's bad? poofy. Like, it's yeah, it's poofy. poofy. It's like, very poofy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so he comes out in his poofy jacket and gets a kiss from Nick Wayne. Uh, <laughs> And then he then he takes his skateboard and he skateboards down to the ring, and then because he wants to be really fucking edgy, he picked up his skateboard, <laughs> right? And he smashed his skateboard on the on the ring steps. And uh, well, that skateboard fought back because uh, Darby <laughs> Allen started this match with a cut over with a cut under his eye <laughs> because the skateboard popped up and smacked him in the fucking face. <laughs> so. Jesus oh, Christ. <laughs> I mean, suck shit, Darby, you fucking idiot. First of all, I, I came to the realization, I like Darby, but you know what came through I? my head? When he was when he was wearing that damn poofy jacket, literally, I realized, hang on a minute, this motherfucker's wearing leggings, little short shorts, with a poofy girly jacket. Um, yeah. You know? I'm just with, saying, like with like spandex tights underneath his. That's what I'm saying. Short shorts, leggings, bro, leggings with little short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I'm a fan of Derby, but god damn it, if there was any, if there was any time that he looked like a poof, it was, yeah, he's always gonna look yep. poofy to me. But anyway, I digress. Um, so Christian beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. I mean, beat the fuck out of him, dude. Uh, uh, how else do we put this, man? I, I don't care. I know wrestling, they say wrestling's fake, but I don't give a fuck who you are. That shit would have hurt anybody. A bunch of this shit would have hurt, for sure. Uh, Christian threw him into the steps, threw him on top of the steps, uh, gave him a scoop slam off of the apron <laughs> onto the steps like three fucking times in a row. Um then he peeled off the fucking mat and hit him with some more shit on the mat. And oof, God, man, <laughs> he just beat the fuck out of this kid, man. This was violent. It was a very, very violent. It wasn't even a match as much as it was just like a nah, series. Nah, of... But it told a story though, bro. Like just, just everything about this match was very like Christian esque in the way this match told the story, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Cause Christian's amazing. But, um, yeah, man. I I don't know. Uh, Christian Christian wins in the end, and then there's a there's a they're beating him up, and then and then Nick Wayne comes out, and then Nick Wayne turns on him, and then they're all beating him up, and then well, you you can you can keep doing the play by play. Yeah. Well, basically, I called this too. I said this was a possibility in the predictions that Nick Wayne could possibly turn. And what do you know? He fucking did. And I'm not just saying there was shenanigans with his mum, by the way, on the outside, which is <laughs> funny because it looked like she was flirting the whole time. So I know it was all, you know, done on purpose, whatever. 
But um, I would love if they really had balls. This company, how about you fucking pair it with fucking with uh your new husband in Christian, right? Because you know Nick Wayne needs a father figure in his life, hence why he joined up with Christian. Now tell me, wouldn't that be fucking glorious? That'd be great, and Christian would fucking knock that out of the park too. Like- out of the park, bro. Out of the fucking park, man. I just hope they think that far ahead. And I like, because the mum, let's be honest, right? She looks like a real goer, bro. <laughs> yeah, she if you know like what I mean. Into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it would be such, it would be so good. I mean, I think it would actually get people talking about this to the point of, of, of offensive. I reckon people would be fucking despising Christian, bro, if they went this far. Yeah, which is exactly why they should do it. Get real heat. I hope they do it, man. I hope they do it. I might even fucking tweet out fucking Christian and say, please, I'm begging you. <laughs> Talk to fucking Tony to get this shit cleared, man, because it needs to happen. It really needs to happen. If they don't, it just would be so bad. And like Todd says, Christian Cage, Milf Hunter. <laughs> I'd watch that Dude. show. <laughs> it sounds like a show. <laughs> Literally. But anyway, Christian ends up retaining with a lot of fuckery. I mean, like you said, it was a violent fucking match. Uh, we had the boards exposed, you know, from the, on the ring. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, dude, put it this way. Darby Allen got his fucking b- behind whooped, not just by from his own skateboard, <laughs> which literally lacerated him, but his back has got to be fucked up. That's all I'm saying, man. He lost a fight to his skateboard, and then he lost a fight to Christian. I mean, it was brutal, man. It was fucking brutal. But anyway, in the end, we had a lot of fuckery, a lot of chicanery. The mum was fucking losing her shit. Actually, what happened to the mother? Did she get thrown out? I don't know exactly what happened. I know she she was mad when Nick first turned, but that's all I saw. People were grabbing her from behind, like trying to start. Next thing you know, it's like she got thrown out of the building. Oh, maybe she did. I'm not too Security sure, but it'd be funny if she did. Yeah, I was this fucking bitch there. out. <laughs> That's just one thing I noticed because she disappeared. And in the end, what I loved even better was the fact that Christian gave a kiss to his new illegitimate son, right on the forehead, gave him a hug, and it was brilliant. And then we saw Sting, and he got his ass kicked for a little bit. But as you hear in the background. You don't know him, but everyone does actually know him. It is Ledge. I mean, Edge. Or is it Sledge? I have no idea, but it's Adam Copeland. With a cool little intro. I'm not going to lie. I like the intro before the intro. Um, That was pretty cool, except he feels like a vigilante of sorts. Is that what his new thing is? the rated R? He's the vigilante. That's Edge. cool. I don't mind it. I, 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 I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do with Edge. I really am. Like, I think that they could do something really interesting with him. Um, I did think that it was funny when he made his entrance. You know, he went to the one side and he's like, yeah, oh, come yeah, on. Oh, brilliant. Come on. <laughs> and then he went to go to the other end and there was nobody there. So he just, like, started walking down the ramp. He was like, ah, oh, there's nobody there. Okay, I'll just walk this <laughs> Okay. Dude, the look on his face has become a meme online, dude. Like, he ran there. He's like, whoop, wrong side. <laughs> like he's never had that issue because WB always fill out their fucking arenas for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, because WB is feeling really hot right now, whereas AEW thinks they're hot, but they're not. You know what I mean? Yep. So anyway, we see Edge coming out 
which shocked me even more to Metal Lingus to this song, You Think You Know Me. I mean, that was shocking. The fact that I'm hearing a lot of WWE guys coming with their own fucking songs blows my mind, bro. Yeah, I, I guess what's happening is they're they're signing the rights to their music is what's is what seems to be happening, which good on them. Smart business. I'll tell you, like Absolutely. Edge is Edge, like he could have come out to anything and it would have been big, but the fact that he came out to Metalingus was like, oh shit. That's Edge. Yeah, that was that, nuts. That's I was Edge. Shocked. Yeah, I was like, no fucking way, how are they pulling this off? You never see this in back in the day, bro. This was never a thing. It's just crazy, but that's... I mean, I love that about wrestling right now. I mean, people are using the same fucking themes back and forth. You, had, you got Cody using his theme in WWE when he was using it in AEW and New Japan and Ring of Honor Punk. and Impact. Punk, yes. I mean, the Hardy Boys, bro. Even fucking cool. Roderick Strong. Yeah, that's true, eh, Roddy? What the fuck, bro? Yeah. Like, it's nuts. It's, it's bizarre. I don't know how this is happening, but it's happening. And, uh, yeah, so Edge goes to fucking uh, look at Christian. Christian passes him the chair, you know, because Edge is like, give me the chair. Uh, Nick Wayne sets up Sting for a concerto, but no. Instead, <laughs> we see Edge throwing the chair at a fucking, well, hitting Nick Wayne first, and then literally tossing the chair at Luchasaurus' head. <laughs> sideways though bro it looked like it was gonna take his eye out that sent him away and Christian like the chicken shit heel that he is in a good way and I say that with praise runs away and is smiling looking at Edge while parading that he's the TNT champion and let his boys all suffer I mean I love Christian to me I told you he is the no shit he is the guy of 2023 for AEW if there was no Christian oh boy I mean, it might be Jay White, who's only been here for a couple of months. Right. Like, but that's the thing. He's only been here for a couple of months. So, but yeah, he was on his way. But Christian, no shit, dude. Like, you can't, you, I don't care what anyone says. He's the only guy that's doing something right, dude. Like, when I say right, he's playing the role of a professional wrestler. Key. Yeah, he's... Wrestler. He's, he's the best He's the best all-around professional wrestler they, they have in AEW. He's one of the best all-around professional wrestlers in the world, period. Right? Absolutely, dude. Where's Absolutely, he from? man. Jimmy? Uh, uh, the Great what? White North? What country is that guy from again? Oh, yeah. Uh, That's right. He's from Canada, eh? He's Canadian. <laughs> I would have put the Canadian National Anthem right now, Chris, but I don't have a cue. God damn it. Right. Maybe post-production. Metalingus you know is basically dude? like the new Canadian National Anthem. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But look, check this out, dude. Nice. See that card? That's from the year 2000, yeah. bro. That's a, that's a full autograph, right? Warbit. These cards are worth a lot. Man. Look at this. I even got the yeah. Christian one, right? These these cards are worth quite a mint, dude, right? I've had them for years. And now cool. I wonder if they've gone down in price. <laughs> I don't know. If you know what I mean. Do you think? I, Is I, Edge I, even a thing? I don't know, but if he's not a thing anymore, then it just became even more rare. I guess. It, those cards are rare, bro. That's These are flare, flare fucking cards from the year 2000. So, uh, yes. And it was still WBF. Yeah, so they're, they're definitely worth a lot. I know that for a fact. Uh, but anyway, uh, Todd Edge Bradley and Christian says, are back together again. Right, absolutely. 
Todd says it's okay, he's a dinosaur, he can grow more eyes. <laughs> yeah, but he still is not biting anyone for fuck's sake. A dinosaur, not biting anyone, but Darby Allen, a fucking train wreck, he's biting everyone. John Moxley, a train wreck, he's biting everyone. But a dinosaur, not biting anybody. There's something wrong. By the way, MJF bites people too. There's, there's oh, entirely yeah. too many people whose gimmick is, I'm going to bite you in AEW. If I was Luchasaurus, I'd be like, nah, God damn it, I'm a fucking dinosaur. I should be the only one biting motherfuckers. But, yeah. no. Well, this is what happens when the guy who was bullied relentlessly in school starts a wrestling company. <laughs> Everybody now bites because yep. it's, it's, not, it's not lame to bite. Didn't uh, have to. God. Thank you, Todd. It sounds like I did gain an edge on those trading cards, hopefully. <laughs> That's true. Well, anyway, Chris, you know what, man? On this day, I don't know if Edge does see clearly, but I'm hoping for his sake he truly does see clearly because, um, I don't know, man. I'm just worried. And like Todd said in the chat, I forgot to bring up, he says, I truly, does anyone else truly feel like he's going to, you know, W. Allen? He's going to end up killing himself in the ring. Yeah, I'm concerned for the kid. Yep, uh, there are definitely moments where I, I I wonder exactly, like, you know, we've all seen Tom Billington, you know, closer oh to his God. death. The, the guy, kid. the guy, basically his body just completely broke down, right? Um, Dude. That's what happens when you when you work that style for long enough, so... Yeah. yeah, I well, don't know. I mean, least... Darby's entertaining me right now, but uh... <sighs> he's fucked in the head, dude. There's something wrong with him. He's he's, he's going to have... be on Somers. He's going to have some serious issues when he gets older. And I know if you told him that, he'd say, "I know it's worth the it's worth the risk. It's worth the sacrifice." So <laughs> hats off to him. No, really, hats off to him for being willing to entertain that much. But somebody who loves Darby out. Alan needs to talk to him about like, bro, like, stop trying wow. to kill yourself in every match. It's. Do you it's think, a little, and I'm being a little much. Before we do go, and I'm asking this as a serious question, dude, because I'm truly worried about the kid. Do you think he actually has a death wish, dude? I mean, the guy wants to climb Mount Everest, for example. He kills himself in the ring. I mean, does he? Maybe. I don't know, man. It's almost like he wants to die, bro. I think he's a nihilist, um, which okay. is a person who doesn't think anything matters. Um, right. But I think he's also a person who really wants to maximize the time that he has on this earth. So he wants to do things that he wants to do. He wants to do things that are exciting. He wants to do things that matter to him. And I think that you know having a real legacy in professional wrestling obviously matters to him. So again, hats off to him for caring so much. Um, and so much that he's willing to put his body on the line in order to get the career that he thinks he wants. Um, and also, you know, he wants to go climb Mount Everest because to him, that's something that is going to make a difference for people when they're telling his story in the future. You know what I mean? He's oh, going to be, God. you know, he's going to be one of the few who climbed Mount Everest, which I don't know, man. I don't care that much what people a hundred years from now say about me, but uh, some people, some people really do, and I think he's one of those people. So, hey, good luck to you, Dobby. Really you though, good luck. I hope I, I I hope that he doesn't get injured, but I don't see how. I he hope avoids. he doesn't die, bro. 
I don't I don't know how he avoids major major injuries by the time he's forty because dude kills 40? himself every night. Please, by the time how old is he? Still in his twenties, dude. By the time he's thirty five, man, I think I don't know, man. I, I just I've never seen anyone. <laughs> Go through this sort of punishment the way he does on a consistent basis like that, bro. You can point out Sabu and ECW and whatnot, but he wasn't every week doing death yeah, matches. It and wasn't whatnot. exactly. It wasn't every week. It, you, people people have pointed out Mick too, Foley, right? But yeah, Foley and didn't him, do though. the Hell in a Cell <laughs> match every week, like right. And he can't know? even walk properly, still, mind you. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. But anyway, Chris, man, I think we've made it home for once um give us your 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 grade bro for this show i give it a c uh, there were two really good matches on this show like really excellent matches um and a bunch of the spots in the main event with christian and darby allen were definitely entertaining i was laughing at some points because i was like man yeah, i don't know what laughing. else to do like darby allen is just willing to take this kind of a shit kicking and christian's like fuck it i'll kill you in the ring it's fine you want to die in the ring i'll I'll be the one who pulls the trigger sure whatever i can get over with it that's Um, what you want fucking that's what he does that's and i don't blame him one bit um so uh yeah two really good matches but a bunch of shit that just i my eyes were glazing over at certain points during this fucking show too (laughs) so yeah yeah uh c for me you know what dude i would have given this show a b if it wasn't 10 hours long so because it was fucking draining my life i'm gonna give it a c plus as well but really i would have given this probably a b plus if it was paced out better no shit i really would have because yeah look the The patient was really bad the the, right. the pacing was really bad. By the time the, by the time that six man match ended, the one with Kenny, it just Ugh. brought the whole show to a stop. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah, literally, we we're getting angry. I kid you not, folks. We were literally getting angry that we still had to watch this shit. Thank God the Christian Derby match kind of got us giddy a little bit again. You know what I mean? Just by yeah. the the absolute train wreck that it was. And when we we say that, I mean that in a good way. It was just the annihilation of Darby Allen, literally yep. annihilated. <laughs> and of course, Edge debuting also made it, you know, that little bit more special. But uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, it has to be a C for me too. Again, it would have been a B, but yeah, the pacing and and just how long this shit was going for was just driving us nuts. But um, in saying that, Chris, tell them where they can find you, brother. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at ChrisAms1. Uh, you can go there to see everything I have to say about pro wrestling, politics, and whatever the hell else comes to my mind. Um, lots of tweets lately about my government being completely <laughs> fucking insane. I actually said something today about your government, in, and everyone liked my comment. <laughs> and bro, it ain't, those even, page. it ain't even it ain't even just fucking the standing ovations for Nazis. Like now they're trying to push through the a pledging. thing where every single person who no now they're trying to push through this thing where everyone who has a podcast network in Canada needs to what? register with the Canadian government. What? Um, yeah, I'm not doing it. Go fuck yourself, Trudeau. Fuck off. What? Wait, 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 wait. How does that work? What does that mean? Yeah, so every single every single entity that has 
like a podcasting network in Canada is going to have to uh, register with the Canadian government, including like American-owned companies and Australian-owned companies and anybody whoa, whoa, whoa. who's anybody who's podcasting in Canada, you know, needs to needs to register with the Canadian government. Oh, I'm speechless, bro. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, Trudeau, if you're fucking listening, you pipsqueak, go fuck yourself, all right? How's that? I'm yeah, just saying, uh, man, because no shit. So if you're listening outside of Canada, if you're listening outside of Canada, please uh, tweet out to the Canadian government and to, you know, your, the people who know you, to your audience, go ahead and tweet out to them and just, like, please bring some awareness to what's happening in this country because it is actually starting to feel like an, like a real authoritarian, you know, kind of dictatorship here not a joke like actually starting to scare the shit out of me so please tweet and uh (laughs) bring some awareness to it um but also you can find me right here on the pwc network where we do all kinds of shows tomorrow uh or sometime later this week we'll get to uh we'll get to doing a skirmish and um <clears throat> and uh, yeah, you can find me on uh, channelattitude.com and the Humming Media Group, where we do uh, well several shows. We sort of we, we're we're the weekend crew over at channelattitude.com and the HMG. We do uh, the Smack Attack, uh, where we review SmackDown with John Enright. Uh, Jimmy and I normally will do uh, Rampage Uncaged, uh, uncensored, unfiltered, uncaged. Uh, I just that's I threw long. a couple of I no, threw a no, couple of it. things that's, up there. Okay, exactly. good, sweet. <laughs> yeah. uh, and also uh, Sunday mornings at ten o'clock in the morning. Um, after the collision, we sift through the wreckage. The wreckage, and that's usually me, Jimmy T, and the vet. Um, He's official. He's gonna be part of us, I think, for good now. He's on the show. It's his show too, god damn it. <laughs> and he'll show up whenever he goddamn well pleases. Um, uh, uh, we love you, so, man, man. Oh, that's the fucking greatest, dude. I love that. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Um, as long as the government doesn't come try to kidnap me. <laughs> but um, that's why I you live cut in the middle of nowhere. But I live yeah. in the middle of nowhere and I have guns. So don't try to come <laughs> <pick> me up. <laughs> Oh, oh man, you should warn me before you say that so I could have done the doodumch. But that was great. That was awesome, dude. <laughs> that was brilliant. Well, I can't top that off. But uh, like Todd says, vet's gonna vet. Vet, vet, vet. <laughs> no, we, oh, we like it. So it's a pleasure that he's with us, man. It's, I mean, it's, you know, fuck, it's the vet, man. Come on. But anyway. Um, if you want to follow me, you can on Twitter or sorry, the X, whatever, at DJ Mass Effects, and you can follow us at the PWC Network. Like and subscribe right here at the PWC Network.popping.com, where you can find all our shows. Heck, even give us a like and subscribe at on the YouTube channel, the Twitch channel, the Facebook channel, the Twitter channel, anywhere where the PWC is at. Give us a like and subscribe, and heck, do us a favor and give us a little review if you can, because it really helps us out with the algorithms and i want to say thank you to everybody listening and watching because you guys have really bumped up our numbers lately we couldn't thank you anymore for that man you guys are all great so we thank you for that and i think that's a wrap so oh and also did i say did i mention channelattitude.com with five bucks you get the most realest and best talk in all of wrestling as chris alluded to earlier which is 
You know, the wreckage, the fucking uncaged, and the smack attack. Five bucks is all you need, man. It's cheaper than a cup of coffee these days. So, I mean, hey, can't go wrong with five bucks. Also, hummingmidigroup.popping.com, where you can get all our affiliate shows. And that's that. It's a wrap. So, in saying that, I am Jimmy T. That is Chris Ams, and you've been listening and watching the PWC Wrestle Dream review show right here on the PWC Network. And we're out. Peace. Ole. Ole. change of gear, nothing on my mind but the dime sack we blaze with the glaze in my eye that we find when we crave dollars and cents, a fugitive with two attempts, Jake's had no trace of the face now they drew a print, though I'm innocent, to proving guilty, I'ma try to get filthy, purchase a club and start up a realty, for real G, I'ma fulfill my dream, if I conceal my scheme then precisely I build my cream the first trip without the click, sent the bitch with the quarter brick, this is it fresh face, NY place got a crooked eye for the Jake's I want it all, armor on bins and endless papes God's sake, what a nigga gotta do to make a half a million Without the FBI catching feelings Street dreams are made of these Niggas push beamers in 300 keys A drug dealer's destiny is reaching the keys Everybody's looking for something Street dreams are made of these Shorties on their knees for niggas with big cheese Who am I to See the cat, 25 to flat, pushed a thousand feet back Holding cats wasn't making me fat Snitches on my back, living with moms Getting it on, flushing crack down the toilet Two sips from being alcoholic 999,000 from being rich But now I'm all for it My man saw it like Dion Warwick A wiser team for a wiser dream We could all score with The cartel, Argentina, cope with the Nina Up in the hotel, smoking on Sesamina Trina got the fish scale between her The way the bitch shook her ass Show the dogs never seen her She got me back, living sweeter Fresh Caesar, guess David Robinson's Wally Moccasins, bitch Blow me while I'm hopping in the drop top PM. Word is born, son. I had that bitch down on my shit like this. Street dreams are made of these. Niggas push beamers in 300 keys. A drug dealer's destiny is reaching the keys. Everybody's looking for something. Street dreams are made of these. Shorties on their knees for niggas with big cheese. Who am I to Everybody's looking for something. Growing up, project struck. Looking for luck, dreaming, scoping at large niggas beaming. Check what I'm seeing. Cars, ghetto stars, pushing ill Europeans. Gian, heard about them old timers ODing. Young, early 80s, throwing rocks at the crazy lady. Worshipping every word the rope rocking niggas gave me. The street raised me up, giving a fuck. I thought Jordan's in the gold chain was living it up. I knew the dopes, the pushers, the addicts, everybody. Cut out of class just to smoke blunts and drink naughty. Ain't that funny? Getting put on the crack money with all the gunplay, painting the kettle black. Hungry, a case of beers in the staircase. I wasted years. Some niggas went for theirs, flipping coke as they career. But I'm a rebel, stressing to pull out of the heat, no doubt. With Jeeps trended out, spinning, never holding out. Street dreams are made of these. Niggas push beamers in 300 keys. A drug dealer's destiny is reaching the keys. Everybody's looking for something.
Let's hear it for the newest member of the AEW roster, Mr. Adam Copeland. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you for having me. So, so what's new? <laughs> Sorry, I went for the obvious. This is going to be excellent. Well, I'd like to begin uh, by welcoming Adam to AEW. And I thought it was a great show tonight. Thank you, everybody, for being here tonight at AEW Wrestle Dream. Uh, it was an amazing event. Thanks to all of you. And I'd like to announce Adam Copeland has officially signed with AEW. Yeah. Congrats on being all elite. And something I'm really excited about, uh, something that I think is going to set this apart, and uh, something that got me even more excited uh, about Adam being here is this is full time. Adam's going to be with us every week. He's going to wrestle. He's a full time part of the AEW roster. I think it's going to be a long time since anybody's seen Adam Copeland wrestle uh, as much in it and at the level he's been in AEW. He's already been doing great stuff. He's wrestling at the highest level in recent years, but he's going to be here on a weekly basis. And it's something I'm so excited about because that's great news for us in AEW. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. I um, part of coming here is that I wanted to contribute. Um, I, uh, I wanted to help and I just felt like here I'd really be able to do that and have the opportunity to do that. And I look at an entire fresh roster of faces and, and so many talent that I've never laid hands on before. And that, that to me, as a person who is, uh, driven by challenges, that for me was the biggest thing. Like I've never been in a ring with Samoa Joe. I've never stood in a ring with Sting before tonight. After 31 years in the industry, that's never happened. Um, and then I see a guy like Nick Wayne or I see Swerve. There's, there's just so many possibilities here. And for me at this stage of my career, that is so enticing. That is so exciting. That is so, uh, you know, I, I said it out there <clears throat> after the fact, when I came back out there tonight, I felt free. I, I, that's just the word that, that like I, I felt free and it felt fun. And I felt almost like the same feeling I would have when I'd, I'd come out for my indie shows, you know, back when I was either Adam Impact or Sexton Hardcastle or something. And it was this brand new thing that I always wanted to do. And, and, and that feeling, I felt it out there tonight. And that, at this stage of my career, to feel that, that's special. That's, uh, man, like, come on, 31 years in and to feel that way, that, that's a gift. And this is all I ever wanted to do. And this feels like an opportunity to come in and not just come in every three months. I haven't be there every week. You know, I'm a, I'm a full-time guy and uh, I want to do that for as long as that is possible because I feel like that's how I can help the most. And um, more than anything, that's, that's what I'm here to do. It's great news. And uh, in, in even more great news, uh, we're going to hear from Adam Copeland, the Rated R Superstar, for the first time ever on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday night. Perfect way to begin a new era and to celebrate the fourth anniversary of AEW Dynamite. So I'm really excited to have you uh, this Wednesday in Stockton on Dynamite for the first time ever. Yeah, I'll give the mission statement uh, and kind of uh, explain uh, what happened tonight and um and what my thought process was there because there was a, a lot of different things going on emotionally out there tonight. Um, hey, Keith, how you doing? Good to see you. It's been a while. Um, yeah, man, like if you can't tell, I, I'm pretty excited and I feel like a little kid again. And uh, this is the best gig in the world. It, it really is. I'm a kid from Southern Ontario and this is all I ever wanted to do. And if you had told me that 
98% of what would happen to me throughout my career would happen. I'd say, you're crazy. Well, throw this onto the list and at the top of the list now, because my God, it just, uh, man, I just, I can't tell you how excited and, and even just, so I'll tell you a story. Uh, Friday, I fly here Friday, right? And uh, I call Darby and I'm like, hey, Darby, you're a Seattle guy, right? So I want to get a muscle car. And do you got any cool sites that we could shoot? So we just went and gorilla shot Friday night from like nine to midnight. And I'm hanging out of the back of an SUV, holding the cameraman while this muscle car is going 50 miles an hour down gum alley. Was it gum alley? with all the gum, which was disgusting and awesome at the same time. And I'm just like, I'm hanging out of an SUV holding the cameraman and I'm just cackling at 49 years old. Like, this is amazing. What, what are we doing? This is awesome. And again, back to that word, just free. Sorry, verbal diarrhea. It's great. That's amazing. And uh, I, I love seeing you like this. I'm so glad you're happy to be here and you're jumping right into the fire. Not only are you uh, going to be making your first ever appearance on Dynamite this Wednesday, but then the following week, uh, first of all, you're also coming to Collision, I believe, in Utah yes. on the 7th. So he's working both shows this week. We're going to see uh, Adam Copeland, the Rated R Superstar, Wednesday night, Dynamite in Stockton for the first time ever. And we'll see him for the first time ever on Collision this Saturday. And then the following week, Dynamite is actually going to be on Tuesday, October 10th, for Title Tuesday. It's my birthday. It's going to be a great event. We're going to have a great time. I'm very excited about it. And I got the greatest birthday present in the world because the newest member of the AEW roster, the Rated R superstar, Mr. Adam Copeland, has requested a match on October 10th in Kansas City. And uh, we got a little preview of that action tonight. On Wrestle Dream, based on your request, it's going to be Adam Copeland, the Rated R Superstar, versus Luchasaurus on Tuesday, October 10th in Kansas City. And Luchasaurus is a multiple-time champion, one of the toughest wrestlers in AEW. It's going to be a great debut match for you. It, it, it'll be hard. Um, <laughs> but I, I've, uh, I will say Luchasaurus is a guy that I always saw and uh, saw so much potential and, and what he brings to the table. Um, it's also kind of jumping into the deep end of the pool, but that's that's what I do. It's awesome. It's so great. <laughs> and uh, and we can take some questions, Mandy, if you want to. All right, thank we you. We get one from both of you. Okay, great. <laughs> um, lyrics went monthly peer, so. So compared to a lot of your other peers um, from your generation, you've spent most of your career in one company. Yep. So now that you're in AEW, what are one or two of those bucket list items that you're looking to accomplish, whether it's an opponent or a match type? What's something that you're really excited to do? You know, when I talked to Tony, I said, just in looking at the roster very quickly, like there's 14 names. I mean, that's just from a quick little cursory glance. But like I said, I mean, I've never faced Samoa Joe. That's really exciting to me. I've never faced or been in the same ring as John Moxley. Highly interesting to me. Claudio, never been in the ring. Like, There's so many different talent here that I have a lot of respect for, and I'd really like to, to feel what that is. Um, Kenny Omega. Like, that's never happened. I just met him. We'd never met before, you know. Um, there, there's a lot here 
um, to see and to, to challenge myself with. And again, that's my entire life has been built on challenges. So to, to look at that, Oh God, a guy like me, that's just, that's a steak dinner waiting to be eaten. Emily May with Sports Heater Wrestling. Hi. So everyone was so excited, the fan reaction to have you debut tonight. And what I would love to know is how did these conversations begin? And what can we look forward to, not only perhaps in ring, but also will you be helping out backstage perhaps in developing AW talent or creating storylines? Um, I, I, I've always been a, a person that enjoys that process in terms of being heavily involved in the creative process and the direction of storylines, helping add little things. But those little things, when you put them together, they start to weigh a lot. Um, I love that. I love detail, um, attention to detail and, and just the little nuances. I, I love that. Uh, you know, I watch movies and I just, uh, oh, why'd they make that choice? I used to follow directors around and they'd be so annoyed. I'm like, why are you making that choice? Why are we turning around here? Why are we getting this angle? I'd go to the DOP, go, well, what's going on here? What's going on with this lighting? I'm just fascinated. Um, it's part of why I fell in love with this industry uh, is the storytelling element of it. You know, it, it's a form of art. And that's how I've always looked at it. And now it's an even more nuanced form of art uh, because it's such more, it's so much more detailed and the audience is so much more intelligent. So you have to work to that intelligence. And I absolutely plan to be helping out whoever wants help. Whoever comes and talks to me, I am an open book. Um, and my 31 years of experience, if you want to tap into that, I am always, I'm a phone call, I'm a text, I'm a come talk to me face to face away. That's always been how I've been. Um, so, you know, there, there were guys like I had a group of seven people and I'd FaceTime with them an hour a day to help them find their voice in promos. I love doing that stuff. Um, so that's part of what I think I bring to the table when when I come here. And uh, and honestly, that, that was one of the things, one of the really pivotal things beside my daughter telling me that I should go be with Uncle Jay and have fun, um, that I thought I could really try and help here and in turn that helps the entire wrestling industry which is the thing that i just love uh second behind my my wife and my kids we can do a few more i think yeah i'm on a roll yeah he's on fire <laughs> hello again hello uh, again keith, keith elliott greenberg with inside the ropes magazine you mentioned that you were here friday night now there's a lot of people in this room who i think had there been an Adam Copeland sighting, they would not have been able to contain themselves from tweeting about it. How did you manage to keep yourself scarce? <laughs> oh man, I was sequestered. I, I sequestered myself in a hotel room. Um, so we're, we're, I mean, we were in some sketchy neighborhoods. Like Darby took us to some, some sketchy places. Like ain't nobody here going to worry about like Adam Copeland being here kind of thing. Right. So, um, nobody saw us. And then I, uh, I went to my hotel room and I just like sneak out to get food. And this one kid, bless his heart. I'm at this burger joint and I just really wanted a cheeseburger. 
because I hadn't eaten for 14 hours. And I was like, I just, I just want to get a cheeseburger. So I'm in there and I'm sitting there, I'm reading my book because I bring a book everywhere when I eat. And I looked up and he went, oh, I went, okay, okay. And that was it. That was the, the only time that I had that encounter because the rest of the time I was like, you know, hoodie and all that. So, um, so yeah, that's what, that's what happened. I was out in Redmond. Hi, my name is Amanda from WrestleTalk.com. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good. You sound excited. I am. <laughs> um, so I've been authorized to ask this question. Um, I'm not asking anything about contracts or anything of the like, but my favorite version of Adam Copeland is when he's with his lovely wife. Is there any chance that we might see you together here? Or is that something that you'd like to do in the future again? I mean, anytime I get to to be close to Beth, obviously I'm gonna, you know, be pretty, like super excited about that. I, I don't know about the possibilities of that in the foreseeable, um, but I, you know, I just I love being around her, obviously, um, and uh, and and we've had a blast when we did get to work together. Um, but where she will be uh, instrumental without anyone knowing it is she's my sounding board. So if you've seen me do something or you see something that you think worked, it was always bounced off Beth. And then she always gives me better ideas back. Um, it's kind of amazing to be married to a Hall of Famer. It's pretty cool. Who can suplex you? <laughs> That's great. Maybe one more, I think. Oh, you got hosed, man. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Kevin Deers with Defy Wrestling. Uh, so the song that you came out to tonight, iconic song. Yeah. Um, why was that important for you to come out to that as opposed to a new theme? And was it difficult to secure that? Do you own the rights to that, etc.? Uh, uh, so Alter Bridge are my friends. Uh, Mark Tremonti, who wrote the song, is a very good friend. Um, so that that song's with me wherever I go, um, and that was very important to me. To me, uh, I've always been very musically motivated and, and I think it sets the tone for a character and it also sets the tone for Adam to get in that place. And that music from the first time I heard it in, in Mark's house, after I dropped a beer in his foyer, um, after just meeting him, uh, <laughs> he played that for me with his scratch lyrics on it. and. I, I was out with a neck injury. I was like, can I have that song? He was like, absolutely, dude. And we just met. And 20 years later, here we are. And I called Mark and I said, hey, what do you think? He was absolutely, absolutely, dude. That answer is not going to change. And that was really, really pivotal, important to me because it, it would have felt weird coming out to something else. Thank you very much. Yeah. Really Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thank you, man. Thank you again, Adam. Thanks. I had a football game at 6.30 in the morning, so I mean, it's a good start to the day. And at Wembley Stadium, no less. So we've, uh, we've had a great start to the scrum. And uh, now we'll uh, have several other great top stars from AEW joining us, but it was great to be joined for the first time ever by the newest member of the AEW roster, the rated our superstar, Adam Copeland. It's a great pay-per-view tonight, Wrestle Dream, and it got off to a great start, I thought, and just kept going. I thought we never slowed down. It's 
one of my favorite events. And as I said, we were off to a great start and it started with an amazing tag team title defense from a great champion. Here he is. Jewish Ultimo Dragon. Hold on. Yeah. Way too many belts. <laughs> oh my God. They're very heavy. Okay. That's what I'm doing with them. Okay. Um, right off the whip, I just wanted to say something very quick, very quickly. Um, let's have a conversation. Uh, you said that the match was incredible, but it was a gimmick match. And I would like to, no, 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 I didn't tell you to speak. Uh, very quickly, here's what I'm going to say. I feel professional wrestling for an incredibly long time went south, in my opinion. I think people decided that they needed to absolutely murder themselves or their opponents, not even considering trying to get a win. All they were considering was trying to get a cheap pop or a cheap reaction. Uh, what I'm trying to do is bring back a flavor of ice cream that I love and dare I say is just as much professional wrestling as most certainly is not a gimmick. And that is to make people so emotionally invested in the person that is inside the squared circle that if they hit a body slam or a headlock takeover or a kangaroo kick, it gets just as loud of a reaction as Darby Allen getting thrown onto the steel stairs, which was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I am not faulting you. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. All I am simply saying is nothing I do is a gimmick. Um, I believe that professional wrestling in all shapes and sizes is important and it's all different flavors of ice cream. But I also believe to me, from my two cents, if you can do what I do and get that reaction, I think it's much harder actually than doing a triple indie, whatever the fuck. Obviously they're gonna clap, it's insane. Uh, can you make them absolutely freak out and have a damn near panic attack when you do little to nothing? To me, that is professional wrestling. And everybody's thoughts on what pro wrestling is is different. And I am really, 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 really proud of all of the flavors of ice cream that we showed on tonight's card. I think this is quite possibly one of, if not the best pay-per-views we've ever done. And what's absolutely insane is, first of all, beyond proud that I get to say that I'm the AEW world champion, there's no grandest prize in the sport. But to be able to say that and be the top dog when this roster is quite frankly, an embarrassment of riches is insane. Um, it is. It was absolutely insane the amount of just, in, listen, uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm a company guy, but what I will say is I'm, I'm a pro wrestler um, and I care about pro wrestling uh, and I'm definitely pro wrestlers first kind of guy. And I feel like AEW as a locker room has never been healthier, never been better, never been more talented, never been more driven, and never been more hungry. And like I said, I'm proud to be a leader of that. That's awesome. I love you, Brian. You're going to be okay. Everybody tell Brian he's going to be okay. Thank you, guys. Okay. Hi, I'm Jeff Mark Hoke, Mark Hoke Show, Kate on 101.5 Las Vegas. Good to see you again, sir. Good to see you, Tubby. How you doing? Good, good. Oh, we're going to keep going. It's all well, good. Listen, man, once you lose the weight, I'll stop saying it. Fair but, enough. But what is the question? Fair enough. How much fun are you having now that you've kind of gone away from being the mean guy and actually seen it like you're You went away from being a mean guy? Hold <laughs> <laughs> oh, on. Tony, geez, Louise. Uh, um, you know... I honestly don't think the, the messed up thing is I really haven't changed at all. 
Um, I think what has occurred is just a shift in uh, general public opinion on who I am. Before I was a scumbag, now I'm their scumbag. Um, and I'm still getting used to that. You know, um, pretty much everything that I do in that squared circle is to get a win. Um, and when I used to do a lot of the things that I did here tonight, it normally would get booze that would drown out like my own like brain function and like my ears would bleed. And now I am getting just as loud a reaction. My ears are still bleeding, but on the exact opposite end of the spectrum. Am I having fun? I'm learning to have fun with it. Um, I struggle with accepting, this is going to sound a little hokey, but I struggle with accepting love. I honestly always have. I've gotten screwed over so many times in my life, so many different ways by so many different people. Uh, I can sit here for an hour and explain all the horrible things that have happened to me in the short period of time I've been on this earth. But if there's one thing that I learned, honestly, from Adam Cole, it's that I can start letting my guard down a little bit. And I am the biggest narcissist you'll ever meet. And I own that. So when I hear people chant my name, it really gets me chubbed up. So I'm having a blast. Yeah. Got a few more questions. Hi, Kate from Fightful. Hello, Kate. Congratulations on your title defense today. Titles defense today. Yeah, right. Sure. Uh, <laughs> this is sincerely the most um, in ring that we've seen you over this stretch. I just was wondering kind of how that feels to be. My body hurts. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I am not used to wrestling this much. Uh, frankly, uh, he knows I hate wrestling this much, but uh, it's uh, it does numbers. It helps, uh, you know, it helps Adam most importantly. I know how important these tag titles were to him. If it weren't for Adam, no offense, Tony, not that I really care, but I most certainly would have been in Seattle tonight. Um, I probably would have just had my feet up and watched it from home. And boy, would I have had a fun time watching it because the show is insane. Holy shit. The show was fucking insane. I really, I don't think there was one match that missed tonight. It was crazy. But um, yeah, to answer your question, you know, I'm just starting to get over my neck injury. Um, my back's kind of all gross and cracky right now. Um, but I wear that all with a badge of honor because I know I'm doing it for my boy. So I'm cool with it. Hi, I'm Mark Horeshi, Real Take Wrestling. So going from one Adam to another, tonight, uh, Adam Copeland made his AEW debut. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, and is he someone you're looking forward to facing in the ring? I think he's another guy that's coming into my company that wants my spot, and he's got another fucking thing coming if he thinks he's going to take it. Great sign, though. Gr good job, Tony. Thank you. I'm proud of you. you. Um, no, but in all sincerity... First ballot Hall of Famer, incredible professional wrestler. Um, I don't care. I'm just going to say it. I think bell to bell right now, we have like one of the best professional wrestling rosters ever in the history of the sport. It's, it's, it's fucking insane. Um, holy shit. MJF, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, John Moxley, um, Will Ospreay, uh, when he's around, British schmuck. Um, Darby Allen, Christian Cage, Edge, Malachi Black, whoa, whoa, whoa. Adam Copeland, Malachi Black, um, Miro, Will Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Claudio Casagnoli, Eddie Kingston. I mean, and I'm not even naming it. It's in, it's it's messed up. It's messed up. And uh, like I said, again, I couldn't be prouder to be at the top of the mountain when you have a roster like this. So.
All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Jim. Oh, it's Sean. Thanks, Sean. Good to see you, Sean. Thanks, Sean. And we just had the AEW World Champion, also the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion co-holder. And speaking of AEW World Champions, in a moment, we're going to be joined by two former AEW world champions, two of the greatest wrestlers in the world, the Golden Jets. So um, Kenny and I for a while have thought about like maybe at some point teaming up. So I copyrighted a name just in case you want to use it, which is the Golden Jets. I'm sure you read about it. Somebody stooges off anything I copyright. The Golden Jets is obviously a uh, take on the Golden Lovers, but also the Golden Jet is Bobby Hull, the greatest Winnipeg Jet of all time. Of course, we're from Winnipeg. So if you see the Golden Jets at some point, that's the reason why. That's awesome. It's a great match tonight. Uh, and we've got questions now for Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Hi, Kate from Fightful. Um, congratulations on such a successful show tonight, and happy birthday, Tony! By the way. Oh no, no, <laughs> so we got a couple. We got a, a couple weeks. It's uh, Title Tuesday. Oh, Title Tuesday! I'll be there <laughs> time. So, but he's got a, a birthday this month too. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, both Keep of you having raps. no one's supposed to know that stuff. <laughs> both of you having um, such important ties to New Japan. I just wanted your thoughts on being able to foster such a successful show tonight, and what it meant to do an Antonio Inoki tribute show on the anniversary of his passing. Chris, if you, if you well, um, <laughs> the times that I met Inoki, he tried to hypnotize me, and I was told just to go with it because that was his thing that he was going through at the time. So he had to pretend like you, like, okay, when he snaps his fingers, he's like, I am a dog, I am a ghost, whatever. Uh, but Inoki, obviously, a huge legend, and I think it was a great idea that Tony had to do this uh, pay per view tonight. Great, great show. One of our, all of our pay-per-views are always so great, but I thought tonight's was really, really amazing. And I like the fact that like, it was an Anoki themed honored honoring show, but it wasn't like the same as, um, like forbidden door, like it was forbidden very door. Different, it was different yeah. from that. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was great and obviously a great finish. I thought we had a great match. I think it's been a great couple of days for Kenny and I to kind of tell the story that we're starting to get into now. So I really enjoyed it all across the board. Yeah, I felt that it was really nice to have full representation of not only our style, our in-house style in AEW, but they saw a real smorgasbord of all wrestling styles. I mean, there was um, definitely a, a vast difference in stylistically between what Brian Danielson did with Zack Sabre Jr. to what we did in our match in, and then what they did in the main event as well. So I always felt like ideally if if we can run a variety pro wrestling show where everything is entertaining but everything is different then there will probably be more people leaving the show satisfied than not so for us to do what we did today with a lot of international superstars and all for the memory of antonio noki who is very culturally um significant to 
J Japanese culture and even the wrestling culture, um, it, was, it, I, it felt like just such a great success. So I was glad to be a part of it. Hi guys, I'm Mark Hoke, Mark Hoke Show in uh, 101.5 Las Vegas. Uh, guys, Adam Copeland shows up tonight, and a few years ago, you guys took a chance on AEW, and now you see him come in here as well. What are your th What are you thinking about the roster and seeing him show up tonight? I mean, I, I always love seeing you know a, a big name like Adam coming to AEW because if you look, I mean, the three of us at this table have been here since day one prior to day one we made day one happen so and it was such a big risk because no one knew what aw was going to be we didn't have tv at the time no. we had no idea but we thought we we wanted to take a chance because we believed in what tony was believing in and what we could do and so i think after the first couple of years especially when the pandemic was over to see all the names that came in it's like we paved the way and let people know it's safe to come here and it's great to come here and I've known Adam since 1995. Like he loves wrestling, and sometimes in other places, that love of wrestling kind of gets squashed and warped a bit. Maybe it's not like that here in AEW. And I think once again, like when some of the other guys came, like FTR and Adam Cole and those types of guys, they couldn't believe just the difference and just the whole vibe of what we have here. And I think just talking with Adam and seeing him come out of the the ring. He's super stoked and super excited and super motivated. And when you're motivated, that's when great wrestlers become even better and even more legendary. And he's already a great wrestler. Like Max said, he's a first-round Hall of Famer. But now that he's motivated again, like I think we're going to see maybe some of the best work Adam Copeland's ever done uh, now here in AEW. Oh, oh, I think uh, Chris. Oh, uh, it's, it's, Kenny, Kenny didn't. Get I mean, I can I can speak towards it, but but uh, what what I would say, I mean, just is just as someone who grew up watching Edge on on different programming, um, it's uh, it, it's really cool to see someone come into our locker room with such a positive. Um, his demeanor was incredible backstage and you can I tell. got to see the first meeting between Kenny Omega and Adam yeah. Copeland tonight it was very cool right and um you know to for us us younger guys who maybe haven't had experience uh over in WWE to meet him for the first time and see that someone who is here very much motivated willing to contribute and to put their best foot forward and to, to probably do something that he has not done yet in his career so he's, he's standing out of he's stepping out of his comfort zone he's willing to do things that he's never done before and he's willing to do with us and with a bunch of young guys some guys that again that he's known in his past like chris jericho but you know people like myself or mjf or people that he's never known or never met in person um so i can imagine that it's probably a very exciting time for him and most importantly it's exciting for the fans so i really love that there's this variation where now you're going to see all these fresh matchups and mm -hmm. potential feuds and angles from here on in um with adam copeland so it's uh it's exciting time uh for all of us in the locker room but also exciting for the fans and that's the part that makes me the most happy lyrics once monthly peer so chris jericho you have appeared this year in pwg um, Rev Pro, and it was recently announced that you will be going to DDT to face Kanosuke Takeshita. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, this crazy run of going places that you've never been before? And for Kenny, um, yeah. I know that 
earlier this year, you faced Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom, and obviously um, you lost him at Forbidden Door. So can we expect to see you back in New Japan or possibly making a return to DDT at any time? Uh, I can start. If you, um, I'm sure you well, have to, go to, for me, it. to me, like, I think since AEW started, like I had kind of a pact with myself that I wouldn't work anywhere other than for Vince. And then when the New Japan opportunity to work with Kenny came up, that was like a whole new world. And then when we started AEW with Tony, then suddenly like there's so many cool places to go and work. I've never been to PWG and I always kind of thought, what is it all about? And it was just, just the perfect night with Danny Garcia bringing the Jericho Appreciation Society in there. Great surprise for the fans attacking Osprey in London at Rev Pro. Great surprise for the fans. Um, Lights go out when, when Takesha's in the ring at Corican Hall last week and Jericho video comes up. It's a surprise for the fans. I like doing cool things that keep people um, excited about what I'm doing and keep people uh, entertained and doing things that nobody else expects. I've kind of really made a name for that. So yeah, I'm excited to work with DDT. Tony obviously gave me his blessing. I want to go back to Japan. I mean, Kenny and I had such a great run in New Japan. Between the two of us, we headlined three Tokyo Domes yeah. three years in a row. Something I did, like he did two, I did two, and we co And I missed that. The pandemic kind of screwed that up. So I'm really excited to go back to Japan. I mean, my first tour, I was 20 years old, 1991. So anytime I get a chance to go there, especially against the talent like Kanosuke Takeshita, one of our greatest wrestlers here in AEW right now. So to be in his home, his home turf, so to speak, with a new company, and I've been to the Sumo Arena probably, I don't know, three dozen times at this point, but I'm really looking forward to that as well. Speaking of uh, Takeshita and big matches, uh, we spoke earlier before I came in here, you requested a match for right. this Wednesday in Stockton, California, coming out of tonight, and it sounds like a great match, so I'm going to book the match, and it's going to be Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega versus Konsuke Takeshita and Sammy Guevara this Wednesday on Wednesday Night Dynamite. I thought the match tonight was excellent, and I look forward to a great tag team match this Wednesday to celebrate the four-year anniversary of Wednesday Night Dynamite. Very fitting to me that on the very first episode of Dynamite, you two are on opposite sides, <laughs> and, and you and Sammy, of course, aligned that night on the first episode. And here That's we right. are. You two are together. Takeshita, someone you brought into AEW standing opposite you, and Sammy Guevara, someone you brought into AEW standing opposite yeah, you. True, yeah. And it's a bitter rivalry. should be a great match to celebrate four years of Dynamite that you've both been a part of every step of the way. Yeah, I'm excited for that match, and um, I do think it's fitting as well. I I really feel that you know we've got something special here, Chris. You know the chemistry we have between yeah. one another, um, and I never would have thought that <laughs> that'd be possible. I always thought that my my greatest magic would be standing uh, opposite from you, but it seems that when we're on the same side, we've got some sort of je ne sais quoi. Winnipeg, man. Yeah, that's, that's got to be what Winnipeg it is. Winnipeg in the yeah. ice and snow and not have some sort of a connection. That's right. <laughs> but to, uh, to answer your question, um, Japan, of course, is like a second home to me. So there's always like a it's a feeling of like longing um, when, I, when I haven't been there for a long time. I, I try to get out when I can and I try to have some sort of business connection to it as much as I can. Of course, I still have friends there, um, people that I regard almost as like distant family members. And um, my time in New Japan too, it's, it's, it was some of the greatest moments of my life and uh, some of the most proudest work of my life. And uh, like Chris had said, um, between the two of us, I think we did three Tokyo main events each um, in, a, in a span of three years, or mm -hmm. three or four yeah, years yeah, it was. Yeah. So 
you know, the match catalog is there. It's, it's work that I can always look back at fondly, um, relationships and stuff that I can look back at as very fond memories. And I've luckily been able to bring some of that back here to AEW, and I'm glad we can see Ibushi here. Um, I'm glad that now that AEW is its own sort of existence, you know, I'm able to go back not only for New Japan, but there are opportunities as well, just like Chris, to go back to DDT. Again, that's, that's the first promotion that took a chance on me. And that was the first place to to accept me as me, and they allowed me they they allowed me the conduit um, for my own creative freedom and to kind of design and create this Kenny Omega character, which then evolved into the Cleaner, which then evolved into the Best Belt Machine, and all that sort of stuff. So I mean, it was a great starting block to to really build on myself. And then again, when it was time to see when it when it when it felt like I had sort of grown. When I felt that there was stones left unturned, when it was time to take a chance again on myself, uh, it allowed me to build up the confidence to really believe in myself and in Tony and in Chris and in AEW. And thus, you know, we've created something pretty wonderful that people, again, like Adam Copeland believes in as well. So um, again, I'm, I'm very proud of my time there, but I'm also proud that it was able to lead into uh, something that I'm, I'm very proud of here. So um, will, will I be willing to go back? Do I hope to go back? Of course, all the time, every year. Um, but first and foremost, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to do what I can uh, for the incredible athletes and superstars that are here in AEW today. Uh, Nick Hart from uh, Bodyslam.net. I was curious about when it comes to Ibushi, um, you know, there was a long time where you guys weren't able to wrestle together. Yeah. Um, and I feel like every interview with you guys, people were asking about them. So now that you've wrestled with him a couple times, mm. um, I just want to get your thoughts on how that's been and if we can expect to see more of him in AEW. Um, I, I believe it's definitely a safe bet to say he will be back. Um, you know, Ibushi and I, we've, we've really gone through the ringer. We've been tossed into the meat grinder. We've... Part of the reason why I was really motivated to go to DDT in the first place was because of Cody Ibushi. I really felt attracted to his style, and I'd really felt attracted to his outlook on professional wrestling. Um, so we have really done everything that we could to just leave it all out there, and we've broken ourselves over and over and over and over and over again just to build ourselves back up to break each other down again. So I really feel like when there was no one else around us in our pursuit of our own personal best, we were each other's shoulders to cry on. And it really, um, it really means a lot that now after all this time apart that we can in our, in our current old man broken states that we can, you know, still be there to support each other, still train together for these matches and then still be able to go in front of a packed house in front of, well, with, with people like Chris, you know, um, as our partner and, Make a little, yeah, and make and make a little more magic. Yeah, you know, he had as, a great time, and I, he kept saying thank you during the match. Thank you. You like? Okay. Yeah, man. We're only ten minutes in. <laughs> so it's, I just, yeah. So I mean, I I feel like it's just we're making up for a lot of lost time, and uh, but it, it's it's just great that not only, you know, the the friendship, of course, and and the relationship, the personal relationship, but will never die. That won't be a thing. But to be in a professional environment with him again is is. Um, it's just great. I love being able to travel on the road with him again and train with him again and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's wonderful. So I, I think it's probably safe to say he'll be, he'll be back. Yes. 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 Great. Safe. Great. Safe. Yeah. Thanks to you. Yeah. 
Kevin Deers with Defy Wrestling. Uh, so I had a question for both Chris and for Kenny. Um, we've seen MJF was talking about how there was an embarrassment of riches with this insanely stacked roster. Um, you know, we we just saw we're seeing the rise of Swerve right now. There's there's people that are really rising up. And um, if each of you could maybe pinpoint one wrestler that you know might not be getting the title shots these days, but whether you are taking them under your wing or you're just keeping your eye on them. Who's one wrestler in the locker room that you think uh, has a bright future? I mean, I think there's so many wrestlers that have a bright future. That's one of the things that we, we concentrated on from day one was building yeah. as many homegrown AEW stars as we could because you couldn't just have Chris Jericho do it every night or Kenny Omega. And I think we've done such a great job. Look at tonight, Darby Allen in the main event, you know. Um, it's the same reason why why the inner circle was started and why the Jericho Appreciation Society was started. And we've got stories going with a lot of these guys. I think one of the, if I have to pick one, I think one of the guys that we're going to be focusing on that that's going to be part of some of the stories upcoming is Danny Garcia. I think he's got something very special. I didn't know at first anything really about him. And when Tony and I put together the JAS, I was like, all right, well, the story dictates it. Let's, as we started working together, fuck, he's good, man. He's another guy who's only 22 or 23. And wrestling is fine. You guys know my opinion on matches are great, but his character, his understanding of the business, his willingness to do whatever needs to be done to get to the next level, that's what wrestling is, you know? And he's got that. So I'm really looking forward to, to expanding his role here in AEW in the best possible way with the stories that we're telling. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it's it's odd that you brought up Big Big Swerve's name as as the first name yeah. in, in a long list of incredible talented performers that we have backstage. And I've always been a huge Swerve fan, and uh, I remember just making a point in many after many of his performances to kind of you know tap him on the shoulder and go like, "Dude, like, yeah. what you did out there was really incredible tonight. Like, I don't know if you need to hear it from me. Like, it's probably not. <laughs> don't feel feel free to not paying attention to me. But if it doesn't mean anything, like I, I think you're great, and I really hope that we can do something at some point down the line in the future. And um, you know, he's just again a real humble dude, um, yeah. always willing to do what's what's right. He's um, got a great attitude, and clearly, if you saw his performance today and seen his performances lately, he's a guy that works very very hard. Mm -hmm. You'll never feel like you've been slighted or you never got your money's worth. Um, he and again, knows who he is as a character. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I mean, like there 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 are a slew of talents who who understand the business and will always do what's asked of them, no questions asked. And there are guys like you know Butcher Blade, Kip Sabian, who show up every single week and they're doing the right thing. And when they show when they when they have their entrance and they come out, I see like these guys look like wrestlers. These guys look like ass kickers. And then they go out and maybe they won't win. You know, maybe they won't. But they understand how the business works, how it operates, and they're always the guys that we can count on. We have a, a, an incredible roster of people we can count on. And again, um, as as a huge um, fan of women's wrestling, of course, anytime the women can can show out, yeah, I'm super happy for it. Like recently, we've seen Julia really Fuck, step she into did her great own. tonight. Yeah, she's Julia just Hart looking great. incredible. She's performing incredibly well, um, feeling more comfortable in her own skin. Uh, the character work has been impeccable. Uh, looks more comfortable in the ring too. So when I see things like that, it just brings a smile to my face. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, more people like that get more time and to be able to show what they can do because the roster that we've assembled, assembled every single one of them, if given the opportunity, can steal the show. And um, I think you're going to be surprised with. A lot of people moving forward like you said it's not always going to be the chris jericho show the kenny omega show the, the daniel bryan show uh brian danielson show thank you thank you <laughs>
It definitely won't be the Daniel Bryan one. <laughs> Ever. Probably. The Bryan Anderson one it will be. But like you said, Darby Allen in the main event. And the thing is, no one, no one looks at that card and goes, why is Darby in the main event? Right. No, they get it. Because every single one of our athletes can main event a card and it's not going to look out of place. And I'm happy to be the guy that can help show people what they're capable of. In fact, I've taken a lot of pride being that person lately um, because I think maybe even the wrestlers themselves sometimes don't want to admit their own potential. And um, But if you're kind of forcing it on, forcing the spotlight on them, they have no choice but to take the ball and run with it. And I think every single one of our guys are very capable of it. And I'm willing to back that statement 100, 1,000%. Um, I think no matter who's in the main event, no matter who works with who, uh, there's definitely potential for an incredibly um, interesting story and uh, and a lot of matchmaking opportunities. And again, as pay-per-views go on and as the shows go on, we're just seeing more and more added to the roster and uh, more potential interesting matches and dream matches uh, to, to erupt from it. Again, I mean, everyone probably already kind of creating their dream match list for, for Adam Copeland, which is great. I love seeing that. And I love people... Um, you know, having con friendly conversations with each other as to what would you like to see this person do? What would you like to see this person do next? Or who would you like to see step into the spotlight next? Um, this is all great. And I love that no two answers are ever really going to be the same. And I think that's, um, it's one of the, the biggest positives to a roster, but also it's, 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 it's tough too, because you can't, you can't always see everyone that you like. Um, but we're always going to do our best to, um, to, sh to show what we're made of. And uh, I, I just feel like you haven't really, you haven't really seen anything yet. There's, there's no way our product can ever really get stale because as soon as one person has, steps out of the spotlight or has to, you know, unfortunately injuries happen or it, you know, life happens. We have someone who's ready, willing and able to step right into that spot and they're gonna nail a home run. Um, that's one of the greatest parts of being an AEW and one of the greatest parts of when I'm not performing to be able to sit and watch the monitor and go, these guys are killing it. And that's how I feel when I watch every pay-per-view. Um, just our pay-per-views are so fun to watch. And I feel that as a fan, even when I'm on the show, I try to watch as much as possible. And maybe I should be focusing more on what we need to do in the ring. Maybe that explains my win-loss record lately. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's great to not only be able to contribute, but to be able to be a fan again in our locker room. That's awesome. I'd like to thank you both, and I'm excited for your match this Wednesday at the fourth anniversary of yes. Dynamite. We're going to celebrate four great years, thanks to both of you. Looking forward to it. Thank you very thank much, you. everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Is it cold down there? Uh-oh, can we get you guys some coffee or something? Are you be cold down there? Okay, good. Well, we'll try to heat things up now. Well, that was a great, uh, great to hear from Mr. Jericho and Mr. Omega from the first ever AEW Dynamite main event to the four-year anniversary. And speaking of main events, the winner of tonight's Wrestle Dream main event here is the TNT champion, Mr. Christian Cage. I don't need your lame applause. I know how good I am.
Questions for the champion? None. Can I go then? Hi, Mark Hoke with the Mark Hoke Show, 101.5 FM, Kate on Las Vegas. Your old friend showed up tonight. What were you thinking? I said this in the last scrum. I don't have any friends other than Luchasaurus. Was it a surprise to see him? Yes. Did I care? Not really. Doesn't change anything for me. I'm still the face of TNT. I'm still the TNT champion. I'm still the man to beat in AEW. You understand that, right? That a few short months ago, people were saying this title meant nothing. And I've taken it, and I main-evented Wrestle Dream tonight with it. I made this title. This title, in my opinion, is more prestigious than the world title, mainly because I carry it. But I think my track record speaks for itself, and I think you have to give me my flowers now. Do you not? It's Brian from the Wrestling Observer. When did you... Uh, Great, like talking to Marks. When did you first see Nick Wayne wrestle? And what were your thoughts when you saw that first match? I've never seen Nick Wayne wrestle. Never. Do you wrestle? <laughs> Thank you. Do you wrestle? No. You don't wrestle. I did back in the day. I'm sure you sucked, which is why you're here asking me questions. I wrestled his father. But what? You can, did you give a star rating tonight? Did you give me I a really cool a star, star rating? rating? I did not give a star rating. So what's the question again? I was wondering what you, what you thought when you first saw Nick Wayne wrestle. But you said you never saw him I've wrestle. never seen him wrestle. Okay. Well, thank you. I know he's a good boy, though. He is a good boy. He was a little bit lost. Yeah. But he found his way tonight. And I will guide him to greatness. I will groom him to take over one day everything that's mine. Nick is a fine boy. I see a lot of potential in him. I didn't need to see him wrestle to know how good he is. To know his potential. He's wise beyond his years, young Nick Wayne. JC from Happy Sports. Christian, you just said that you were going to mold Nick Wayne. Is it more on the other end? Are you brainwashing Nick Wayne? Brainwashing? I'm just telling Nick the truth. Nick knows the truth when he hears it. I'm a champion. I'm sitting here as the man in AEW. I'm the most talked about wrestler in this company. Why would Nick Wayne not want my guidance? Do you have an answer for that? You didn't answer my question. You didn't answer my question. You're just telling me an opinion. That, okay. Anybody have an intelligent question? Hi, Omar Q from Real Take Wrestling. Um, it's always interesting to me. Wait, wait, what was it? Omar Q from Real Take Wrestling. Okay. Sorry. Um, it's always interesting to me when wrestlers take apart the uh, mat on the ring um, and expose the wood. What was going through your mind when you decided to do that? I wanted to hurt Darby Allen. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. 
I thought you said you were going to out-wrestle him tonight. I did out-wrestle him. My hand was raised at the end. I beat him two falls to none. Isn't that the kind of stuff that he would normally do that you said uh, proves he's not a great wrestler? Did I say that? I don't remember saying that. Questions for the champ. Um, we did see uh, an old friend show up tonight, but I was wondering, as the title holder, do you have your eye set on anybody else as far as a challenger, or are you just waiting for someone to step up next? Why would I target somebody? I have the most prestigious championship in this company. People should be lining up to step in the ring with me. I'm the biggest star in this company. Just being in my presence elevates them. Of course they're going to line up and challenge me. Well, I'm not challenging anybody. I'm sure that there's a lineup out that door right now. What's up, Tony? Well, I think there is a line out the door. You're a great champion. I think it was a great main event, and I think you've proven you're a great champion. It's uh, been a short time you've held the title, uh, a matter of weeks, but in these recent weeks, I think you've uh, proven that... It's going on four months. I'm glad your timelines are in order. Okay. Well, let's have more questions for the champ. Um, lyrics when monthly pure. So when you say that AEW needs a father figure, what does that entail? There's a lot of lost souls in this company that need guidance. I feel it's my duty, my civil duty to make sure that they're guided in the right direction. And Nick Wayne, like I said, he's got a bright, bright future now. Smart boy. I noticed at the beginning of the show tonight, as we did the opening ceremony for the late great Antonio Inoki, I noticed you were watching on at the beginning of the mm -hmm. event. Yep. They lost their grandfather. He's always watching. I'm always watching. Any Didn't more questions for the great champion? It was a classic main event. It was a classic pay-per-view and uh, you've been a huge part of what I think has been the best run of AEW shows we've ever done. Uh, largely thanks to you, sir. You're welcome. All right. Well, it's uh, been a great having the champion here. Let's hear it for the TNT champion, Mr. Christian Cage. Thank you. That's why I don't use those things. Thank you. Unbelievable. He is unbelievable. And speaking of unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen, a man who yesterday had a, a birthday and tonight picked up a huge pay-per-view win. Let's hear it for Swerve. What up, turds? Uh, Sean Garrett, uh, Car 7 News. You said that Adam Page or Adam uh, Hangman Page would not know what he would be expecting tonight. Do you feel that the crowd gave what you expected tonight? They gave exactly what I expected. They played into my hand exactly like I've been setting this trap for four weeks now. I knew when we were going to have this match as soon as I spoke 
my first couple words to the man. I knew that he was going to, I knew he was, I knew that he was going to come at me in such a way that <laughs> I'm like, yo, this is easy. This is one of the, this is honestly one of the most easiest people I've ever had to manipulate in my life. Cause I knew what he needed and, and he had what I needed and that was his opportunity. And he played right in my hand. So that's that dark cloud that he was talking about. That's me now. Uh, Kevin Deers. Swerve, uh, you made quite a name for yourself here in Washington, in, in Seattle, um, before your time with AEW. Now coming to uh, Climate Pledge Arena, insane reaction for you. And almost like any other city would maybe be the opposite. What does it mean like uh, for you to wrestle here in Seattle for such a huge event? Tell me about coming back home and wrestling here in front of your hometown crowd. Well, it was honestly like the the entire city was telling the rest of the wrestling world what they've already known about me for years, that I am a star. I'm a main eventer, that this man laid out the red carpet for me on day one when I signed here, when I showed up at Revolution in Orlando. And he offered me a contract there rather than just having me come out, jump into a match and get my ass beat. No, he laid me out a full contract signing in front of everybody. And what did I say? Whose house? And what did the rest of the crowd say? Exactly what Climate Pledge did. They've been doing that for years. And we just further proved that again. Like there's gonna always keep raising the ceiling every time I break through. And then they're gonna raise it again. And then I'm going to keep raising it again and I'm going to keep shutting them down and making them look stupid. This week I was just with coach prime at Colorado. And I relate to that man so much because everybody's waiting for him to fail. Everybody's waiting for him to slip up and make the mistakes and prove them all their critics wrong, actually prove them right. But he just, he's no matter what he he's already winning. He's already winning. He's already beat everybody because they can't stop talking about him. They can't stop. They, the media doesn't even move in college sports without his name being in the circle. And that's what my name is going to start doing in pro wrestling. You don't mention AEW without hearing Swerve involved in that. You don't make a top 15, 20 bullshit list without Swerve being involved. And if you do leave me out, I make you look dumb over and over and over and over again. Hangman Page was honestly, like I said, this past week, it didn't have to be Hangman Page. It wasn't about Hangman Page. It was about whoever was holding that spot. It just happened to be Hangman Page. And he had to pay for it and be the lab rat in this experiment tonight. Nick Hart from Body Slam. Um, you wrestled in this area for a long time and know a lot of the talent in this area. Is there anyone you're interested in trying to bring onto your team here in AW? Oh man. Well, Nick Wayne found his way here, <laughs> you know, that wasn't my doing, you know, that was Darby Allen's doing. Was it too soon for him? Maybe, 
but he was in the main event tonight, so he may be showing me something that I don't know. Um, I'm not. You know what I'm going to do? I'm not even going to tell you. I'm not even going to tell you who, sh who should be the next one up from this area. How about y'all do y'all research and do y'all jobs and y'all go find out? How about y'all show up to the Defy? How about y'all show up to these Seattle shows and these independent shows and y'all do some of the work instead of this man doing it for you? You know what I mean? How about go support them, figure them out. You start making the reports. You start making the next star to come up in here and get their contracts because I had to do it the hard way. But Nick Wayne didn't have to. Hopefully the next one doesn't have to do it as hard as I did. How about that? Self-made mogul. We can do a couple more for Swerve. Emily May, Emily May with Sports Keto Wrestling. Mm -hmm. So we just heard from Jericho and Kenny Omega and they give you huge praise of the work that you've been doing and especially tonight. How does that feel hearing it from them? It's a beautiful validation um, hearing, the, hearing something. I didn't hear it personally, but just knowing that they're speaking like that about me is big. You know, even um, Adam Copeland using my name in the media scrum, once again, that shows you my name is ringing bells around here. You know, my name should be in this conversations with these guys. Um, and it took a year and a half to get to that point, but y'all been seeing what I've been building. Y'all been seeing what I've been doing. A lot of people like to say it was like a lot of like missteps and um, redirections and pitfalls and stuff. No, that's not, that's not wrong. That's building me. I've been building this this entire time. And to get to that point where I get that recognition from my peers, from legends, from guys that run this place, this place doesn't even move without those guys. You know what I mean? So, um, honestly, it's uh, humbling to, to that fact. And, like, speaking on Jericho, these, that's a man that, honestly, without a Jericho, there is no swerve because he's the one that kind of was the multi-tool player of a wrestler for, like, the last 20 years being doing his podcasting, having his, his band, being in movies, doing TV shows, doing all these different things while still having a, an amazing legendary run as, as a professional wrestler. You know, that's that's kind of what, like, I kind of wanted to be. I wanted to gel myself into that. But at the time, you weren't seeing too many African-American guys in the wrestling world doing that. You know, like, shout out to, like, a, a Ron Killings, who does that amazingly, you know. Um, but I wanted to be the one to just take it up another notch, bring that, bring that world a little bit closer to ours, you know. Um, so um, even if it's the wrong kind of noise or the right kind of noise, I'm happy noise is being made, you know. And um, just to know those guys um, respect my hustle and grind as a as a media person, but also as a wrestler is even bigger, and that spectrum is like closing in. It's getting really, really like big on the every side. There's not too much. I'm, I'm very balanced out right now, which is really good, which is hard as hell to do. But I work really hard for that. And I sacrifice a shit ton. I have two beautiful daughters that I barely get to see because I don't want that time that I wasted with them to amount to nothing. 
That's why I go so hard. That's why I grind so hard. That's why I do all this stuff. That's why I bring in a Rick Ross. That's why I, I have Fabulous out on stage with me at Kevin Gates and then go do a music video at the same time fly back across the country to be here for this man on time to perform and then go out podcast, bring on Tony Khan, bring in Jericho, bring in Kenny Omega on that and then build up my friends like Montezzi and bring in like, you know, like build up my team, my flash garments and stuff like that. All these guys, that's a lot that I'm like, like I'm, I'm juggling a lot, you know, and a lot, no, a lot of normal people break on shit like that, but I can't afford to break. We, as this culture, can't afford to break because they're waiting for it. Um, Lyric Swinton, Monthly Pierso. So while, when you came face-to-face with Hangman Page, you talked about potentially being the first Black AEW world champion. And so it seems like you're on that path. And what do you feel is your role in bringing Black viewership to AEW and making this place feel like, you know, just like it's, you know, welcoming for, you know, black viewers. Well, I'm real. Like I can look everybody in the eyes the same way and say the exact same thing. And I will not blink because I'm not playing around. I'm not portraying anything. And I feel like if it resonates like that with you, it resonates with people at home. It resonates with kids like me at home. When I said that, and out of all the things that five minutes that I was speaking to Hangman Page, that was like one of those few words that resonated so hard. And it kind of like you saw positive, but you saw a lot of negative. And I expected that. I expected people to like have mixed reviews on those kind of things. Or like, oh, well, what am I trying to perpetuate? And I'm like, no, I'm speaking real. Like, I have no problem saying that. It's not taboo. It's my culture. I have the right to speak on my culture and what I view and what people that are like me view. And I want to be, and I know I can do it. I look this man in the eyes very proudly and say, I know that what I can do for you in this company, and I've been proving it for a year and a half. Absolutely. And I know you know that too. Yeah. You wouldn't have me here if you didn't. It's very true. And just to put it in perspective, how far uh, you've come in a year and a half, how far the company's come in a year and a half. I don't know if you know this. This is a story I've never told you, I don't think. Um, you may know it. Not from me, though. Uh, the first pay-per-view you were at, you mentioned Revolution 2022. It's been a year and a half. You've been in AEW since you first signed. And, of course, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, two of the great AEW world champions, they were up here singing your praises. It was actually the opening match of Revolution 22. It was during the period where Kenny Omega was out injured mm -hmm. uh, following Full Gear 2021, but it was Revolution 2022. Chris Jericho was in the opening match of the show. He wrestled Eddie Kingston in the opening match. Later in the show, you came out and signed, and Chris came to me in the chair. And Chris has a brilliant wrestling mind, and he's doing all kinds of projects. He was honestly not, when you came to AEW, he wasn't familiar with you, and he asked me, and he said, he's really cool-looking wrestler. Tell me about him. And I said, uh, I'm a huge fan of his work. He's wrestled a lot in Seattle, Orlando, different companies. I'm a huge fan. He's going to do awesome for us. You're going to love him. And here we are a year and a half later, and Chris Jericho sitting in this chair after watching you for a year and a half put over. He thinks you're one of the best wrestlers in the world and that you did that. You, you convinced one of the best minds in wrestling, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And uh, in a year and a half, and I think you've made believers of millions of people all over the world, 
and wrestled on some of the greatest pay-per-views, in my opinion, of all time, certainly the greatest pay-per-views we've done. You've been a huge part of what's been happening in AEW in the year and a half you've been here. You've already been a world champion, a world tag team champion, and I think you can be a great champion as a single star or whatever you want to be, but we love having you in AEW, and I hope you had a great birthday weekend, Swerve. The best. The Royal Surge. And from one great native of the state of Washington to another, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Danielson. What a great match. What a classic match you had tonight. It was awesome. Let's talk about the illusion of free will. What's no? <laughs> Sorry. You want to lead off with that? <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> Talking about Jimmy Jacobs in the back. So, oh, you know, oh, things got wild. Oh, good. I missed it. Uh, well, uh, we've been having a good time in here, and uh, it's great to have you here, sir. It's always uh, great to have you with us, and what an amazing match you had tonight. Thank you for that. Yeah, it was a blast. It was awesome. I've, I, uh, I'm looking forward to that for a long time. Uh, questions for Mr. Danielson. Kate from Fightful. Um, I think Antonio Noki is definitely smiling down on what you guys did today. So congratulations. You and Zach had met in 2008 and then various points, um, Cruiserweight Classic, of course, very different stages of your career now. And um, I was just wondering what your thoughts and feelings were being in completely different technique master stages of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's really crazy to think um, of the person he was when I met him in 2008 because there's pictures on the internet, I'm sure, that people could see of me and Zach, and he looks like a skinny kid. And now, now he's a man. And I would argue, you know, uh, one of the selling points of this match is we're going to find out who the best technical wrestler in the world is. And in theory, the idea is the winner of the match is the better technical wrestler. Being in the match, I won the match, but I am not convinced that I was the better technical wrestler. He was doing things that uh, were, quite frankly, unbelievable and great. And I don't know. <laughs> my, uh, We were talking about it. My hand and wrist are super swollen right now. <laughs> and so it's uh, – but it was – Sometimes I'm out there and I would love to get like an EKG on my brain when I'm wrestling because there's the part that's like aggressive and you're in it. But then there's also the part that you're just like, oh, I'm in awe of what he's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, it's, it was a, a super cool match for me to have. And I'm also very grateful because I've never had like, a, not even a good match in Seattle. Like all my matches in WWE were all like short matches or whatever. When we came here in January, I wrestled Tony Nese for like four and a half minutes or something like that. And to be able to do this match that I've wanted to do for so long in front of this crowd for an event like this that's honoring Antonio Inoki, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. I'm Mark with the Mark Hoke Show and Kate on 101.5 Las Vegas. 
I've been watching wrestling for about 40 years, and I have never seen a match like that, to be very honest with you. And I'm curious if a young wrestler came to you and said, how do I learn to do what you did in that ring tonight? What would you tell them? Uh, I would say the beginning steps to learning everything is starting at the basics and progressing to mastery over certain areas. And so if you love technical wrestling, it's starting with learning the fundamentals, gradually expanding until you master one thing. And once you've learned to master one thing, then you can learn to master another thing. And when you learn to master multiple things, then it becomes easier to master more and more and more. And then you get to the point where you're uh, able to do some incredible things that you wouldn't have thought you were able to do when you were 18. Nick Hart from Body Slam. Um, it's been rumored that you've taken over a bigger role for Collision um, as of late. I was curious, just first off, if that was true. And secondly, um, do you get a chance to look at a lot of the independent wrestlers that come onto the show, like Avert Vix, and that was just on? Um, do you have any kind of role in that, or is that some handled by other people? No, I mean, it's mostly my role on Collision is just um, me and Tony talk about it a lot, but it's like uh, there's no official... There's no official role there. And I try to watch everything that I can because, and especially, uh, you know, we'll stay late after collision till the end of the ring of honor tapings and all that kind of stuff. And I like to watch all the ring of honor matches to, cause that's a, we'll see a lot of one. I want to know who within the umbrella of our company is doing really good work, but I also want to see the independent talent that we're bringing on for maybe just a show or whatever. I like to see, who's because sometimes I see people and I'm like oh wow that's uh we just had um the bounty hunter Brian Keith and um I'd watch some of his matches on say like YouTube but seeing somebody live is a different perspective and he wrestled one he wrestled hangman on rampage and uh he he just did an incredible job and some sometimes you get to see people and you don't know how they are you get to see them in person and then you're like oh wow there's there's something here and so yeah I like I like watching all that. I try to keep up on it as much as I can. Hi, Brian. Keith Elliott, Greenberg with Inside the Ropes magazine. Um, I noticed you made it a point at the end of your match to embrace Aubrey, or, Aubrey Edwards. Uh, what were you trying to communicate, not just to Aubrey, but to all the people here in Washington State by doing that? Uh, so when Aubrey first introduced herself to me, she um, she introduced herself and said, did you ever see the meme of the crying girl when you were forced to retire? And I, I had no idea what she was even talking about. But then she showed me, and it's her, right? She was in Key Arena when I did my retirement speech. And, um, and that's just... It's just a cool moment. There's not, in the history of professional wrestling, there haven't been a lot of people from this area that make it big, right? And now we're lucky in this company that we have multiple people. Uh, you know, when we've got Darby, we've got Swerve, we've got Nick Wayne, we've got me, and we have Aubrey, 
who has been there and like been a fan and been invested in this. And for us to be able to share that moment that it wasn't for anybody else, but for me and her, because she was, and I actually have never talked to her about her attachment to me and why she was crying. <laughs> right. But the fact that she's been on this journey with me, and then we got to have this moment together in Seattle because referees are a very important part of our matches. It's just, it felt special. And it was just a spur of the moment thing. And it was just like, I am grateful that Aubrey was our referee tonight. Hi, my name is Amanda. I'm from WrestleTalk.com. Um, Bree had posted your wife on Instagram stories a few days ago that she's waiting for Buddy to get a little bit older before she wanted to get back in the ring. Is that something that might line up from a timeline perspective that we could see the Danielsons together in an AEW ring? So I will never say never, but she put stuff on Instagram that I don't even know. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people, people will say like, oh my gosh, that picture of your kids is adorable. And I'm saying, and I'm like, what picture are you talking about? And they'll show them to me, and I haven't even seen the picture. She hasn't sent me the picture. So, so I will say this. Brie is the boss in our family. If she wants to come do it, it'll get done. So Brian Alvarez from The Observer. What were your thoughts on uh, Josh Barnett getting to do the uh, Inoki tribute show tonight? And uh, have you ever had a chance to train with him? And how did that go? Yeah, so uh, one, I was thrilled that Josh was going to be able to be here. Um, I haven't seen him. Gosh, it's probably been since 2003 or 2004 since we last crossed, crossed paths in person. Um, but we actually trained at Ivan Salivary's gym yesterday. Uh, not legitimate training but also training training in a legitimate way and how that applies to professional wrestling because josh is very smart with that sort of thing and so yeah i was uh i was thrilled that he could be here and one of the highest compliments that i could get on a show that's a tribute to antonio inoki is for josh barnett to tell me that he loved our match so yeah it was it was awesome. It's awesome. That's really awesome. I uh, I really appreciate you coming and doing this, Brian. Everything you do in AEW, I appreciate it. And uh, tonight, unbelievable. I thought it was one of the greatest matches in the history of AEW, and I thought it was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. I just really appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you, Brian. Unbelievable. It's an unbelievable night, unbelievable show. And we go from one great match to another. Ladies and gentlemen, the TBS champion, Chris Statlander. Hey, champ. Hey, champ. I'll take that. Thank yes, you. please. The TNT champion knocked that over and put it back up for the TBS champion. Perfect. Perfect. Lyrics went in monthly peer, so so Chris, you are now the defeater of the undefeated times two. What is next for you? Who are 
the people that you are still excited to get into the ring with, both in AEW as well as outside of AEW? Uh, well, starting with within AEW, um, I think we got a really cool taste of the potential of me and Tony Storm. Um, I think if there's a potential of maybe me and Soraya find out who's the better champion, um, even Athena. Um, there's so many, so many people that I have yet to get my hands on and I would love to. And outside of AEW, I think there's just so many people that I, the list would go on and on. And of course I am always open like I always say, anyone, anytime, any place. Uh, I, I would love to pick names, but there's just so many possibilities that I, I would be here forever listing them all. And it's what's amazing is you've got so much chemistry with some of your opponents. You've had great rematches. You yes. and Julia had had great matches before, but this was on a completely different level. Mm -hmm. And the chemistry is off the charts. I think it showed how far she's come. But you, yes. you as well. I think it's obvious you're the champion. How far you've mm -hmm. come to be a great champion in AEW and a dominant champion. But Julia, uh, since your first meeting, since your last meeting, Julia's mm -hmm. uh, come so far, and I thought she was amazing. Tonight. I I totally agree. Yeah, she was definitely a whole different person from. The first time we wrestled, the second time we wrestled, and uh, she she was a challenge tonight. But I am I'm also just very proud of how much she's improved, and I I think she's incredible. I also thought two weekends ago you had an amazing rematch with Dr. Britt Baker. You have a lot of history with <laughs> Britt Baker. You've had great matches, and that might have been the best one yet. Yes, uh, my goal is to always leave them wanting more, and I think. It could go on forever with a lot of people. It's been amazing. On a great run of matches, I thought that was incredible just in the last few weeks. You've been wrestling so great, and I also think your confidence is off the charts. I think your your promos, your interviews have been better than ever. You're just doing everything so well. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying my best. It's great. It was a great match tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Next question for the okay, champ. Right Emily May with Sportskeeda Wrestling. So Tony and even other uh, wrestlers tonight at the press conference discussed Julia Hart's kind of growth over this last year and especially in this match tonight. Mm -hmm. And so how was it different for you as a champion going in to see her growth? And did that challenge you or intimidate you or kind of change what you had to do to get the win tonight? Um, uh, like I had mentioned, like I'm very, very proud to see of how far she's come. And of course, uh, after I haven't been able to work with someone or wrestle them for a while, uh, there's always going to be that need to want to feel them out a little bit beforehand. But of course, um, I going into any match, I always try to prepare and see what she's doing, keep my eyes on her. And I can see there's a whole other side of intensity from her lately. And... Uh, I think there's also been a whole other side of intensity from me, and I think we were both going into this match just looking to bring out the best of each other and push each other to our limits. And I think that's exactly what we exactly what we did. So, um, yeah, I think uh, her, like you said, like her growth has been absolutely incredible, and uh, I, I can't wait to see what the future holds for her, and I can't wait to give her another shot at this down the line eventually. Hi, TK Trinidad with Women's Wrestling Talk. So you had Soraya tweet and also um, Britt Breaker tweet about just the positivity of women's wrestling and how people were, you know, really loving it. What would you attribute that to as far as the growing with an AEW? Uh, I think it's just 
so many of the women here all just want to band together and constantly put out great matches, put out great content, promos, and we want to have fun and we want to see each other succeeding. And I think that is so important that we seem to be really like gung-ho for each other and we we just want more for each other. We all just want to put our best foot forward and just put on a great show no matter what it is we're given. And I think we people always like to assume that they know what's going on behind closed doors, but they don't. And we want to publicly show that, no, we really do care about each other. We want the best for each other. And uh, I think it's just, we're just supporting each other in any way possible. And I think that's just pretty much plain as day what it is. We just, we want the best for each other. Uh, Kevin Deers with Defy and KISW 99.9. Uh, and so growing up and then when you got into wrestling and started training, um, when you're studying tape and learning about these, you know, different styles of wrestling, who are some people that you really kind of crafted your style around and, and really influenced you? Uh, so of I don't know how well known it is, but I did not grow up watching wrestling. Uh, and I didn't even know that wrestling was a thing until I was brought in as a valet and I was watching it ringside and I was like, I think I could do this. And then once I started training, they were like, you should probably watch wrestling. So I just had a bunch of, um, a bunch of guys would like be like, oh, let's try like RVD's moves. And I was like, I'm not RVD. I cannot do any of this stuff or, um, I just, I, I really just watched um, a lot of the people that helped train me. And a lot of my inspiration were people like VSK, Brian Myers, Pat Buck. They, they're my trainers. Uh, even, unfortunately, MJF was there my first day of training. Um, yeah. Uh, but just like, uh, just how much people cared about me. I was just inspired by everyone that helped me out. And all I ever wanted to do in wrestling was just make them proud and, any sort of like tape studying I did would just be like best 100 moves of this wrestler compilation videos on YouTube. And that's where, that's where I figured out everything. Uh, that's where I got my style and I was just kind of, just kind of winging it. And uh, that's what made me the man I am today. <laughs> that's great. We can take a few more questions for the champ. I think that was awesome. If anyone else has anything they want to know. I think in addition to the great coaches you named, we've got some great coaching in AW right now. Yes. I think Pat's still doing a great job for mm -hmm. you to this day. And uh, Sarah Stock's doing awesome. Yes, she's Ari, incredible. Ari Devari doing a great job. Oh, he's he's awesome. Yes. We have a lot of a lot of good hands on deck here. I, pre I appreciate all of our coaches very much. You're doing a great job, too. Uh, thanks. <laughs> all right. Hey, that was amazing. Great job, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great Thank you. Thank you, champ. Very different disposition from the TBS champion compared to the TNT champion. <laughs> Far sunnier. <laughs> that was great. What a pleasure. And speaking of pleasures, I think uh, we'll be joined by some more great stars. What a great pay-per-view. It's just been a great night and so many great stars I wanted to bring in here. And since we're on the West Coast and uh, we're three hours ahead, I thought I would have fun and just, you know, really uh, go wild, get a lot of the great names in here, and we're having fun. Following one of the great pay-per-views of all time with one of the great scrums of all time, in my humble opinion. And here is 
two of wrestling's great champions, former international champion Orange Cassidy and wrestling's greatest champion, wrestling's greatest champion, the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, Katsuyori Shibata. My great friend. Thank you for bringing up that I'm former international champion. That, that feels good. I'm not, I'm over it for sure. I'm not over it. <laughs> these two, these two uh, have a remarkable chemistry in and out of the ring. And I thought they were involved in two separate great matches tonight. Uh, they're very different individuals in many ways, but they found this great bond and it carries over outside of the ring and uh, they become great friends in real life. And I thought they'd, uh, be great to come up here. You can ask me both questions or separately, whoever you want to talk to, but uh, fire away at these two great champions. Brian? It's Brian Alvarez from The Observer. Uh, this is for both of you, but I've been wanting to ask you for a long time. Who were your favorite wrestlers growing up? Uh, <clears throat> um, um, I don't know if I have any favorite wrestlers growing up. I mean, I'm just going to say Razor Ramon. Jake the Snake. Big Jake the Snake guy. Oh, I, I actually, that is, Tony actually knows that the, uh, the correct answer is actually Jake the Snake, Roberts. That's, yes, that's correct. That's from spending four years together. Yes. Uh, Shabbat-san, growing up, uh, idolized, I think I know the answer to this. Of course, uh, Antonio Inoki, yes. Have you all seen the photo of Shibata-san as a baby with Inoki-san? Have you guys seen that? Hang on. He's got everything. Let's see. This is trust. This is trust. It is, this is crazy. You're going to pull your phone out in front of everybody. I am. <laughs> this is trust right here. I'm going to pull it out right here, and uh, I've got something to... This is a great, 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 great photo. I drink this. Wow. Here's a pass it around. <laughs> pass, pass it around. You're out of your mind. Oh, you almost did it. You almost did it. I'll get through to Brian first. <laughs> oh, there it is. I'll Don't screw through the photos. Man, no, they're fine. Man, it's fine. It's fine. It's for you. Pretty cool, right? It is. You can throw it back. I'll catch it. Yeah, throw it back. I got good hands. I, I actually asked the uh, the question uh, to you, Orange, because you have such a unique style, and so you know you can you can watch a lot of wrestlers and you say, okay, this guy loved this guy growing up, this guy loved this guy growing up, but you can't really watch you and really think, man, this guy was a big fan of Jake the Snake, for example. Right, and I think that is um, important now and today because I think a lot of times we tend to repeat history or. Uh, if we if we decide if we like something we tend to imitate that and I I um, I wanted to be different I wanted to literally do what you just said I don't want anybody to be able to point to me and say oh well, that guy wrestles like that he looks like a young blah 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 he's, he's like I wanted to be special and unique and I wanted to be different and I wanted to be the person that when however long from now, someone like says, Oh, you wrestle like orange Cassidy. And I think, um, it's not easy. It's very, obviously very, very difficult. So, um, 
Thank you for saying that. Lyrics went monthly Pierce. So, so Orange Cassidy, you just had a monumental run as the AEW International Champion. So what is the next big goal for you currently in AEW? And for um, Shibata-san, um, I know your father was a referee and you grew up around Antonio Inoki. What did it mean for you to participate in this tribute show to him tonight? Should I go first? Okay. Uh, no, I'll go first. You want me to go first or Shabbat? You want to go first? Okay. Okay. Yeah. You, Sorry, Shibata, you, you. Shabbat is Ichiban. Yeah. yeah, please. Always. I am very grateful to be able to participate in today's ceremony. Thank you, Tony. There is one problem. My battery is low, so today's translation will be done by Japan's biological Japanese machine. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. My man. There you go. Hi, man. Uh, I forgot the question because that was wild. Um, what'd you ask? I'm so sorry. That I just can't. I can't think right now. I said after your Ah, yeah, yeah. What's next? Um, uh, like I said when I walked in here and uh, it said former international champion. Um, you don't have something for so long and then when you don't have it you it, it's impossible to miss it uh it gave me a lot of purpose and it it, it was something that i never felt before especially in professional wrestling so, uh, um, it, it almost became an identity which is uh, difficult for me to say but i um it is still at the forefront of my mind and i think tonight when I saw an opportunity to get into the ring with the current international champion. I took that opportunity um, for a reason. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I just want it back. Yeah, that's it. Right here. Uh, Kevin Deers here. Uh, this question is for Katsuyo Shibata. Uh, so, you trained down at the New Japan LA Dojo. You were the trainer down there. There are some people from right here in the Northwest, Clark Connors, also Kevin Knight, who were uh, wrestlers down there. Uh, what was that like for you to train? What did that mean to you to train down in the New Japan LA Dojo as the trainer? Also, what do you look for in a student? Well, I was explaining it. It's a good question. I mean, we've got dead air here. I don't want to. No, it's good stuff. Okay, thanks. I'm sorry. I want them Japanese. So I think uh, every wrestler is going to each own way. That's the best way for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, not only a great teacher, he was a great student to Antonio Inoki, which is why I thought it was very fitting tonight. Not only one of wrestling's great teachers, but also somebody who's 
a, been a great student and now has taken what he learned from one of the greatest minds, one of the greatest champions, one of the greatest bosses in the history of wrestling, the late great Mr. Antonio Inoki, but now Shibata-san himself has become wrestling's greatest champion. Nick Hart from Body Slam. Um, this is a question for Shibata, or I guess also you, Tony. Um, does uh, Shibata, do you still have any ties with New Japan anyway, like contractually, or are you exclusively just signed with AEW and, and Ring of Honor? If Tony wish, I am ready to make a commitment. I want you to stay forever. <laughs> never leave. Please never leave. You're my favorite. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Shibata is Ichiban. A few more questions? Here we go. Uh, Shibata, what does it mean to the Japanese wrestling community now that we're getting to see more and more Japanese wrestlers participating on American soil that Tony's been bringing in? And Orange, my question for you is, my daughter thinks you're really cool. Could you say hi? Yeah, what, uh, what's your name? Hi, Amanda. I'm Orange Cassidy. Nice to meet you. Every now and then. <laughs> So I am, I am the uh, one Japanese wrestler to come to the United States. Yes, absolutely. There, we've brought in a lot of great stars, but this is, uh, there's no doubt, this man is wrestling's greatest champion, in my opinion. And, well, we've had a lot of wrestlers, a lot of great names come from Japan. I think it, the list starts and ends with the great Shibata. And I think we're very lucky to have somebody of Shibata's caliber and just wrestling aura to be here in the AEW locker room and for people to see Shibata on um, American national television is, I think it's a, it, it is a wild step forward for us, for America, for us, for Americans to, 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 to see a different side of professional wrestling that we all enjoy. So I think it's, I think we're very, very fortunate. We consider him a leader in the locker room. Absolutely. He's one of the real leaders in AEW. Uh, questions? Yeah, thanks everybody, I'm gonna go, bye. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks Orange. Thank you That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, the hometown hero. Are you okay? No clue. Oh, <laughs> uh, you don't like to see that. I'm, gonna go, I'm going to the hospital after this. But oh. I, got, I got to be up early in the morning because I got to meet up with this guy at the REI to climb Mount Everest. And I got to talk to him about he's my coach so i gotta wake up at nine in the morning to go to rei downtown and 
plan this Mount Everest climb. Well, I hope uh, you're going to be in a condition to climb Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's already very dangerous and life threatening, and you trying to do it with one arm is not a good idea. So please don't, please don't get yourself uh, in a bad situation. Well, up I there. told Jay, I'm gonna one of these days I'm gonna win the TNT championship. I'm gonna climb Mount Everest and I'm gonna make a will. And if I die on Mount Everest, I'll give him the championship back. <laughs> okay, good. That's a very morbid thought, but that sounds uh, right on uh, on brand for. Christian Cage and for frankly for you yeah. <laughs> uh, well along those lines of morbidity uh, it was one of the best pay-per-views I've ever seen it was one of the great main events one of the great shows and the city of Seattle really showed the love to you that crowd was amazing and they were behind you so much it was a great match you are I've been saying it to you for four years sir you are insane uh, and uh, it's amazing to your first pay-per-view main event i remember your first tv main event and we get chris jericho sitting here and you know he was putting you over and i remember uh four years ago we we're celebrating the four-year anniversary of dynamite and it was our third ever episode so just about four years ago in philadelphia you tore the house down your first tv main event and you absolutely tore the house down in your first pay-per-view main event you're the man thank you sir thank you Darby, JC from Havoc Sports, man. Yeah, the last fun, time man. you were out here in Seattle, you did the climb for base to space at the Space Needle. Yeah, Would you want to do it again? Yeah. No, I, yeah. No, we, we started, we ran up all the steps on the Space Needle. Uh, it was for charity, right? Okay, I'll, I'll make sure I wasn't just a dumbass running up. <laughs> right. And then, um, yeah, no, that was fun. I, I had a really good time there. And I'd love to do it again. Anything with Seattle would like, I want to be a part of. Like, any local, like anything to help, you know, because this city really shaped who I am. So uh, anything I can give back to it and, you know, just like whatever, like, you know, investing in like new, like just a bunch of stuff to help out the kids, especially if like, you know, I'd love to do meet and greets and like skate with all these like kids in the local area and stuff like that. So cause I, I know when I was younger, there wasn't a lot of, you know, things going on. So I'd like to give back to the city, to the kids. That's why hopefully that little kid that I gave my skateboard to actually skates one day. So. <laughs> And I don't see it on eBay, please. Right here from the Observer. <laughs> yes, sir. What did it mean to you to have this main event in Seattle? Nick's there. Shauna's there in the front row. I'm sure all of your friends and family. Pay-per-view main event. And, uh, and the second question, I guess, what are your memories of uh, driving around with Adam Friday night, filming all that stuff? <laughs> so first of all, main eventing this show is... I can't put in words how much that meant to me. And it was the perfect storm of like being in Seattle, having Nick here and everything. And it's like, I have sacrificed so much to get to this point. And it like, literally there's no words to put into it. And I'm so grateful to have AEW here and I don't take anything for granted, anything like there, like I, I'll say it for the millionth time, there's never going to be a bidding war for Darby Allen because I'm going to live and die in AEW. And I, I mean that like, it's just life's too fucking short to play these childish games. Like, and I'm being real here. Like I love this place and to put me in a spot like the main event in a building that I've been coming to, you know, even though it was like the key arena before, but it's like a full circle moment and it it was very special. And, you know, um, I broke a nail. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, but um, Adam, yeah, 
the the uh did he did he talk about that did adam talk about the uh a little bit a little bit no he talked about friday night i thought you meant about you breaking it oh no no no, he didn't talk about no, no. did he did he say how the trunk was open and we're all hanging on to, yes. all right okay he covered it yeah no but to do like i love being a part of every little thing so i was hit up earlier this week talking like hey yo Adam's interested in like filming this vignette and you're apparently the vignette guy. And I know all the street spots around here and like trying to get all these angles. And it just so happened. I don't know if you guys caught it as we were driving down with the drone shot and those fireworks going off. It was the perfect time because the Mariners just won or something like that. I think yeah. they won, right? Does anyone? Okay. All right. So then the big old fire, the big old fireworks going off. And then I was like, man, they're going to think we paid for that fire. <laughs> it was so epic. And that was my first time meeting uh adam and it was it was incredible such a good guy and i i told him straight up you know when he came here i was like i'm one of these young guys that want to pick your brain because i'm not one of these guys like you i can't learn from the vets like I, I love working with vets like hence why i love working with sting and then he's like just to let you know i'm not the type of guy that tries to push like back in my day on to any of the young guys and i'm like what the hell are you talking about back in your day you're doing spears through flaming tables and like jumping off ladders so i'm like i, I kind of embraced your back in the day man so he's a he's a really incredible guy and he was so humble and so open to letting me like help throw my ideas around you know and uh, a lot of that video is very special like to me so uh it just i don't know it was awesome if I may, before you, uh, I thought the main event was amazing. And really, uh, all your matches with Christian have been amazing. I was, as you saw when you came back from your match on collision with him, when you beat him on collision, I thought that was one of the best matches we've ever had on television. And I was texting people, calling people right after. And I said, if you didn't see collision tonight, that was one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen in my life. And it was a great wrestling match. And you guys did go outside and, and do crazy things, but it was unbelievable. <laughs> and then tonight, somehow you took it to another level. I don't know how you topped it, but you did. It was an amazing main event. And on a night where all the matches stole the show, it was a main event that stole the show. And then everything you did uh, in front of the hometown fans and the reaction and the love you got, I think you should just be so proud of what you did yeah it'll all sink in like tomorrow for sure like i'm really grateful for everything and if anyone's curious to why i was bleeding in the very beginning it, i was hitting the skateboard on the stairs like and then it bounced up hit me in the face and then all of a sudden and i was like all right <laughs> it's like a carry von eric <laughs> but very different reasons yeah it was it was fun kate from fightful i'm sorry about your broken nail hurts um, you, you you ever get acrylics? I have, yeah. They're it pretty hurts. painful. It actually yeah. hurts. I'm sure it's the most painful thing you've done today. <laughs> um, but this is the second time we've seen you be the incoming program from the hottest free agent on the market, like marquee signings that are coming in here. What's it like to be trusted in that position and participate in programs like that? You know, like I, I've literally thought about this. I've been in so much debuts, Jeff Hardy, Sting, you know, like the list goes on and on and it's it's incredible. I think it speaks volumes to Tony having the trust in the homegrown guys, you know, putting in that spot and then, you know, it helps just elevate me. I have no problem whoever comes in this company. I want as much like talented people. Like I don't care about like, oh, I'm gonna lose my spot if this guy comes. No, it's just gonna make me work harder. And that's what we need is people just to work harder and like no one phone it in because I don't want anyone to take this place for granted. So I'm very, you know, I love being in that spot. So 
Hi, Darby. Uh, had a question. You very ingrained in the Northwest wrestling mute. Uh, the wrestling scene, sorry, music scene, I was going to say. Uh, wrestling scene. I did a few karaoke yes, performances around here. Absolutely. Uh, you trained at Nick Wayne's father, uh, Buddy Wayne, the late great Buddy Wayne. Can you share any stories about your time with Buddy Wayne? Anything come to mind when I say Buddy Wayne? Well, you know, it's crazy because I literally became a part of the family. I was going on vacations with them, and I remember the first week I was there, the, well, actually, the very first day I was there, he's like, you look a little weird, but we got something here. <laughs> and then, you know, and he was, he's like, you know, because he, he he came, you know, around the 80s and stuff. And he's like, yo, because at, at the time, the school, there was people that were like, their characters were like bowlers and all this stuff. He's like, why don't you be a gas station attendant? And I was like, I don't know, man. But um, he, he was a very, you know, I was very like, it's awesome being around him so early on because you don't realize what you got until it's gone and then you also don't realize what you got until you're here and then to see like if i was to go to any other school who knows if i'd make it here everything happens for a reason and then having like buddy be there and i remember like one time i uh i, I like shaved the top of my head off so i like looked like a science teacher with hair only on the sides and then i super glued a bunch of uh, car toys on top of my head and then I couldn't get them off before practice. So I showed up in a, with a beanie on and Buddy's like, all right, take off the beanie. And I took it off and he's like, what the hell's on your head? And I had all these car toys. I'm like, can we just not practice DDTs today? <laughs> so I took, I took like a butter knife and was trying to scrape them off in his kitchen. That hurt so bad. But I do, I do remember actually Brian, uh, Buddy, like was like, yo, like, I think he, he told me, he's like, he's like, talk to you. And I, there's a video of me dropping on that big old sculpture in front of the lightning bolt, like, from the space you know that lightning bolt sculpture and i remember meeting you way way back i was probably my first like month of like practice and he's like this is he's like brian this is the weird dude that does all the crazy stuff so it's like <laughs> it's pretty cool though you know like you know yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm still all those things <laughs> put on some good money. yeah i put on i put on some size yeah uh, I literally started at 128 pounds uh, when I started training because I was just like uh, living off of $5 a week going to film school like in Arizona and I dropped out and I was just like, oh, yeah. And then, yeah, no, it's it's really cool, um, everything to happen. And it's just like I say it all the time and it's awesome that we have Shauna here, you know, like just to witness everything because, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I, I wish Buddy was still alive. Everyone wishes Buddy's still alive because it would have been really special to see what his son is doing now, even though his son's a little dipshit, him in the head. But it's still, um, it's very, it's very, it's just, um, yeah, it's very awesome. Go on, Mark. Mark. <laughs> Hi, Mark Hoke. Um, what? is it like to be standing in the ring when you've got sting and adam copeland there i mean that just has to blow you away yeah i think wasn't it you that said we're gonna have this generational moment yeah three <laughs> generations three generations in my opinion three of the great wrestlers of my lifetime in three different generations and all still in 2023 all of them can still go at the highest <laughs> level and it's three generations they have I think a thread that ties them together. Frankly, three uh, darker, esoteric figures in the world of pro wrestling, <laughs> to say the least. And it just felt right to me. 
to see the three of you together like that and it was special. Yeah, being in the ring with those guys, it's like a moment where it's like you can't really stop and smell the roses that much because I'm in so like my I'm like, what a match that was. It like really took a lot out of me. But having like being in there and sharing that, these are people that I grew up that kind of, you know, I, I remember being such a fan of Adam. And uh, I would I told them this Friday night, I was like, the only wrestling shirt I felt cool wearing at school was the rated R superstar shirt. So it's like, you know, and I'm like, that's like my goal with wrestling is just to have people like be like, yo, that guy, you know, he's different, you know, and he doesn't embody what people think wrestling's about, you know, so it's cool. Like, and I think Sting's the same exact way. So being in the ring with those guys and letting them like share that moment with me, like is, is amazing. So it's cool. I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for it. So. That was awesome. It was a great pay-per-view, and uh, you stole the show yet again, sir. I hope <laughs> this is going to be something we can work through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll cry. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the X-ray right now. I'll text you, and then I gotta go at eight. <laughs> I, got, I got, I'm gonna go at eight in the morning. Go plan this Mount Everest trip. So, oh, I hope, uh, hopefully, it's a good sign if you're climbing Mount Everest that this is gonna work out. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't thank you enough for tonight and everything you've been doing. You're you're the man. Whether it's Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, Wrestle Dream tonight, uh, every pay per view, you just come in. You absolutely steal the show, no matter where it is on the show. You always deliver. You go so hard, and tonight in the main event, uh, you delivered another great one. And I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Darby. I'll shake your left hand. awesome and then there was one as agatha christie said and uh i imagine uh, a few of you might have questions if you hung in and it's great uh i can stick around and answer them thanks for sticking around uh sean garrick hires of news uh is russell dream going to be an annual show and is it going to be tied to seattle or do you plan on taking it around the country it's a great question i'm not sure about next year i don't know about the availability we really lucked out on this weekend that the kraken weren't here it was perfect for a pay-per-view weekend and you never can predict the schedule a lot of these major arenas have commitments uh sometimes you know there's there could be uh nhl or nba and this time of the year with preseason getting going you know that's something to consider i can't speak a year ahead as to where the event will be but there will definitely be a wrestle dream it was a very critically successful event. A lot of people are telling me it was the best show they've ever seen in wrestling, which means a lot to me. I think we're on just an incredible run of pay-per-views. Since Collision started, we have done four straight pay-per-views that I feel are all classics. And I really believe the TV has also gotten better and in turn the pay-per-view has gotten better because with five hours of television, you can do so much more storytelling. You can build so many more stars, have so many more great matches, great segments, great characters. You can develop a pay-per-view so much better with five hours of television than you came with three. So for so long, we had two hours to do everything. And I think we were doing great stuff. We added a third hour and it really felt like we stepped up in 2021, right around when Rampage came in, but the roster kept getting bigger. Uh, the star power has continued to grow. And I felt it was really challenging to build these pay-per-views, tell all the stories in AEW in three hours of TV. So the addition of Collision came at a great time. And since Collision started in the summer, this past June, we've done four pay-per-views. 
it is, in my opinion, without question, the best run of four consecutive pay-per-views AEW's ever done, and I'll hold it up against anybody's four pay-per-views they've ever done, not just uh, in terms of the critical reception, which has been off the charts, and that is really, really, really important because if you keep doing shows that the fans and the critics and, and the media respond very well to over and over and over again, you're going to stay in business and do good stuff, but it's also been a really important commercially successful run. In, you know, we had Forbidden Door. That at that point was our biggest gate of the year. It was up from last year, which was the biggest debut of any pay-per-view we'd ever done. And it was a great show. Some people thought it was our best show. Then we went to All In. It was insane. It was something, it took our product to a level we've never been at. And it was a great wrestling show. But it was also commercially one of the most successful events ever in wrestling. Is a live event from ticket sales. It was the most successful event ever. It sold 81,035 tickets. And as a pay-per-view, it was huge. It was our biggest pay-per-view in years, and I think it'll end up as one of our two biggest pay-per-views we've ever done. And so that's pretty great. And it was by far the biggest debut of any of our new shows, following on Forbidden Door, which was our biggest debut, and then stepped up this year. To go from Forbidden Door to All In, then you go to All Out in Chicago. People say, how are you going to follow All In? Well, All Out followed it. It was amazing. We kept the streak going. Some people thought All Out was even better than All In. And going off three straight great shows, to come here, uh, the lineup looked great. Everything was in place to have a great show. All the matches were amazing, top to bottom, an amazing show. And then to boot, what an awesome moment, debuting Adam Copeland at the end. And it just felt like we're on this great run. So Wrestle Dream is here to stay. As a pay-per-view, it did incredibly well. Looks like it's up from all out. Wrestle Dream over 100,000 buys, I think is pretty safe to say based on digital projections. And that's really exciting. So uh, to have a new event like that debut uh, in line with a lot of our other big pay-per-view events, really exciting. And it bodes very well. 100% we're going to do Wrestle Dream next year. I hope that Mr. Inoki's grandchildren will join us again. And, and I thank them very much for the great gift. Uh, the scarf, Mr. Inoki's scarf, really uh, it meant a lot to me. And I'll keep this forever. And to be able to wear this and produce a great wrestling show and stand side by side with them was very cool. And then the only thing that made it better was to have Rocky Romero and Shibata san out there. It just felt really uh, right. And it was really nice to do that. So it was a great show, a great event. I think we accomplished everything we set out to do tonight. So definitely we're going to do Wrestle Dream again next year. I hope uh, the Inokis will also join us at Full Gear because they live in LA and we'll be in LA for Full Gear, our next pay-per-view event, November 18th. Full Gear will be on a Saturday, which will allow me to uh, to have a great event on November 18th on a Saturday. Uh, and tonight we went head to head with the NFL, but we actually came out and had a great pay-per-view. And yeah, you never want to go head to head with the greatest media property in the world, which is the NFL. But thankfully we had such an exciting event tonight. We were able to really hold up and do great pay-per-view numbers. Uh, full gear, I uh, like George Costanza, I won't take my chances that night. Uh, I'll get out, I get out while I'm ahead on that one, not mess with uh, my own league again. And what it'll allow me to do, we'll do two great nights at the Forum. Uh, November 17th, Friday night, we'll have Rampage and Collision, both at the Forum. And then have a great pay-per-view, November 18th, Full Gear, one of the biggest shows in AEW. And uh, very fitting to go back to the Forum where we've had some of our best events ever for our pay-per-view debut. And I get to go back to Jacksonville for the Jags game on a red eye, which is awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it goes as well as this pay-per-view weekend did for the Jags and AEW. Thanks, Sean. Great to see you. Hey, Brian.
Hey, uh, the uh, MGF storyline is that he's holding the tag titles for Adam Cole. Is there an update on Adam Cole's foot? And were there any other injuries tonight? Tonight, uh, you saw Darby uh, walked in here in a sling and scared the shit out of me. Uh, but besides that, we're in pretty good shape. And uh, Adam Cole is injured. I think uh, I will leave uh, the updates uh, for a later time, but thankfully he's going to be okay. He'll be back and maybe he'll still be ring of honor world tag team champions. When he comes back too. MJF wants to retain those titles so that when Adam Cole comes back, he comes back as a champion. And I think that's what friendship's about. It's pretty noble. Uh, and he's taking a lot on himself right now, taking the schedule of a world champion in AEW and a world tag team champion in ring of honor out of friendship. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, We'll see where it takes him next. Uh, he's got a lot of things going on, not only Adam Cole's injury, but uh, you know, there's people uh, accusing him of being the one who took out Jay White. We're going to hear from Juice Robinson and the Guns on Wednesday with an update on that whole situation. I thought Juice Robinson also, by the way, had a great match last night himself with Andrade Alidolo. That's just something to keep an eye on there. And uh, just you know, a lot going on. As far as injuries, I think there were a lot of beat-up people. It was a hard-hitting night of wrestling, so uh, stay tuned to that. But Knockwood uh, came out pretty healthy considering how hard-hitting and physical the show was. Thanks. Nick Hart from Body Slam. Um, Pro Wrestling Noah recently announced that Nakajima wasn't going to be renewing his contract. Um, as he's considered one of the best wrestlers in the world, is that someone you, you guys have taken a look at or interested in talking with him to try to bring him in? I am interested, and I've heard he's interested too, so uh, that could be good. Yeah, big guys, you just did a fist pump there, so you, you, you like that, as Kirk Cousins would say. Uh, and I like it too. So uh, Nakajima is very talented, and I think that would be great. He'd be a great fit here. I've heard he's interested in coming, and we'd be interested in having him. Something uh, to consider. Thank you. Great question. Emily May with Sportskeeda Wrestling. We saw tonight in the audience Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson. The fans were excited. I know everyone online was talking about it. And we've seen this uh, challenge against Kenny Omega, Street Fighter VI. Uh, they've been going back and forth on social media. So what does this mean? Is this perhaps a partnership with one championship? Can we perhaps maybe see some future fighters in an AEW ring? Well, it's a great question. Uh, we've had great fighters here before. Uh, of course, American Top Team has participated. Uh, be fair to say Dos Santos gave me a hug so big he broke my ribs uh, two years ago, which was a lot of fun sleeping on that for six weeks, but he was great other than that and uh, really a beautiful human being. Uh, and of course, Andre Arlovsky, Paige Van Zant, a lot of great fighters have been here. Uh, in addition to the great American top team representation, uh, including Mr. Masvidal, a lot of great people that have been here. I think it would be great to have Demetrius Johnson here. I was glad to see on social media, he really enjoyed the show. Uh, and we have had good ties with one championship. You know, uh, Mike Mansuri had been at one championship previously before he came here. So it's a good relationship. They're, they're wonderful people there. Uh, that would be great. I think having stars from MMA is a great crossover opportunity. And a Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson, is always welcome in AEW. Thank you. Lyric Swinton, Monthly Pierce. So, 
You have been known to spend the big bucks when it comes to music in AEW. And I think that that's been something that's resonated with a lot of fans. So talk about like how important it is for you to, you know, secure some of those big tunes, whether it's, you know, Final Countdown um, at Forbidden Door or even tonight, um, bringing in Metalingus for Adam Copeland. It's really important. It always helps when you have a big star like Adam, who's really well connected and can help you save a couple bucks on the price too. That's always nice. Unfortunately, Brian wasn't so well connected with Europe. I, that one really cost me. <laughs> and then there's there's other opportunities along the way, like, you know, Jefferson, when we first came to the Monjane, to be honest with you, I don't think they had any interest in doing it with us. And then when uh, Pixies got really over, all of a sudden Jefferson came back with a very fair price quote, and we were able to bring Orange the song that he'd been associated with long before he got to AEW. You know, I'm really appreciate you asking that. Thanks, Lyric, because... Before the show, I was saying in my office to a lot of the producers and coaches and production staff, it's a huge part of what we do. It's such a huge part of AEW's identity and something that sets us apart and I think helps make the show feel cool and different than anything else in wrestling. It's a very major league wrestling show. We do shows in front of big arenas and, and now even a packed stadium in Wembley and play very identifiable music. We have really cool songs that are original songs, some of them like from AEW ourselves internally. Adam Cole's a great example of that. There are a lot of great examples of songs uh, that Mikey Ruckus and the team put together. And then there's people that come in with music that's still relatively original. Uh, you know, like Darby Allen, for example, that while it is uh, a mainstream artist, it is a song that I think a lot of people identify with Darby. And I think it's great to be able to bring in uh, a lot of outside music and then bring in classic tracks like uh, Jefferson for Jane, which is such a great fit. And I'm really very glad they did choose to work with Orange Cassidy. I think it's been great for everybody. And Final Countdown was a great example of that. Uh, and I love bringing in classic songs. And, and there's some I've tried for. Probably the most important one we ever did, and the one that meant the most to me, was when we got Old 55 by Tom Waits for the Brody Lee tribute. I just, when I heard the song, I, I thought it was like the perfect song, and he was in a bad way. And just in case it, it was not looking good. And so I started working on getting the song in case, hoping I would never have to use it. And unfortunately we did, but I think we also in doing so put together the best tribute show in the history of pro wrestling on uh, December 30th, 2020. And a uh, number of other times we've gotten the songs. It just feels like a, a really important part of what we do. And, and like I said, it's something that sets us apart. I think on the entrances, our wrestlers are really identifiable. A lot of times the wrestlers come to me with a track they want to use. And if, if it's something that's available that we can get, and if it's something I'm feeling and I like, uh, then I always want to do it and, and take a big swing and, and try to get those songs. So we have done that. One of the coolest things we did, in my opinion, was at Wembley Stadium for All In, Soraya asked if we could get Queen, We Will Rock You. And I really thought it set the tone for the match and the moment and for a championship win. And that was a great idea. And again, it wasn't a cheap one, but uh, that's a really big song and it was a great moment. And, you know, that's worth it to do those kinds of things. Uh, so I, I really felt really good about that one. I thought that was really, really cool. Thank you for asking. Hi, uh, Tony. So you spoke to the honor of being able to dedicate a show to Antonio Noki. Um, I know you grew up a humongous wrestling fan. You spoke to going to ECW for like a high school trip. Um, but I never have heard you talk about your origin story of, of your love for Japanese wrestling. So 
being that he's the founder of New Japan Pro Wrestling, what was your origin story of falling in love with New Japan? It was WCW, and it was on okay. TBS. And before they were even doing WCW on TNT, uh, in WCW, when I started watching, the first pay-per-view I ever saw of WCW, Fujinami was in the main event wrestling Ric Flair. Uh, there was lots of great stuff on that show, of course. You had uh, Lex Luger and Sting versus the Steiners and so many great matches up and down the card. Barry Windham against Brian Pillman tape fist match. Uh, Dustin Rhodes wrestling Terry Taylor. But, but Fujinami was in the main event. And then I went back and started running the tapes of around that time and uh, the Super Show. Uh, from Japan was around that time. So you had Hase and Sasaki versus the Steiners. And then I'd been watching WCW for about a year. Uh, you saw the Steiners beat the shit out of Azuka. And uh, when Fujinami just stood there and watched it. And uh, uh, and, and uh, lot, so many great matches. But I really became fascinated. And then Bill Watts brought in Hashimoto also. And then you had Dr. Death, Steve Williams, and Terry Gordy coming around that time. And they had a great history in Japan. So I was really interested in it. And Pro Wrestling Illustrated covered it. I started trading tapes a few years later. So when I was 12 years old, I started trading tapes. And my friends, I, I was asking them to send me things. And, and you know, I would occasionally buy tapes, $10, $15 a pop. I did the HTML for John McAdam in exchange for tapes. And John had a very extensive collection, so I got a lot of stuff from him. Other friends, Del James, who also sent me my Inoki Peace Festival shirt because he was there. So I had a white shirt I wore all the time. It was in the rotation uh, from the 96 Peace Festival. But I think WCW before, I, I first of all, I think it's really important what we do, A, creating a challenger brand in wrestling, but also a place where New Japan can have that kind of rela relationship and then introduce to the mainstream, bring kids into Japanese wrestling like I was. And young kids can watch TBS and TNT and see great wrestlers like Shibata-san or Okada coming in and around Forbidden Door and see these big names. And then now what's really cool is you don't have to necessarily pay for tapes or trade tapes because there's so much video content available online, which is everybody's online essentially now to some extent. So uh, it's much easier to see these wrestlers competing, whereas I was reading about them a lot in magazines or when they made their appearances in WCW. So TBS is actually how I was first introduced to New Japan and then a couple years later through tape trading. It's a great question. Thank you. means a lot. Hi, Tony. TK from Women's Wrestling Talk. So I spoke to you in Chicago and I uh, asked you about Jade and you're like, you know, whenever she's ready, she can come back. And she came back and she's gone. Now, my question, just, you know, being nosy, did you already know that, you know, this was the game plan? No. I, uh, New Jade's contract had been at a, you know, ticking down and we were talking about a new contract and I was very interested in Jade coming back and we were having a negotiation and uh, I think it was, a, a, I offered, I made a very big offer and uh, I thought it was a very fair offer and uh, I think she was considering it and then she asked for a bigger offer and then I went up again and I kind of thought that was going to do it and then it, it didn't, which I was surprised because to be honest, I came up to a number that was higher than her original ask. So I don't know what I would have had to do at that point. So I was a little surprised, but I was when I did, uh, when I answered your question, really hope Jade would be back. I think I tried to handle it when I, when we were down to the nitty gritty and we were in the final couple weeks and we still hadn't agreed to something. Then it was at the point where I said, okay, well, if you aren't going to stay, I want to give you the best possible exit. And I have, only good things to say about Jade. I really enjoyed working with her. She was a great part of AEW. She's always welcome here. 
I tried to give her the best possible send-off I could. The classiest send-off I've ever seen in wrestling was, at the time, was I thought it wasn't the kind of send-off I really saw. And I was 10 years old, and I could tell it was different, was when Ric Flair left the WWF. And he did a, a match with Mr. Perfect, who was a natural person for him to wrestle, and that was it. And then he was gone. They didn't do anything to embarrass him or mess him up, or and they let him leave, and he was still Ric Flair. He, he wrestled the match against the person he should have wrestled, finished up and left with not only, to say the least, not only with his dignity, but in a probably a better position than he came in. And that's what I tried to do. I, you know, I wanted to give her the best possible send off. I think the natural thing was there was no rematch ever against Chris Statlander. So I had her do a run in and lay out Statlander, knowing that it was going to set up the, the match where she would likely finish up unless we came to an agreement at the last minute, which I was really still hoping would happen down to the last minute, to be honest with you. And I'm not, I don't think I'm talking out of school. I have only positive things to say, but that's where it was at. So I thought I had a pretty good plan at that point that, you know, if this is it, that's where we'll finish up. When she did the uh, segment where she returned on Collision to set up her final match the following week on Rampage against Chris Statlander in the main event, and she did the run-in and Tony Schiavone came up to the desk, tapped on my monitor and said, you're a classy guy, boss. And I think he meant it. That was a classy way to send her off. And, uh, you know, I, I try to... Uh, make this a great home for wrestlers, and I want people to see whether you're coming in or coming out. We're going to uh, treat you well, and I really respect and value Jade, so I wanted to give her a good send-off. And like I said, I wish her the best, and she'd always be welcome back if she wanted to come back. Thanks. Over here, Tony. Oh, geez. Wow. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. I was okay. looking at my, Oh, you saw that was a good. That was a yeah. good fall. That was a good misdirection. Uh, ben from Zom Wrestling. Um, Adam! Yeah. Adam! I'm just kidding. Uh, I just had a, I had a question about um, the setup for uh, TSN Plus as far as like uh, Collision Rampage go in Canada. Uh, how satisfied are you with that? And do you want them to be on TSN proper at some point? Or it's a great question. I think that's a that's something we definitely are looking at, and I love TSN. They've got a great history in the wrestling business. I would love uh, to make the shows as widely available as possible, and uh, certainly I think that's a solution for the Canadian fans they would all like to see. So, yeah, I think it's a great question, and I would hope that's the case. Thanks for asking. Oh, okay. Okay, hey, Mark. <laughs> How you doing, Tony? Um, with the new pay-per-view, obviously you're ushering in a new era of adding in multiple events on top of the four that you had what did you learn from this one tonight and how many more pay-per-views are you kind of thinking about adding to the schedule well it was a great success i think this show was not only one of the best wrestling shows we've done and the content was great but it was a very successful show a very profitable show and that's why you do more pay-per-views so they'll make money and help the company i think the company is far better off right now as i sit here than it was yesterday that's pretty cool. So I definitely think it was a very worthwhile event. And not only are we financially better off because we did a great show that made money, but I think we'll bring in new fans, spread word of mouth, get people excited about AEW. And uh, that's putting us in a good position. So Wrestle Dream was a big win. I have never said we're going to do pay-per-views every month, but we've added, we said, uh, you know, we've, we had five last year. Now there's seven in play because we did the original five Revolution, Double or Nothing, added Forbidden Door last year, and then, of course, All Out and Full Gear. This year, we did the inaugural AEW All-In, 
that was a huge success in London. Now we've added Russell Dream. I think there's a possibility to add something else along the way, but I've never said we're going to go every month, and I'm not saying that. But adding pay-per-view events has worked out really well for us. I think All In was a great addition this year, and Wrestle Dream was a great addition, so we're two for two. Last year, we added Forbidden Door, so three for three in the new events we've added in the last couple of years, plus the second Forbidden Door was a home run. So four for four on the new shows, it's pretty good. So um, I think... Will I press my luck? I'm not saying I'll do them every month, but I do think we can add more shows. And and based on the track record, I think you'd have every reason to be confident that they're going to be great shows. Thanks, Mark. Hi, Kate from Fightful. Hey, Kate. Congratulations on a successful event today. Thank you. Um, you, kind of building on Mark's question, have been talking about a new era. I was just wondering if that expands beyond Adam Copeland's debut today, if there was anything that you wanted to share with us. And I know you shared some kind of um, initial thoughts in the beginning, but how exciting is it to have Adam Copeland here and anything you wanted to add about that? So great to have Adam Copeland here. He's one of the great wrestlers of my lifetime. He's such a great leader. He's going to be a great leader in the locker room. And for our fans to know that you tune in this Wednesday, you're going to see Adam Copeland on Dynamite. You tune in this Saturday, he's going to be a collision. And then the following week, I cannot stress enough, on 10-10, my birthday, Dynamite will be on a Tuesday. So this week we're on Wednesday. Adam Copeland's going to be on Wednesday Night Dynamite, the four-year anniversary show. But he's going to make his AEW debut against Luchasaurus, somebody who's been the TNT champion and been dominant, uh, and somebody who has been the world tag team champion, and somebody who, frankly, physically, is a very imposing matchup, even against a big guy, a big, great athlete like Adam Copeland, Luchasaurus is bigger and, uh, you know, and frankly, a very impressive athlete. So that's going to be a great match and so much to look forward to for Adam Copeland. It's going to be a new era. It's a rated R era in AEW officially. And yeah, there's going to be a lot of other new things to look forward to. There's so many great wrestlers, all the people that participated on this card. Tony Storm, I think, is doing some of the best wrestling in AEW, some of the best character presentation is one of my favorite wrestlers one of my favorite people she's actually back visiting her family right now that's why she's not here otherwise tony storm would have been a very good candidate to be on this pay-per-view or any show i do i think it's the people have, have noticed since she came in i really like booking tony storm in matches and promos she, and she's uh only getting better and better and better i can't wait till she's back uh because i have a lot of uh interesting plans and a lot of things i want to do with tony storm she's fucking awesome and uh, there's a lot of other people in the company that are doing a great job right now, top to bottom, people that were on the pay-per-view tonight, and then people that, uh, whether they've been on Dynamite, Rampage, Collision, or even people on Ring of Honor trying to work their way up, or just people on Ring of Honor that are top stars, because right now Ring of Honor's got some of the best champions in wrestling. I just think there's so much exciting stuff happening, and I think that, yeah, it is a new era, and we're going to also try to keep doing what we've been doing, which is doing great pay-per-views, because we're just on an insane run thanks to all of you uh giving us this opportunity and, and being here it means a lot that you would come to seattle that you would all stay uh to midnight pacific time uh and sit through these great interviews and and give me a chance to talk about an event that meant a lot to me personally tonight's wrestle dream show this is so cool to wear the scarf of antonio inoki given to me by the grandchildren of antonio inoki and that they had a great time and that I think they're going to come back and that they thought this was a good tribute to him. That is about as cool as anything and, and, and everything else, everything else was, uh, 
just an amazing blessing. I mean, from start to finish, this is just one of the greatest nights I've ever been a part of. And we've had some great times here, I think. And uh, I'm just very grateful to all of you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for covering this. Thanks, everyone watching tonight. And I'll see you Wednesday for four-year anniversary of AUW Dynamite. Thank you. Thanks. The PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.